Hello, everybody, and welcome to the MinMax Show. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by Kyle Hilliard. Hello. Leo Vader. It's all been leading up to this. Leading up to this. Jeff Marchiafava. Yo. Surreal Vasquez. And the award for person with my name is me. <laughs> and Ana Diaz. What's up? This is it. We're all here. This is pretty rare to have all the cohorts together, but we've assembled for a very special reason because this episode of the podcast is the MinMax Awards. This is our big awards show for gaming in 2020. Not the Game of the Year debates. That's going to be over the next two episodes of the MinMax show. Uh, those are obviously the two tens where we build up our list of the two separate top 10 lists, basically the top 20 games of 2020. Um, and we're going to be recording those technically on Friday, December 18th and Monday, December 21st, and then releasing them at the standard times. And so if you would like to watch us record those live and get early, early access to figure out who's actually winning this sucker, uh, then you can do it by joining us at the Backstage Pass and watching us record it live on those days. Otherwise, you can listen and watch with everybody else. We promise that nobody else will spoil what's going on there and what actually is going to be the game of the year. These are the MinMax Awards. We have categories set aside. If you're watching the video version, there's a handy way you can see it all, but we're going to be adding uh, and then whittling things down until we get to the winner and the runner-up, otherwise known as the maximum winner and the minimum winner throughout all of these. Leo, how are you feeling about dishing out awards, baby? I'm feeling confident. I think I'm going to walk away with a lot of these. (laughs) (laughs) Leo Vader. Leo Vader. But there might be one that I'm going to push for you later. Hang on. No no spoilers. Kyle, that's That's so strange. That's a spoiler. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. But technically, biggest news, Anna and Leo joined us this year. So thank you for joining us. First time doing the awards show. Um, did you check out last year's awards at all? No pressure, but did you skim all those at all? I watched the game of the year discussions when they happened, but okay. I don't think the awards discussions. Okay, perfect. Then this is going to feel fresh. It's going to feel new. We have folks watching us live with the Backstage Pass. Thank you for being here, everybody. Oh boy, um, we should give a heads up. There is not going to be um, community questions on this episode because it's probably going to go long as we're trying to walk through all the games released this year. Um, but... We will still be giving out the I Am 8-Bit Prize of the Week. We'll have a little uh, round of trivia halfway through the episode, and the contestants will be people watching us live at the Backstage Pass. So if you want to watch us live for the next two episodes and potentially win that prize, pretty good odds you could win that prize uh, and compete in trivia live. You can join us at the Backstage Pass again because we have a bunch of fun stuff to give away. All right, everybody. First category for the MinMax Awards here. Biggest news. Biggest news of 2020 what immediately jumps out to folks uh leo vader joins min max leo <laughs> vader i was thinking the exact same thing that's really funny that had a huge impact on my life for sure <laughs> uh, no no spoilers but what it, leo if you left min max during this show that would definitely also get that could pop it. To it never know leo be cool dude be cool how, how much do you want that win leo <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I, uh, I assume we oh, all yeah. have like a couple things. Like, do you want to roundtable us, Hanson, or like? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I took a stupid amount of notes throughout the years. So mine are very Perfect. silly. Where mine are kind of working through chronologically. And the first big news splash of the year that I wrote down was apparently PlayStation is skipping E3 again. That seems crazy. PlayStation, they're going to regret that immediately. 
<laughs> bad know, idea. Be something bigger E3 related that might hmm. uh, overtake that one, I think. Uh, Kyle, would you like to throw one out there? Uh, mine, well, it, it, it sort of stretches to many other things that happened this year, but E3 being canceled, I feel yes. like it's kind of like worth, because it, it, like I said, it's it basically COVID affects video games. The news, yeah, story. I, but, that's you know. that's what I had it uh, had it written down as is how the coronavirus has affected the larger gaming industry because I think it's E three fits under that umbrella and so does like a bunch of games got delayed like Nintendo is just straight up like more or less took the year off in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, this is always that old debate, right? Of with biggest news, how much can it be a larger theme versus should it be something that could feasibly be a headline? I always lean towards the like more specific that it could be a specific headline, but yeah, yeah. I like that. But I think a lot of that stuff feel like it's under the same current where it's like any of these things individually, I don't think like would win, but I think this like, you know, coronavirus kind of having this large of an effect is kind of hard to ignore for, for us to not mention it at all. seems weird. Well, then what's E3 the piece canceled of is news? a pretty, pretty big one by itself. Yeah. I yeah. think so too. Yeah, I think, and that kind of, it can spiritually wrap up everything. E3 slash everything is canceled. It's canceled. Yeah, so, Rated E for everything is canceled. <laughs> I just feel like that the scope of E3 doesn't feel large enough to kind of comment on it. So like for, it, for yeah. E3 to share equal billing with everything feels kind of weird, especially because I think specifically with E3, it did feel like, yeah, that like there's a lot of things we miss about it and it was a big deal when it happened, but I... Like, I feel as the year went on, we realized, like, oh, yeah, it didn't happen. But, like, the news from that show still eventually got out. I agree. But I still like this is impact of that headline. That's, I think, what I want to steer it towards. So I think just that announcement that E3 is not happening for the first time in 25 years, 26 years. What, how long has it been? Something like that. I mean, that is that is a hell of a headline, yeah. I think. And but, I think that was early enough in quarantine where that was kind of a a pivotal moment of like, okay, so this is how things are going to go. We're really doing Yeah. It was weirdly like representative of, because like little things were toppling over and being canceled, but E3 was holding out and holding out. And then it, then it fell and it was like, well, okay, that's 2020 everybody. (laughs) Yeah. And Jeff, I've been meaning to ask you how many L's are in canceled? Just one. Just one. All right. There we go. Not the 10 that you had written. Get out of here, England. Cyril, can you live with that? Uh, I got uh, yeah, one. I think canceled has one L in it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wish it had more of the list for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeffum, uh, Microsoft buys Bethesda. Absolutely. Mm, Get one. out of town. That is a juggernaut coming out swinging. Uh, let's you know what? Let's capitalize these. This is this is the awards show, baby. <laughs> uh, that's huge. All right, continue to throw stuff on the list. Uh, anybody else have a big one from this year? I feel like this is sort of like branching into like video games, you know, becoming general pop culture. But AOC streams Among Us seem to make quite a surprise. Yeah. Ilhan Omar shares PC specs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> weird Henry day. Cavill builds a PC. It was funny. I mean, last year, I remember for this category, we did have AOC is on that uh, Donkey Kong 64 trans awareness stream. Right, yeah. yeah. But it was, I mean, this was leaps and bounds above that for sure uh yeah it's a good one leo do you have a headline from this year a big news item that really popped um the nintendo giga league yeah i think that's a great one who can forget i feel like 
that people are still mining from that. It's just like, there's not a one-stop shop that I've found, but every once in a while I'll still see a new headline and be like, what is, where's that coming from? Oh, it just cites back to the Giga leak, I see. I mean, also Capcom had the big leak this year as well. It's just a big year for spilling company secrets here. Um, <laughs> I got the Dan Hauser leaves Rockstar. There's a lot of yeah, these yeah. of like... Weirdly quiet. I feel like it wasn't like a huge splash, but I think it's a it's a bigger deal than a, we sort of gave it credit for almost, you know? Well, I think it's, it's tough just because he's not... Uh, I could not pull a random gamer off the street and have a bunch of developers in a lineup and say, which one's Dan Hauser? You know what I mean? Like the fact that he's been so mysterious for so many years and Rockstar is really locked down that it doesn't really have that public face, but in terms of importance to that company, it's pretty wild. We won't see whether him leaving mattered for six years. Yes. Yes, I think yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, there's a uh, lot... About, oh, yeah. I was going to say everyone leaving Bioware. So recent, but yes. So Mark Dara and Casey Hudson leaving Bioware. These are always wild. Um, I guess I don't think we really covered that too much on the show, but it is wild that the two of them left at the exact same time you know if just one of them left and said i want to spend more time with my family it's like okay maybe there's some shenanigans going on with the back the fact that the two of them are like and we're out and then i don't know if you saw but uh you know uh mike laidlaw on twitter and then like oh i forget oh what is his name but another bioware writer like the reaction to that was so over the top but like holy mother of god like certainly implied that they were shocked that this would happen in this way so anyways that was a big one um yeah i think just like people leaving in general let's just get these all out there uh your snorri ono leaving capcom i think was a big one yeah uh especially that it looks like street fighter 6 is coming um rod ferguson leaving gears after all these years and the coalition for joining blizzard yeah like that's part of that headline yeah yeah to work on diablo that seemed wild uh backstage pass chat is saying andy mac leaving game informer andy mac thank you backstage pass namara leaves game informer that's true that's true andy's skin would crawl if he saw that it was on this list but (laughs) let's put it on there uh other big headlines news items from the year uh, the Epic versus Apple lawsuit. Yeah. Ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. What is the current status of that sucker? A lot of legalese. A lot of legalese. Oh, and I guess Apple did change their policy, but it was only for companies making under a million, I believe. Something along those lines, right? So it was a, a fun mm-hmm. judo flip for what Epic was hoping for there, personally. It is um, so interesting to watch like these companies be like the closest equivalent to petty as you're going to see a company be about like making these statements, making that that like anti Apple ad and like the mm-hmm. way the, like the court proceedings went. It definitely felt like we wanted we want to make this move specifically to to like get people on our side is like how much of it was like a PR stunt versus like this is a, a like a good legal move versus like this is this would look good for us and it was really strange to see companies basically behaving like children yeah exactly yeah i will say and that bit of news too was interesting because like it definitely for whatever reason broke into like more mainstream news coverage like you know like the wall street journal was like following that story pretty closely um but it was like as far as like games journalism goes that was a good story because i 
just like it made me realize like oh yeah like epic to me just seems like so big but then you just like you take them out of our space you put them up against apple and you're like oh it's it's, there's zero yeah apple could buy (laughs) epic in a blink of an eye if it really wanted to um okay what about in terms of mega corporations microsoft shutting down mixer Mm. I know it didn't have a huge impact on us, but that was certainly a splash this year. Other ideas to throw in the pot? Um, Just in terms of like, I like, I like throwing out ones that I honestly don't, won't make the min or the max, but like, yeah, one that kind of stood to me is like next gen consoles came out despite everything. (laughs) And they were like successes, you know? Um, Also, there's also uh, cyberpunk bugs, I think is like I mean we're in the middle of it now, so that feels bigger than it maybe it will be in the long term. I mean that's a colossal <laughs> story. I, I think I feel like there's a there's another category coming up that I think that might fall into Ooh, better. interesting. <laughs> All right, we'll save it. No spoilers. We'll no save. spoilers. Who can say what's coming wrote, up? I also wrote down just as a weird one. Um, the best version of Cyberpunk might be on Stadia, like <laughs> as news. <laughs> and again, qualifies for another category. <laughs> Wait, Serial, you're gonna put Cyberpunk news uh, un- under a bed podcast, best podcast game? Yeah, that's, that's where I was going with that. Yeah, I'd also like to volunteer. Oh, uh, that came out. Greatest this year work award. of art. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Cyberpunk bugs are art. Uh, I'd also like to volunteer. Uh, Jeff, I'm having put on a hoodie. Okay, that's good. That's Sorry. good. Yeah, took that a while. It was a game. process. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we'll ab- be talking about cool. it next year. What Hold about uh, Microsoft delaying Halo Infinite off of launch? Mm, that's a good one. Mm. That was certainly a jaw dropper. Um, what about Amazon unreleasing Crucible? <laughs> Just uh, I did have that part of the category. That's a cute one. Ooh, okay. Um, All right, Leo, we'll save it because it ain't winning this one. Uh, <laughs> what about? Um, just cyberpunk crunch. I feel like I don't know if that's just mm. something games journalists like. I was kind of back and forth on that, but a lot of people were talking about it. So. That is true. Yeah, I, yeah. Over the last couple of years, I feel like it's always been the crunch gets more discussion in game industry. But certainly, yeah, cyberpunk. I mean, it's crunch it's, slash delays. Yeah, it sucks, but it's kind of it's kind of like an ongoing issue that doesn't yeah. feel right. Like- new which is a bummer like it I yeah wish it would go away in the positive way but yeah um does anybody else have other one to throw in there yeah i know this is like maybe not one single story like the crunch thing was but i think um kind of the larger me too reckoning within the gaming industry i think has that's true has become mm. a pretty big story this year yeah. especially yeah. since it led to issues, yeah. one of our yeah one of the departures for one of the biggest games of the year and the, With valhalla? the director of valhalla yeah and you know things like the skull girls kind of exit was like that, that company basically dissolved and rebuilt itself off of the back of like those uh those that like that whole issue basically and so seeing people be less afraid but still you know obviously it's still kind of a minefield doing that kind of stuff and seeing those people like be feeling like they're able to talk about that stuff and it having actual ramifications versus it being buried i think in a lot of cases i think it was a thing we talked about in minor instances but pretty regularly throughout the year and it's pretty wild that you know the game industry, it was this year that it really hit in a huge way. And it's so strange how kind of staggered it was compared to other mm-hmm. industries. You know, like everybody had their Me Too movement, like big push. You know, a year and a half ago? When was it? Two years ago? But it's just wild. And then this year was with just so many things aligned for the video game industry to be like, nope, nope, nope. Check these folks off the list. 
Um, yep, that's a good one. Uh, smaller, but uh, I thought this was interesting. Would Facebook buy Sanzaru and Typhoon? I couldn't walk out my front door without hearing someone talk about that. <laughs> it was a typhoon you know, honestly, of discussion. I think, I, I think if we're going to talk about Facebook, I think the weirdly more impactful headline was the fact that they're requiring an account to have a to play Oculus. Like I think that was more yeah. widely impactful. Was that this know? year? Yeah. This, this has been a long year. No kidding. Facebook Oculus account. Okay. It's on there. Um, what about the Last of Us Part 2 leak? Before that came yeah. out, all the cutscenes. Remember that? Yeah, the, people were talking about that for sure. Oh boy, were more, they more, more so more so than I think a lot of video game leaks in general, because I think that kind of started that the whole discourse around that game when people found out, you know, the ending and stuff, and people people got up in arms about that game before it was even out. Right. Which, by the way, we should point out, uh, we have categories coming up. We have best thing, dumbest thing, best podcast game, the game we all. Agrees, probably good, but we didn't play. Best character, best moment, greatest work of art in 2020. Um, for spoiler discussions, if we're teetering on those for like best character and best moment, I'll put timestamps in there. So if you want to dodge specific spoilers for specific games, just check out uh, those time codes uh, below if you're watching this or listening to this. All right, biggest news. Uh, what can we put in bold as a lock at this point, do you think? Uh, slam dunk territory. Let's start whittling this sucker down. E3's uh, cancel problem? Yeah, E3, E3 cancel. Yeah. Is I it think, E3 is canceled um, and Microsoft buys Bethesda? Is that? I, yes, I agree. Uh, yeah. I think Microsoft buys Bethesda as a lock. I think, Let's cruise this. I think we can bold um, uh, Epic versus Apple and Cyberpunk crunch slash delays slash bugs. Yeah. Or is that, that's not, I just feel like that's such a murky news is item. Fresh? Is it just on my Maybe. mind? Maybe. Is that what it is? I, I mean, mean I... You know, there's a lot of build-up to that game to be underwhelming. Yeah. I was wondering about that, too, if we're just too in it, but, like, I can't think of another time my feed has been so consumed with people talking about one thing, which was a, you know, disaster. If we want to use the word disaster, maybe that would focus yeah. it in a bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, mean, I, I hear yeah, you that... It, aside, I've, I've actually been, like, my Cyberpunk playthrough's been surprisingly solid. It's, like, weird that my controversial take is, like, ah, oh, this is actually not as... Work, this is working pretty well compared to what are you else. playing it on? That's my <laughs> Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I definitely acknowledge that. You know. Yeah, you're very lucky. Yeah, it's been fine on One X too. All right, let's bold it. Bold that sucker. And then and most I, yeah, of, I think those are the four. Those are the probably the four we're going to discuss most. I think so. I think a lot of those other stories of people leaving and stuff. I don't think. I think they're like they're pretty notable, but I don't think they're going to measure up to like the impact a lot of these things are going to have. Right. Uh, let's just put that one in underline. Um, I, I, yeah, I think I think these two up top are going to be tough to to beat here. Yeah. 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 If I mean, we had more of a result from Epic versus Apple lawsuit, it might be different. But just the fact that that's still ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, similar arguments for all the, the departures, too. It's surprising, but it's like, well, what does that mean? We don't know yet. Right. You know? I. They, they all also mean different numbers of things, right? Like different directors are involved at different degrees. So it's hard to like pick any one of them, but it's also hard not to put them, like, it's hard to group them together because they're all going to have varying impacts. Yeah. I. I'm kind of leaning E3 is canceled as the maximum. 
if we're using yeah. it to you know envelop these other things right yeah this gets fair, back to that honestly, serial point i guess right, of yeah. just how much it absorbs in that headline yeah which I don't have a problem with. I think it is a good focal point for that, which was, of course, the biggest news of the year. If, if, if it were yeah. allowed to put it, obviously. It's yeah, totally if we, that is true. That headline, I'd be a lot, yeah, I, I think it'd be obvious. Like, if you look at what that title represents, I think it's pretty obvious. No disrespect to Microsoft buying Bethesda, of course. It's an honor to be nominated. It's an honor to be nominated. I mean, you could write uh, COVID cancels E3 and everything else, you know? <laughs> it is it is true. I mean, it feels so cliche. I feel kind of dumb even saying it. But yeah, I mean, if you're talking biggest news of the year for 2020, world. you can't. Yeah. If there is a history book, w- which pieces of news would it have in it? Probably that, right? Yeah. That the industry conference like didn't happen. What is this history book you're planning on writing? Uh, it's a ga- it's a history of the gamers people. Thank you very much. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Hill reading. <laughs> COVID cancels E three slash everything. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. That's number one. Bethesda. Microsoft buys Bethesda. Love number it. two. Yeah. Love it. I think that's it. Yeah. I, I'm I'm cool with it, man. You, I think maybe the most contentious one is maybe putting Microsoft buys Bethesda over Epic versus Apple, but I think that long term. Microsoft buying Bethesda is going to have a larger impact on how we think about both that company and the games they release over the next few years. Like it feels like we we don't know what that means yet, and it's only going to get larger. Versus, I feel like we're sort of on the tail end of the Epic Apple stuff, and I feel like that the impact of that thing is only going to diminish as time goes on, depending yeah. on how it turns out. Also, if you yeah. want to be technical, and- Microsoft hasn't even purchased Bethesda yet. It's still in the works, you know. Yeah. But that's you know, it's yeah. still a headline. Though. That's yeah. fine print. Uh, there we go. Biggest news. Perfect. This done. is easy. This is easy, y'all. Uh, more time. We're pretty much done, right? Absolutely. Next category, of course, best thing. A little ambiguous, you may say, but maybe that's the point. We'll see what people want to count as the best thing. Maybe we have done our jobs. This, so this might be a best thing for Nintendo specifically, Uh-oh. but... Animal Crossing's release date. <laughs> best thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like we can retitle this like best silver lining because I think so many of those are going to fall under that category. It's like this bad yeah. thing was affecting everybody, but luckily this thing. That is that is good. That's a good. I point. mean, but also good for us. I think it came at a good time, which it still cracks me yeah. up to think back when people were like, Nintendo, you need to release this one week early for the sake of humanity. <laughs> like that's freaking March. <laughs> we're already losing it, like scratching our arms. I can't stay in this house for one more week. Um, okay, so we have that. That's good. Leo, do you, a much smaller house. <laughs> do you have a best thing, Leo? Um, I was, I've been seeing a lot more cross-play and cross-progression this year. But that's not necessarily this year. I feel like I maybe could have said that last year, too. So I don't yeah. Know. Well, it is interesting. I mean, I was thinking of something a little bit connected to that about just Kratos and Master Chief being in Fortnite now. Just kind of, I think it symbolizes the same thing of just barriers being torn down in the game industry. But I also agree, it's kind of been on that slope for the last couple of years. But mm-hmm. just cross-play slash barriers go down. Hey, quick question. Yeah. Quick, very important, relevant question. Can I play Among Us on Switch with my daughter playing on iPhone? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. 
Thank you. I'll I'll take my answer off air. Okay. We need more you. people. No, we you, we gave it to you on air, Kyle. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffum, do you have a thing for best thing? Yeah. Uh, Microsoft puts the whole world in Microsoft Flight Simulator. Hmm. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. It's like a. That's yeah. Pretty sweet. Whole world in flight sim. Finally. Uh, because it's connected to flight sims, uh, I'll nominate for best thing uh, Sid Meier's memoir, where he writes a lot about creating uh, flight sims. But uh, I just read that recently. What a delight. Breezy, easy, beautiful Sid Meier. Uh, I really, really enjoy that, and I wish more developers would get off their ass and write a book. Yeah, what else are they doing? Making yeah, exactly. Games? Come on, everybody. And it looks like. don't take any time. <laughs> but, like, one of the most, like, you know. One of the first big memoirs, I think, from the game industry came from, like, one of the most humble people, Sid Meier as well. It's just weird how that lined up. They're like, oh, he's really getting out of the gate here. You'd never think it. He don't like talking about himself. Uh, other thoughts for... like explaining his name on games. That's true. Man, actually, you're right. <laughs> he is kind of an egomaniac. He's a humble move. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, uh... <laughs> roasted, roasted in the chat. <laughs> most roasted. Uh, <laughs> one Among once... Us Resurgence? Yeah, because that was so odd. Like that, yeah. that game came out a couple of years ago and blew up. Yeah, yeah. that is so kind strange. of a uh, uh, like a feel good story. Best mm-hmm. thing the for, for the sure. devs is that the angle? No, <laughs> well, I think people like that game. It's like yeah. that, people it's, like that. Game? I like the idea conceptually of you know here's a game that maybe didn't have like a, a, a strong life by the time it got to where it is now. Right, like having that resurgence happen. I, I like seeing that that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I also think that it meant quite a big deal to other indie developers to see a team of originally three people make a game that can, like, literally sell millions and millions of copies. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Thanks, Kyle. Um, You're welcome. Other nominees for best thing? Um, So, okay, so I have, like, one general thing but then I have like more specific things. So let me know like <laughs> which one's better for the, it's a thing. And so I wasn't sure how to do this. I think this was a really good year for uh, video games, content creators. And so like, I don't know if that's just like Twitch growing during pandemic or how you want to frame it, mm. but like more specifically this year, we saw the rise of like new kinds of streamers. Like for example, corpse husband who like, I don't know if y'all are familiar with him. He's great. He plays among us. Um, and he used to be like a, real life horror narrator so he'd like read people's stories um but now he's playing video games um and he's like huge he's sort of you know like more like a celebrity now or um the rise of vtubers this year is also (laughs) i i would argue a very good thing and so i wasn't sure like how specific yeah i'm trying to think like something to wrap aoc in there too kind of just Mm -hmm. like just streaming getting more unique and interesting and I guess you're you know, right yeah kind of like ubiquitous you know quarantine um creating generating more content creators slash tech savvy folks is that the general feel <laughs> uh, a little long in it that's, thing. that's the best thing cut that title down a bit maybe uh, one billion <laughs> new podcasts <laughs> <laughs> please enjoy better quest everybody um <laughs> Other thoughts for best thing? Uh, I mean, obviously, this is going to be specific to my whole thing, but I think <laughs> it, when it comes to silver linings, I think the ac- kind of across the board movement to improve 
uh, fighting game netcode, I think has been a pretty cool mm. thing to see. Just the, between like fan-made projects being co-opted into people making their own things. I think like companies seeing that like, oh, right. If people can't go outside and meet in local spaces, they can't play our games effectively. And seeing how, you know, for a while um, when Evo was going to be completely online, seeing games come in because of their netcode, I think is really cool to see. And it, it I think there's a good chance that it'll have... Uh, a strong effect going forward but uh, like uh, again i don't know that it'll rank but i i think sure. it's one of my favorite things that i have seen is just seeing like the, like they basically improved tekken's netcode like substantially because it used to be really bad um and now like they they basically worked from what i understand like quite a few months on improving the netcode and making sure that it like people can really play out online now yeah that's a good one to point out for sure um what do y'all think about load times? Okay. That's been on PC forever, baby. I I like checking social media during my I like waiting. No, I'm actually not joking. Like I my friends would never get responses to texts if I didn't have load times. As (laughs) as it stands right now. That sounds as I was saying that, I realized how horrible that sounded. Yeah, that's messed up. What I'm saying is that it's like relaxing for me to check social media well. Um, right, hey, uh, throw that on dumbest thing then. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I will. I yeah. didn't mean to shoot. I didn't mean to I'll shoot. just put <laughs> Kyle down here. Um, Anna, Anna, I don't want to. I don't want to peel back the curtain too much, Anna. But you did say that you wanted to join us on Better Quest at some point to talk about your addiction to social media. <laughs> Is this a one-two punch? How do How do you square that? Look, that's a Better Quest discussion. We'll get into it later. Um, what about? I liked it. Seems like other folks really loved it. I think you were one of them, Kyle. What about the gulag in Warzone? Just having that opportunity to get back into the fight with a little 1v1. Hmm. Was that... That was 2020? Yeah. Warzone released earlier this year. Leo? Yeah. Okay, put it. Put that one on there. Great. Yeah, it was like, what? February? Something like that? Yeah, it was 2020. <laughs> Leo is wow. just yeah March 10th everybody that was this year Mario Day that's what I was doing that's why I was busy <laughs> that day um, also um, on the yeah, Warzone I front would... also just like having the names on the map actually on the map itself before you're dropping is like that small thing but another little cool it's a tiny thing but it's, it's a nice thing this year and hearing the other person's comms as they die that would mm. be my specific best thing okay hearing People die. Cries, death screams. In Warzone. Death rattle epithets. <laughs> uh, I feel like we already gave it its due in last week's episode, talking about the best soundtracks of the year. I was thinking about best thing just being Final Fantasy VII Remake soundtrack, but we'll spare that. That was that was last week. That was last week. This should week. just be the game think- of the year we decide, if you think about it. It's true. Well, it could be greatest work of art too, because then maybe Ooh, the, the all right. greatest work of art is I'm better saving than it. the best game. Save it. There you save go. It. Saving there it. There you go. Saving it. I just have two more. One yeah. is just like general push for accessibility in games this year. Like we saw Valhalla and uh, we saw Last of Us Part Two like yeah. really implement accessibility features in a way that I don't think that like I've I've seen before. Yes. Um, Mortal Phoenix Rising. Mm-hmm. Wait, I don't. I. I haven't played Immortal, so I don't know. No, yeah, it, it actually. Okay, okay, okay. Good. I, that wasn't like a joke or anything. I don't <laughs> okay, because sometimes you say joke. I was like, not sure. Um, and then my other thing for best thing is Blaze Ball, um, because mm. it's so wholesome and such a unique um, games community. Yeah, I'll um, just write best thing: like- Blaze Ball, eclipsing sports. Mm. <laughs> 
just two tides that just went opposite ways. You know, they just eventually converged. Mm-hmm. For more on Blazeball, uh, check out Anna's episode of Refreshed, all about it with its creators. Which, by the way, I yeah, was ch- I just I was- did that to plug it. <laughs> it's perfect. I was watching that and I was like, that one guy seems so familiar in the studio. I had interviewed. God, Dan, I forget his name uh, from Where Cards Fall, but I interviewed him back on the Game Informer show. So it's so funny to see that guy who's just like, he was part of a round table talking about Apple Arcade. And now it's like, oh, now he's making one of the most interesting games of the year. Which scream was he in? Because two of them worked on Edith Finch as well. I was like, dang, oh, really? worked on some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I forget exactly where he was, but Blaseball, everybody. Blaseball. Um, let's see. Here's one. What about that time that Phil Spencer had that Xbox One S on his shelf behind him in an interview like in June and nobody knew. I love that kind of stuff. I think that was very fun. Uh, What about the fridge, the Xbox fridge? I think that that (laughs) personally was the best thing You're you're thinking of the next category, Anna. You're getting ahead of yourself. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry. I think my thing was when Big Dog accidentally broke his embargo and no one didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) We might need to do like a best meme soon mm, that is true i i almost messaged the grouping like can we do this because it was a great it was a great year for memes but. hot meme year yeah, yeah. you should have let us know well you know we always have dumbest thing <laughs> you're right you're right jeff do you have more best things uh yeah i was gonna say um being able to play an entire virtual guitar in the last of us just mm. just because they have just because cool. it's an important you know, little thing in that game. So, yeah. of course, they'd make the most accurate p- guitar strumming in a video game just for this one little thing that you're doing. Right, right. In that vein, I would submit the guiding wind in Ghost of Tsushima. Ooh. Excellent. Ooh. That is a great one. I was thinking about just putting leaves in Ghost of Tsushima, but guiding wind <laughs> is basically that same idea. Yeah, okay, guiding wind. In Ghost of Tsushima. Perfect. The leaves aren't just moving around, but they're not living leaves. It's the wind that's pushing them. How's that? Um, like yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't even play this game, but do you think gravity gloves from Half-Life Alex count as the best thing? Hmm. I, yeah, for yeah. sure. So there we go. Gravy uh, gloves. So. Great. This is pretty recent for me, but all the um, PlayStation history callbacks in Astro's Playroom. Hmm. Astro's Playroom PlayStation History Lesson. That's beautiful. Um, let's see. I really liked, I don't think it's going to make the list, but I liked the boot up sequence in Command and Conquer Remastered where it simulated like your sound card and your video graphics all in like a very 90s presentation. It was very fun. Um, I'm. This has probably been a thing before, but this is the first Track Mania I've played. But... Uh, for me, one of the best things of the year was the number on your car in Trackmania, it is just your current position in the race. So it changes depending on where you are in the race, which I think is such a simple, good idea for a racing game for mm-hmm. delivering that info. That's cool. Okay, I'll, yeah, I'll put it on here. I'll put it on here. Uh, position, Trackmania, position number. Uh, I have a big old list. Feel free to jump in at any point. Anybody else? Uh, hugging and Spirit Fair. Mm. That's a good. good one. That's a good one. Okay. Okay. I will say they, if you do it and try to do it again too soon after, they deny the hug, and that doesn't feel good. Yeah. Okay. I think that system could use some fine tuning where they always wanted to hug. <laughs> yeah, but but you need to like you need to pace 
the dopamine that you get while playing the game, you know. Don't tell. I paid for it. (laughs) (laughs) You can hug these animals. (laughs) I need to chug this dopamine. (laughs) I just inject it. (laughs) Uh, Bug Snacks theme song. Mm. 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 That was this year. That's true. Uh, Surreal, I know you were a fan of it too. What about the fact that John Ricciardi from 8-4 prompted the change on Twitter for changing the UI in Yakuza Like a Dragon to instead of being nonsense to spelling out Sega with the it's initials. Vega. Yeah. That is pretty good. I like that. I that that makes that system like at least ten to twenty percent more fun. Right. That entire right. combat system. Okay, there we go. Sega UI Sega. change in Yakuza Like a Dragon. That's a people pleaser. Um if you're not familiar with the saga, it was uh Oh god, it's too much to explain. Skills, never mind. I'm not even going to try and explain that. We talked about it on the podcast before. It, it was skills, etc. Guard and attack. Miscellaneous is what it was originally, and they said if you yeah. change that from miscellaneous to etc., et then it'll say Sega on the screen in the Sega game, which would be very fun. And then the localization team actually did it. Um, this was recent. What about that shot of Sephiroth stabbing Mario in that reveal trailer for Smash? <laughs> I think that sure. could be like the, it could also be dumbest. Um, no, I'm sorry. Know. I'm sorry, Anna. Um, it clearly belongs in best thing. <laughs> best moment. What if it oh. won both? Has anything ever won both two categories? <laughs> yeah, it just wins. It sweeps the entire board. <laughs> Biggest <laughs> news. Greatest work of art. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We'll save it. We'll save it. No, uh, no, I didn't mean to. All right, I'll just, put it down now. I'm new here. I'm new here. All right, all I right. Don't know. I don't know. Sephiroth stabbing Mario, but not will we? I think, <laughs> I think that they really made it to Mario dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it would Mario died in 20 category. <laughs> Biggest news. <laughs> uh, they just put like a like they showed that that image and then at the bottom just said like Super Mario 1982 <laughs> I think or whatever to, to 2020. I think that would have that really would have done a lot for that moment. Slowly faded out. Those were the ends of the game awards. <laughs> yeah, scroll like roll credits after that. And Keely jumps on Twitter. Mario Did you guys like it? And then died. <laughs> uh, what about? I don't know if anybody else checked it out, but I loved Jeff Keeley's final hours of Half Life Alex, and specifically, I love that there's a 3D virtual office tour. Like it takes the entire Valve office and makes it like this isometric 3D map, and you can see where everybody sits and what their desks look like. And then, kind of related to it, I also love just how thorough it is where it has a complete timeline of every game and project that Valve has worked on over the last 10 years. Like, you know, it's just so amazing to have whispers and rumors from Valve for so long. And then Keely with Final Hours is like, hey, here's an exact timeline. Here's exactly what happened here at which time. It just blows my mind that that was released. So I'm putting Half-Life yeah. Alex yeah. transparency. It, it, it feels like it's like closer to me closer for me to greatest work of art i mean i i guess we don't i don't necessarily know the exact parameters of best thing but just the <laughs> idea that like it's best thing in a game right and final hours isn't like necessarily a game as far as i know. I mean right? it could be industry Got best thing too stuff yeah i think it's specifically about art that didn't happen you know that's what makes it tough for the art category for me but isn't that like well, the I'm ultimate like, art well hansen nominated like the the final hours right so that that work of art is the thing 
Mm. Okay, look, I, I'll put it here as just the best thing. I don't think it's winning. I don't think it's winning either, but okay. I want to give it its due. Mm. Um, I have a 300-pound atomic bomb of best thing in my pocket that I've been sitting on. Does anybody else have anything else to put on this well, list? you should have really put that first because then we could wrap well, up the topic of a mega bomb. <laughs> uh, I have one. Um, I think it was last year, Hanson, you were insistent that we were going to see a Super Mario Odyssey 2 this year. And mm. I set a reminder in my mm. phone that said, make fun of Hanson mm -mm, mm -mm. on December 16th uh -uh. for not seeing any hint uh -uh, at Super uh -uh, Mario Odyssey uh -uh. 2. Uh, no, uh, you're, so if you could add that to the list. You're misremembering, uh, Kyle. I never said that. And also, there's still 14 more days in the year. So how about you sit down before you fall down? All right. Good point. Can I Good nominate point. Kyle doing that? Like, <laughs> that's <the> <laughs> <laughs> uh, I Best thing... Uh, the Into the Spider-Verse suit in animation in uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Very good. Mm, that's good. That's good. Pretty good. Let's see if this shows up. Let's see if we can see the reminder there. Yeah, Probably Kyle, we got it. it but... We got it, Kyle. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We have our predictions to go through for 2021, and we'll kind of look back All on I'm our predictions for 2020. All I'm saying is that we can have two winners of this category, and I think Kyle's making a strong case for one of them. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> what do y'all like for, for slam dunks? What stands out to folks? So just uh, for recapping for the audio listeners, best thing, we have Animal Crossing's release date, crossplay slash barriers go down, uh, whole world in flight sim, uh, Sid Meier's memoir, Among Us, uh, resurgence, quarantine generating more content creators, fighting game, netcode improved, reduced load times, gulag in Warzone, hearing people die in Warzone, accessibility push like with The Last of Us Part 2, Blazeball, eclipsing sports, X-Bun, X-Bun, Xbox One S on a shelf, virtual guitar in The Last of Us Part 2, Guiding Wind in Ghost of Tsushima, Gravity Gloves in Half-Life Alex, Astro's Playroom, PlayStation History Lesson, Trackmania, Position Number on Car, Hugging in Spirit Fair, Bug Snacks theme song, Sega UI change in Yakuza, Sephiroth stabbing Mario, but not Wii, Transparency with Final Hours of Half-Life Alex, and Spider-Verse suit in My Miles Morales. Uh, I do feel really strongly about guiding win and ghost. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'll, I'll I think get, definitely get on board with that. Wow. It's like so well implemented where it points you in the right direction, making it not need a mini map or a compass. And you don't even look at the leaves. You just like feel it. You just feel and, the game pushing you in the general direction yeah. of where you want to go. And it's like such a smart thing in an open world. And how, yeah. how has no one ever figured that out before to use the mm -hmm. weather as the thing that's guiding you instead of painting a neon orange line <laughs> down the Japanese how, landscape. How would that work yeah. in cyberpunk? Just like a bunch of paper bags blowing on yeah, the street. Yeah, not, not everything can pull that off. But also like, I think that it, it feels like a very clever implementation of that, that white line is sort of why I think that it's a really like clever thing, but I don't know that it like, I don't know that it wins. Maybe I can see it being like the minimum winner, mm. but I think it, it could be, but I, I guess I don't feel as strongly about it as you guys okay. do from that regard, where it feels like it's a really clever implementation of a feature we've seen before. Uh, and it's smart. But, 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 it, it but unlike all the other implementations, it doesn't actually pull you out of the immersion of the world, I think is... Like yeah. I said, like it, like I said, it, I, I don't want to downplay like the the cleverness. Oh, of it, but, but you are Serial. You're I, doing I it right now. It's a really clever implementation of a thing that we have already seen. In that, it feels like it is part of the in-game world, but it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like a new feature. It feels like a really good version of a feature we have seen before. All right, let's let's work through other slam dunks to figure out what we're fighting here. Um, I want a slam dunk Spider Verse suit with the animation. On the twos, as they call it. Yeah, that that is definitely yeah. a thing we have not seen before. 
Ooh, certainly. yeah, that was something that just like I think I even tweeted. It was like this isn't even fair. Like it's just like, <laughs> so cool. Well, I mean, yeah. we have seen suits in Spider-Man before, no. though. So this is kind of it's yeah. not exactly new. One. It's a, it's like a version. And also, those other suits were animated with you know frames of animation. So it's kind of it's yeah, not really new. Yeah. But imagine I'm less. You know, all they were, they were just removing frames. I mean, that's all they were doing. Yeah. They're taking away. So <laughs> that's why I like the other suits better. I think um, <laughs> it's really a moment where it's like, oh, they can do that. Yes, that's yeah. what makes it and exciting. It sure. Yeah, and it doesn't look like like garbage. I think I'm sure it would have taken like that. That was a lot of work to do it properly. Guys, I, I I was just razzing cereal. I'm not actually. We're not it's, cutting it's, it, it's Jeff. I'm back off. It's a great pick. I'm gonna choke you out with a Spider Verse suit. I think I think it's a great pick. I do wonder though if Spider Suit is a little like I didn't I. I didn't play with it that much in the game. It was like, oh, cool, I have the spider suit. Mm. And then I moved around a bit, you know, like swung around New York a bit and then, you know, changed it. And so I do wonder, like, okay, like, Guiding yeah. Wind seems like it impacted gameplay more. I don't know. I don't know what our qualifications are here. But. It's the internal amount of love. How much love for this thing <laughs> okay, can fill a tank, okay, okay. I think, is, is what we're working with here. Yeah, we're measuring yeah. that and quantifying that. And- <laughs> yeah, all we're doing is quantifying love on these podcasts, Anna. It's very clear. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Speaking of quantifying love, I one I actually like that may be worth highlighting is uh, is hugging in Spirit Fair because like, that mm-hmm. animation yeah. is so good. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, yeah. You know, just worth considering in that in that locked, you know, as we bold them. I do think, I think the accessibility push and specifically Last of Us Part Two, I think is worth highlighting yeah. here. I, I think you can you can apply it to multiple games. Yeah, though, like that that yeah. that yeah. feels like it is recent. Yeah, that I think developers are taking more time to consider that kind of stuff versus just saying like I don't know. I guess we'll fix it later. Like the fact that The Last of Us Part Two, Immortals, and like several other games already came out with that stuff out of yeah. the gate to make people feel more welcome. I think that is, yeah, we should not uh, skimp over that at all. Um, are these our four? Um, do we only get four? No, we can, we can bold as many as we want, but we got to whittle it down at some point. Our final list, uh, I feel really strongly about Among Us. Um, oh, that was <laughs> okay. such a sad reaction. Wow. Really? I just think because it's such, it's one of the biggest See, games of the year. Yeah, I, I'm with Anna. Here's the here's the thing about that. Like, I actually don't really like Among Us. Like, yeah. it's it's I don't actively dislike it. I, I just don't like have a lot of fun with it. But like, yeah. like I'm I play with my kids. She loves it. She plays with all her friends. It was huge. Like politicians were playing it on Twitch. It's like this weird positive story. Like kids are making up games to play with Among Us in school. Mm-hmm. It's like this weird thing that's 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 cool. Like how it has become ubiquitous. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah, but I but like I think I think I'm assuming Hanson that that reaction that inhalation of like is because like I think I don't know I'm not going to speak for all of us but maybe all of us kind of just play it and we're like yeah this is fine I think you know? I, yeah I think it's a cool thing there's I think it comes from a really stupid petty part of me that I have loved these types of games for a long time I've played so much Avalon in my life like with every intern badge of GI and everything. And so there's a part of me that just feels like, why this one? Why now? Like, if it was like the best social deduction game, you know, I feel like, okay, this is this is great. But the fact that it's like, it seems like a fine version of that. I think I even like the Jackbox version that released, you know, a couple years ago. But I think this is bleeding into probably a discussion for a couple weeks from now. Yeah, on the podcast. we could talk about social deduction games. That, that would be a good topic. Um, if, 
if it were in this category, I would definitely want to give it to like Among Us's cultural impact more than just mm. Among Us for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is that cultural impact that much different from what Animal Crossing did though earlier in the year where it was mm. like yeah. the same politicians yeah. were playing the game and everyone was losing their mind about it and Yeah, I think it's just yeah. coupled with that idea of it coming back from the dead in a way, which is cool for Among Us. Um, yeah, and I do think more people played Among Us. And it's not like, oh, just numbers are the only thing that matter. But like Kyle was saying, like, it was first game that I played. Like, we played it, you know, with three different generations of people in my family. And that that's why I to see games break into different audiences like that at a time like this and have them bring people together, I think is really... You know, they, yeah. it, it is a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> There's no doubt. There's no doubt. All right, that's that's solid. It's it's bolded. Uh, we got we got five. Is anybody feeling of these five that there is a slam dunk here? Personally, I feel slam dunky about Spider Verse. I like Guiding Wind way more than Spider Verse, and I love Spider Verse. You know me, baby. Hey, Kyle, if you're breaking on me. <laughs> I could see those being one and two. I I, I would. See them. I think the accessibility push is probably the one yeah, I, I would fight hardest for. I think I'm that, also, that one is a like, um, legitimately yeah. universal great thing that, that yeah. games have done, and I don't think we should take for granted. Yeah, it's yeah. It's hard to put Spider Verse suit against something like that that actually matters. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty selective about which one you chose to compare it to, Leo. Yeah. <laughs> Leo, which one are you thinking? For Slam Dunk? Yeah. I'm a Guiding Wind guy. I would be happy to see it at minimum, though, too, if we had something better. Is this list accessibility push in Last of Us Part 2 and more? Number one, Guiding Wind Part 2? Jeff, on, have you weighed in me. on this? I'm still trying to figure out what that sentence means. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I would see accessibility as the winner, and then I, I could give it to Guiding Wind as the minimum winner. That works. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that wind is more important than accessibility. So. <laughs> <laughs> Although the wind kind of counts as accessibility in that game, but mm-hmm. <laughs> still yeah, not as important. Way of looking at it. God, Kyle, I can't believe you stabbed me in the back with Spider Verse. You know what it was? I think it was Anna's point of like, I, I worked real. I literally stayed up till three a.m. unlocking it and equipped yeah. it, and I was like, "Wow, that's cool." All well, right, look, back to the other suit. I did too, but I watched that trailer like six times. That counts yeah. for something. It, yes, it's God. very cool. It's, it's almost, I wonder if we almost should have talked about it in news or something, but yeah. All right. Uh, best thing of 2020, the accessibility push in so many games, specifically Last of Us Part 2. Shout out to HyperDot. Uh, Guiding Wind and Ghost of Tsushima as well for the runner-up. Congratulations to Wind. Um, now it's time for the best category of the day. Dumbest thing. I'm really? so excited. I'm just gonna like mm. let all my brain rot spew onto this <laughs> podcast. Oh boy. All right. Dumbest <laughs> thing. You know, we like to be positive here at MinMax, but sometimes something is just so dumb. Could be silly. Doesn't need to be mockable dumb, you know. Silly is acceptable here. But what stands out for folks for dumbest thing? Should we all, all go down our list? <laughs> yeah, Kyle, give me a dumb thing. That dumb cat in final fantasy 7 remake <laughs> oh i 
Kyle, on my list, I had finding the cats in Final Fantasy VII Remake. So is it just all cats in Final Fantasy that, VII Remake? Finding the cats was nice. That nice. cat just... That by uh, that that cat standing on its hind legs, looking out <laughs> over the explosion, and then not ever—I mean, as a non-Final Fantasy VII player, never revisiting that—I was like, "What That's or what so just happened?" Funny. That was so stupid. It's so funny you guys don't know what that thing is. I know. All right, that stupid uh, cat. Here, Serial, let's high five on this one. See the like, ending of Age of Calamity. Yeah. Mm. I, 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 <laughs> Yeah, see, okay. I would put there's a. I think I would also okay. put the ending of Final Fantasy VII on there as well. As <laughs> yes, two, yeah, I've, two uh, very I've dumb things. It's really weird. I'm trying to type it in, but my keyboard isn't working, Surreal, So I don't think <laughs> I can do it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> no, no, I, do, I don't think I don't. Th no, no, no. You, no, no. That's no, a typo. No, I got it. Do you really think dumbest thing without spoiling anything? If you can, I I, I can talk about it in non-spoilery terms, but Please. I think I found it as a very unnecessary face plant. It's the same thing as Age of Calamity's ending. Ooh, uh, I, I it, strongly disagree. Um, I feel like this is... I strongly is a, disagree with you strongly disagreeing. I feel like this is a discussion we will have on the next couple weeks of the podcast. Don't you think? Sure. For dragging down versus pushing up FF7? If you want, if you want it to affect that conversation, that's totally fine. Okay, oh, I wait, can I just off. burn it here and then it won't have an impact later on? Uh, no. Okay, if you insist. I, I don't, I it. don't know what they think was dumb about it. Ooh. So. All right, Jeff. Um, I, I will put it down. I will put it down. The ending to Final Fantasy VI. Um, uh, all right, I got moving on. Oh, here, let me just fix it, right? No, I'm pretty sure it's... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Can I do one? Yeah. Uh, how about playing the biggest game of the year on your brand new system, but via backwards compatibility <laughs> because the game's not actually out for that system yet? That's good. That's a good one. I think the, the, the one that I had was basically all of the issues surrounding Cyberpunk. Is it just, is okay. it just them releasing Cyberpunk in December? Does that I think there's a way to phrase that, but I think the larger cyberpunk thing I, is, is kind of where I'm where I'm getting at with this because I think it's it's hard yeah. to give it a specific headline. Yeah. But what about can we just do the I release? Have a specific headline. Oh yeah. The dicks in cyberpunk. I feel like that is a very competitive entry. Okay. Your dumbest thing. Just for the fact that they included it and it's. Pointless, oh, effectively? Just, it's just like clipping. Have you seen the bugs? They're just like clipping out. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're all over yeah, the place. Good. That's pretty good. I, I think Wiener bugs. Good. Um, I think it all just ties into the larger, like the fact, like the basically the the last two weeks yeah. of cyberpunk stuff, I think has all been basically trying to take this category. <laughs> yeah, so I agree. Isn't it just I'm the release of cyberpunk then? Or how would you phrase that? I, I mean, the release of Cyberpunk 2077. I think that's hard because people are playing it and having fun on, you know, PC and mm -hmm. Stadia. Other <laughs> there are Google there Stadia's are a few platforms that it actually works for. To so, to me, the dumb thing is, yeah, we we made this game. We have these consoles out that just came out and are capable of playing them. But the only way that you can play them is you have to buy it on a PS4 first but is and that, then play it. Is that dumber than CD Projekt Red releasing this thing when they should have clearly just 
not released yeah. until the next generation was ready it, next yeah. year and I think actually made it playable. The thing that Baba is speaking to is in a lot of ways like ties into the fact that like they chose now, they chose to release it on those consoles. And again, like yes, that the PC version works, and that's the one that I'm playing, and I like it works just fine. But I think that like even those people will admit like yeah, they, those other versions that I'm seeing, those videos that I'm seeing, like that ain't great. Like a, a lot of the stuff is the release of the game and not necessarily the game itself. I think that, yeah. that the yeah. way they released it and the way they are doing refunds and stuff and not, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. saying you can refund it uh, without actually putting those agreements in place. I think that all ties into the larger release of Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. CD Projekt Red marketing department. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I honestly, I, th- I think that that's a good way to tie it all up as the marketing department. Even just like the whole like dear gamers, <laughs> you know, like yeah. Well, is it just iconic? Is it just CD Projekt Red's management calls? Is that the larger theme here for dumbest thing? I mean, yeah, because that wraps in them withholding <laughs> the the console version. It wraps in today's thing of you know at the time of recording where they were like, we heard we we got some notes from gamers, so we're taking this you know for good old uh, games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I still think that that again falls into the larger umbrella of the release of it, and like that that ties into it for sure. But I, I think the the that entire thing I think as we as long as we bundle all of those issues together, I think is a, is a pretty strong contender. Okay, so release of Cyberpunk 2077 slash... Yeah, I mean, we can figure out the headline at some point, but okay. as long as we agree that that's, yes. that that is the one category that everything falls into. Yes, yes. Uh, Serial, other than you hating every good ending uh, released this year, what would you like to add? To have, you, have you played Calamity's ending? I have listened you to your spoil. No, I don't think that, that sounded great. That annoyed me too, but... What do you think hangs? Uh, let's see. I'm looking at my dumbest thing. Um, I've... I think Epic's anti-Apple ad is a specific kind of dumb. Really good. Yeah. That's also really good. And you want to expound on that? Yeah. So they basically released a parody of Apple's ad where they, it was like the Think Different ad that I think really Scott directed. Correct. Where it was this 1984 Orwellian like thing of like oh like uh the computers just want to enslave you but like apple is here to be like the the free thinkers and like the way epic uh kind of reversed that is like apple the people who said they were free thinkers are now the totalitarian regime and the way it was so obvious a play to get people to to get on epic side for this lawsuit specifically so it's it's that idea that they had a trailer prepped for a lawsuit is the dumbest yeah okay basically yeah and and (laughs) the lawsuit trailer the degree to which it ended up feeling really hollow. Like, mm-hmm. I think there was some, like, really strong support early on, but I think as time went on, everyone just kind of collectively shook their head at at Epic of, like, okay, we're, we kind of agree with you, but, like, even, even when I'm on your side, I think this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I'll also say, like, that whole tactic is really scary to see like personally as a woman in games like you're trying to mobilize like fandom to sort of attack another company like we have not seen that going well historically so like why would you intentionally try to do that um and and framing the whole thing as like a freedom we're fighting for our freedom now and then and then literally like making that an event in the game of like yeah fight for Fortnite's freedom like yeah weird like fake news era of okay now our now our companies are going to start doing this too yeah um what about uh console pre-order 
disaster. Yeah, that's a good. I was gonna say tech uh, stock issues with tech. I think is because I I specifically am go uh, I'm going through the thirty eighty hell right now of just like trying to find a, an additional card for my brother specifically. Oh boohoo! You're trying uh, to get a second what? card and complaining. But I'm also get trying to get here. a series X. We're the problem, so, like, sir. So anytime you don't have a piece of hardware and like I, I guess I'm just really surprised at how like they could have learned from so many of these issues that they've had before, but like the idea that just these companies, none of these companies seem to have a really good system in place for how to approach these issues and get people. I, I thought it was a COVID thing or is that too easy? Of yeah, I, I, I was going to say like, I totally agree and I can't get a PlayStation 5 right now, but the, you know, the double whammy of like the COVID thing and then a certain someone in power who's been like wreaking havoc with our, relations with china where everything is manufactured like some of that stuff is not really in their power right now so what is the dumbest thing i still i think there's something for the pre-order system like yeah, yeah we've had the these pre-order like, issues system, for like 30 yeah. years yeah like mm-hmm. even if, even if stock is limited which it is and that's understandable especially in 2020 like it just seems like someone would come up with something that's more fair I, yeah i don't you know like just like it just feels like yeah. a crapshoot i mean the playstation 5 in particular was just like they even said they were insistent they're like we're not going to surprise you guys don't worry and lo and behold like at 7 p.m on a thursday night it was like uh, pre-orders are open mm-hmm. like, okay. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Ha- having and, to constantly be on call for weeks in order like we're not doctors yeah. we just I don't yeah. want to know every time wario 64 tweets i just want to know when he's tweeting about <laughs> also problems. it ties into that system of playstation being like hey if you want a playstation 5 register here everybody and then like it did nothing like what was I that i never got any email <laughs> it was that. so insane yeah, and, and and wasn't wasn't microsoft's they they announced like it's going to be tomorrow or something and then they went live like the same day there, no, they were like, better a little funny. They were like 10% cleaner where yeah. they kept their schedule, but it was still just okay. like so hard. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's good. Um, Leo, you got a dumbest thing? Super Mario 3D All-Stars. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I see where you're coming from. Just the laziness of it? Yep. The time limitedness of it. Mm. If, there's a, if there was a most vile thing, it would fit better I, into that, but I, we can call I, it dumbest. I would definitely be behind like forced digital scarcity because they're doing that with the Fire Emblem re-release as well. And I think they have maybe right. one or two other things where it's just like, yeah, it's available for a limited time for a digital thing. You could just leave uploaded on your own servers as long as you want. Why are you making this limited? So we're doing n- unnecessary digital scarcity? I think I think so. Unless Leo has like more 3D All Star specific issues. No, I didn't hear about Fire Emblem. Are you so cool broadening yours out, Leo? I guess. Digital. But that also matters to people. Scarcity. That's good. That's good. Um, Anna. Yeah. Okay. I went more silly stuff. So this is like kind of like lighter. <laughs> Boo! <here>. Um, <laughs> so we talked about the cyberpunk glitches. Um, I uh there's the Mario with no nipples photo uh, which people <laughs> there was wild speculation on <laughs> completely wait help, help. Like, I'm trying to walk through the Mario nipple chronology here it was like with yeah. I know I got you I got you okay please <laughs> what was it again okay so all right we got um Mario Odyssey where we see um Mario's nipples for the first time canonically correct um and, well, and then, I, no, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Um, <laughs> Mario and Luigi. I'm. I consider myself to be on the Mario nipple beats. So <laughs> 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 um, and then, um, and then we saw that uh, Wario in uh, Sonic 2020 Olympic Games, Mario and Sonic Olympic Games, didn't have nipples. Mm-hmm. So people were like, "What's going on?" And then Nintendo dropped like a marketing markup, mock-up slash image of Mario, just like a high quality whatever, of Mario lounging on the beach. And he had no nipples. And so it, it's funny because like everyone's like, Mario has no nipples. Like, what's going on? But then also they're like, this confirms like Mario sunshine. <laughs> just like because that was before 3D All-Stars. It's like huh. it doesn't mean anything. But So Mario uh, nipple outroar is the dumbest thing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, or just Mario's Mario nipples? nipples. No, I think the Mario, Mario nipple beat, which he mentioned. Wait, sorry, Anna, what were you saying? <laughs> Mario nipple speculation. Okay, That's okay, good. very good. Uh, excellent, excellent. <laughs> Great work, uh, team. Uh, hey, incredibly scary. dumb. What's oh, that count? And then I just oh. like, there are like a lot of good memes this year. There is the Xbox fridge meme, and then there's the PlayStation 5 memes, which I really appreciated when the design came out. Like, there's a lot of conversation around that. And that, just like the size of the PlayStation 5, that could maybe be also dumbest thing i don't know i don't yeah, have one i don't but mind talk a lot about that. i don't mind the playstation 5 i mean if the group does feel passionate that the design of the ps5 is dumb i guess it is dumb it, but i don't mind it i don't love it it wouldn't top the list for me but i think it's one of the dumbest things of the year for sure mm-hmm. okay yeah. playstation 5 uh popping design. its collar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um what about in animal crossing the fact that you can only have one island per cartridge and how stupid that is. Fairly hmm. dumb. I but I, 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 I don't have any experience with it, so I can't really see how much of it. I, I guess I can understand how much of an issue it is, but uh, it, it seems like a weird memory card thing. Or is it a I mean, that's how it's always been. That's why it's I'm, like... Yeah, but there's the no freaking like, reason for playing it. on the same system, you both want to be on the same yeah, island. Yeah, make that you an option. But the fact that you them. can't have your own island and, is insane. Did they mm-hmm. patch that? I feel like I've heard some news about. Did they that. patch that? But I don't they, know. Well, they patched it so you can transfer between switches. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah I don't think that they changed that. Okay, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not a big Animal Crossing guy, Hanson. But like, yeah, I, I that doesn't seem that big a deal to me. I mean, we really, write it down, but because like, yeah, I mean, yeah. on because the point is like, if you have a one console in your home, both of you know the players interact on that same island they each have their own home i know you can but if, i mean that's you should at least give them that assets. option that's insane it just ties into a lot of just really frustrating things with animal crossing at launch as well i mean multiplayer is a mess yes i would I mean, rather focus on the four minutes of flying to and from everyone's island that everyone has to sit and wait for i think sure. i think something that this year taught us is like there were a lot of social games a lot of you know online games and nintendo still hasn't figured out how to do that or they not they're not interested in that so maybe that's right. like a better way it's just like nintendo, nintendo. But, yeah but that's not new necessarily so i know that's, like, that's such an old hat but i think just animal crossing quality of life frustrations is that the well, i was i was going to suggest a different one yeah in the true spirit of it being the dumbest thing i was going to say joe biden's island in Oh, that's good. Because it's so late to the party, and you know he's never touched it and doesn't understand. Like, AOC can pull it off, you know, because she's savvier. You think he made that? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he was out there 
digging up fossils. And <laughs> He's digging up fire grill in game. Hey, I don't want to get too political, but I think Joe Biden digs up a fossil every time well, he gets out of bed. You, right? Did you all see, though, that Animal Crossing did change Rogue its currency? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ona, oh, I choked. No, I choked no, it's fine. Part. It's fine. Jeffem's dying live. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure that he's okay. They changed the term so you can't have like political content in there. And so like things yeah. like the Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, once he moved there, they, they were like, okay, shut yeah. it down. There goes the neighborhood. Like, Don't use this as a tool. You, you say that though, you 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 dunk on Joe Biden's island, but who's president now? Yeah. It's how yeah, Jeff it was Tom Nook. Pushed him. Pushed him <laughs> Tom, Tom, Nook, Nook. Tom Nook started the super PAC that yeah. elected Joe Biden. Joe Biden's <laughs> island. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, uh, Vin Diesel being an arc two in that trailer, but that was so recent. I mean, that, that's dumb in a good way. Yeah, that's you, good. Dumb. We haven't seen the ripple effects that'll have in our lives. <laughs> yeah. What about, and I know we care about it, Kyle, more than anybody else on planet earth, but, Crash 4 colon it's about time where Crash 3 was about time and Crash 4 is about dimension <laughs> specifically and Why kind are you of wrapping me up at this I don't Because you were obsessed too with how silly it was that Plants vs Zombies 2 is called it's about time. In oh, fact, that, they yeah. use that, that was, again. That was the thing that was more funny to me than the fact that the third game was about time. Yeah. Okay. I won't put it on the list, but I wanted to tip of the cap to dumb stuff there. Uh what about um the big crossover event in Monster Hunter World Iceborne? which is Monster Hunter World Iceborne Cross Monster Hunter, where you can play as Mila Jovovich or whatever for the movie. But they literally had a trailer that said Monster Hunter World Iceborne Cross Monster Hunter. That's good. Okay. That's, 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 that's a good dumb, though. That's also a good dumb. Hey, it's just like, there's what's no... What's the best way to communicate this? Read the category. Just says dumbest thing. There's good dumb, there's bad dumb. Uh, Kingdom. This is kind of in between, but I think uh, movies and Fortnite, I think, is one of those things that I kept track of more than I should have. And I think it didn't qualify for this last year because it, it was maybe too late, but I think you can maybe rope in the this, uh, Star Wars Episode Nine starting in Fortnite uh, along with like the, the Chris Nolan stuff in Fortnite. I think those okay. crossovers are like, yeah. whether good or bad, I think they're plenty dumb. All right. That, all right. It's on the list. Um, This is minor. But I thought it was really dumb when, after so much anticipation about what it was going to be like, which version of the character, when Square and Crystal Dynamics just had a blog post saying that Spider-Man was going to be in the Avengers game. Like, that seems tailor-made for, like, a cool trailer moment or finally, you know, revealing whether or not it's Insomniac Spider-Man. The fact that it was just a stupid blog post. Uh, no. Yeah. I think, I think the dumber thing is that it's a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't. The announcement is like whatever. I don't know. They didn't have assets. Or just Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another category I think that game fits into. Yeah. <laughs> work of art. Yeah, yeah. work yeah. of art. <laughs> um, what about this is specific? What about in Resident Evil Three when there's a toy store and that giant <laughs> head falls off the toy store and can roll down the stairs and crush you? I think it's cool as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but dumb. I mean. Still funny and dumb to die from a giant Toy Store head in Resident Evil 3, right? It is. That's All fun. right, I'll take it. Toy Store head death in RE3. Um, okay, here's one. Uh, what about uh, the Project P1? We all know what that is. This is the Ford Project P1 car 
codenamed oh, sure. Team Vordzilla, the first car designed by gamers, uh, okay. announced during the Gamescom stream. Um, that sounds dumb, but I still think that the Elon Musk like uh, truck polygon truck sounds dumber. Oh, so oh, like that's a hard sell for the me. Warthog. Hang on, yeah. is this is this just gamer cars? Is that the is that the dumbest gamer thing? cars? Yeah, <laughs> but Z I think the first answer. gamer car was in 2019. So mm, that that's true. Gamer car, I think. Still, I don't people are thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I just I just want to read this description from the official Ford website for the Ford Project P1 car. Uh, the project will demonstrate Ford's real-world, human-centric design thinking in a digital world. The designers will throw open key design decisions to the wider gaming community through a series of Twitter polls that will be posted at Team Fordzilla. Each poll will surface a key design attribute, from engine to cockpit shape, that gamers can decide on. I'm sorry, <laughs> but but who would want to play a game designed by Twitter? <laughs> like, <laughs> or to I, drive that car? I think this is like rocketing up my personal list of incredibly dumb. That's very stupid. All right, yeah. all right. <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, I have another one. Does anybody else have another one to throw in here? All right. Uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered was released this year to much fanfare. I was kind of looking forward to playing this game. I've always It's always been the back of my mind of, I should check out Crystal Chronicles. Uh, this game is known for local co-op multiplayer back in the day when it released on GameCube and I think other systems as well. Uh, they remastered it uh, online co-op only. There's no local multiplayer. Even on Switch, you can't do like, uh, you know, wireless for Switch, local play type thing. Uh, there's no voice chat in this online only game and there is a 12 character friend code that you have to put in to play with other people and it expires every 30 minutes you have to re-enter it you have to re-enter it every 30 minutes that's cruel and unusual oh my god it's just the best stupid (laughs) square decision stuff what the heck is so odd it's a bad idea Friend oh, code one. expiration. The, the new code for the president of like, you gotta refresh <laughs> this every 30 minutes. Yeah, you and your, your friend both have to turn the key at the same time to yeah. play this game online. And that's gameplay. Uh, is that our list of dumbest things that we start whittling down? Yeah. yeah. So. Dumbest thing. We have that stupid cat in Final Fantasy <laughs> That darn cat. Um, the ending of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. The ending to Final Fantasy VII. Mm. The release of Cyberpunk 2077 uh, slash CD Projekt Red's management calls. Epic's anti-Apple ad 1984 parody. Uh, the pre-orders system. Digital scarcity slash Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Super Mario nipple speculation. Get that game on my Switch. Uh, PlayStation 5 design, Animal Crossing quality of life frustrations, Joe Biden's Island, uh, Monster Hunter World Iceborne cross Monster Hunter, movies in Fortnite, Toy Store Head Death in Resident Evil 3, Gamer Cars, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles friend code expiration. Uh, Epic's anti-Apple ad sticks out to me as a as a dunk. I I agree. With really, you. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah, that whole controversy was that that was the word in my mind. Boy, this is dumb. Boy, I yeah. don't care what's happening here. And just that they had the audacity to make that ad, right? Um, yeah, yeah, really stuck out to me. I kind of like. I it. like the, t- <laughs> but just because I like that ad, and I like the idea of somebody trying to. Stick it to another company. I'm not saying Apple's or, for, or you know Epic's fully in the right here, but I like seeing companies fight. I was kind of into it. I, I think even in that context, this is like just that like it was so obvious what they were trying to do 
Yeah. And like, and the degree to which they went to do that and say like, Hey, isn't like, aren't we right? Everybody. Right. Isn't this a, right. I think that should get you to rise up. And like, this is especially dumb in the context of, of, uh, I think it was Sweeney's comments of like that very dumbly, uh, made the illusion that this was like the civil rights fight. Like, right. I think that is an especially right. nuclear. Right. Yeah. Okay. Is, that was all very, very dumb. I would, I would, um, also bold digital scarcity is a slam dunk in mine. Yeah. Uh, speaking of transparent, <laughs> that is, yeah, it's a scam, is how I would describe yeah. it. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that's the word. They basically said, all but scam. said, we are scamming you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like that one a lot. I feel good about that. I, I would also, I would redo the cyberpunk one back to Anna's original suggestion of just penis clipping is like, in terms, <laughs> in terms of like dumbest quote unquote oh, dumbest thing yeah. of just like a self own that never had to happen. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you can like all the management stuff is bad and it's all, you know, there's a lot of crap going on there, but in terms of pure visual punch, you have penises just flying out of people's clothes in this triple a game. And the penises never had to be there to begin with developers publishing their own L's. <laughs> Okay. Self owned. I, I think, I think that is among really the biggest well. like yeah. screw ups, but I also think that that is, I, I would categorize the entire category as like serving yourself oh. at own L of, of like, you did not have to do this because they are, for all intents and purposes, a, it, like they're not a public traded company as far as I know. And it's so they're in charge of everything. It's not like they had a, like, a uh, they are, they, they do have stock. Okay, so, but like can, even like beyond that, I think that like they they could have delayed it. But I, I think, think I think bundling that into the release concept, I think, just empowers that. Yeah, I think it, it is a symptom of the much larger issue of that game's release. Okay, of them not thinking it through. But oh. on the same, I think as the category being dumbest thing, I think that is a fun thing to focus in on. Yeah, that, it's, I mean, yeah. if you want to rename the category, penis bug. Uh, well, it, penis it bugs. Was, I okay. think you don't need to have it. penis bugs in your game. There's a real one of the name category cyberpunk uh, showing uh, their genitals in a larger sense. Yeah, yeah, that is. I think, <laughs> well, but 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 some of it's intentional. But yeah. <laughs> part of it's intentional, and I think it will actually lead to some like interesting conversations because there's already issues with Twitch because Twitch isn't like censoring it at all, and so mm. people are like, wait, does Twitch now have a nudity policy? And this isn't dumb. This is just like, oh, actually, this is like a microcosm for like a much larger conversation but it all comes back to dicks getting <laughs> clipped out clipping through so yeah clipping through yeah okay so genitals and cyberpunk or are we going penis bugs bugs oh. <laughs> just bugs just say bugs penis I, bugs wait penis bugs. are we changing it to bugs, bugs? <laughs> sorry <laughs> talk about bugs snack. <laughs> All right. I think CD Projekt Red shows their genitals sums up both issues. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's, that's what I'm. That that is a much better way of saying what I was getting. At. All right. Uh, there we go. Change that. Um, is that uh, pre-orders boldable? Because people just are still continuing to deal with this, or it's is that I'm looking is that at dumb, the, or is I'm that just frustrating? List, and know? I don't know that it. I don't know that it competes, but yeah. Okay. I'm willing. To, I'm willing to bold it, but I don't know that it'll stick around I, after. Yeah, I think I'm it's not, a hard, I'm not it super hard bold yeah. for me because it is such an ongoing issue too. Like it's fun to find examples that are very specific too. Yeah, sure. I'm just not smart enough to figure out a better system, but I know people have their ideas. Um, people have their ideas. 
Um, I like I like that stupid car. I mean that that was the you made a good argument for for sure. Mm -hmm. It wasn't on my radar, but it's just some good dumb game industry nonsense. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Oh, Hanson thinking Mario Odyssey two would come out this year. Oh, you dirty dog! I like it. Insta bold. All right, are these the boldies? Sure. Okay, so yeah. it's gamer Bold cars, games. digital scarcity slash Super Mario 3D All Stars, pre-order system, Epic's anti-Apple messaging, and Cyberpunk uh, shows genitals. I think digital scarcity is a good dumb thing. I like digital scarcity and gamer car. As just like the two the two stupidest things that you can do. I I like that. (laughs) I yeah. I would go maybe Epic and Cyberpunk for my two. Mm. Cyberpunk feels more like a good giant bomb hottest mess than it does the dumbest thing. Doesn't it? We don't have a we don't have a hottest mess category. We can fix that. It's just yeah, because I think I mean it's it's also the the thing with cyberpunk is that it's unintentional, you know. Whereas like the other two things mm. are are Design. specific <laughs> decisions that mm. these companies are making. Yes. that are that are just incredibly stupid. And Wait, they Jeff, know so better. should we weigh the intentional decisions more or the unintentional? I mean, to me, I guess it's I would lean towards intentional just yeah. because. Yeah. You're doing something real dumb. In that but, sense, I think yeah. the epic one would probably yeah. be my winner there because it, is, it yeah. is entirely intentional. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, I with given that, and I th- I think you're right, Jeff. Um, uh, the epic and the gamer cars stand out to me. But also, gamer cars aren't new as well. You know, like we've got this silly. Ford Project P1 car on it. It is <laughs> it is brand new. It's hot off the presses. Epic uh, is at least. I mean. Throwing the word dumb around, I don't know. It's like calculated what Epic was doing. And I and they were trying to do something new. Yeah. I guess. Doesn't time to my only point? thought for why digital scarcity is dumber to me than that. Mm. Yeah. Cause it's just a simple, brainless move anybody can do, anybody does do, you know, time limited merch drops or whatever. <laughs> Do you know it's what? Just like a new low for Nintendo, I think. The scarcity wins most anti-consumer thing <laughs> of the year. No, but that's. A I will say I, 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 I'm kind of leaning cyberpunk just because it's like I like last year. One of the dumb things we picked was like in Death Stranding, you could deliver a living human person by carrying them on your back. Right. And I like that stuff that is just like it, within a video game. You just look at it and it's just laughable. You know what I mean? Like it's almost. So you're saying the genitals are, or just silly? Yeah, the the genitals. Yeah, but I think that's more just my personal. Like I like the I like the funny dumb stuff than the you know like the right right sort of important. You know, we Mm -hmm. should point this out as being. But I think I think that category is so much more bundled in with the release and stuff. You know, it's a it's a metaphor, Kyle, about showing your genitals. Oh, um. Digital scarcity can we lock as one of the two? Yeah, I think to me that, that, that of the three, it feels like to me the weakest one because it is only kind of a, I don't know, it feels like it's only affecting one company, and it. I would be curious to see how they continue this trend, but it seems kind of minor relative to the cyberpunk and the Apple ones specifically. 
Yeah, they, but it's dumbest thing. Doing it is. Thing. It is a really dumb thing. But I feel like it. To me, it does not feel as dumb for whatever reasons. Like we're we're using for this category as either the epic one or the cyberpunk one to me. I will say the epic. Okay, the epic commercial is dumb. Um, the general <laughs> idea of like how Apple runs their fees and whatnot, and challenging that might not be dumb. And that's the one thing that's leading me to, like to hesitate on like fully going mm-hmm. all into epic. You know, sure commercial, but it is just the commercial. The commercial itself was very very dumb. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like digital scarcity and, and Ford Project P1 car. But that is very much the lighter end of the spectrum. Well, I do too. Digital scarcity is yeah. industry. I, 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 man, I, I think the, the, the anti-Apple one is, is the one that I would want to win. But I would be okay with it just being digital scarcity and epic thing. If you guys are, if you guys feel as strongly about the digital scarcity stuff. Yeah. Is that the compromise we're, we're reading here? do that. Yeah, sure. Okay, everybody knows it's these two, and everybody knows what the winner is. Digital scarcity. Yeah, yeah, that's a simple vote. Because I feel like that's where it's going. I feel like I'm the only one who's who's arguing for the Apple stuff, right? No, 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 surreal. I'm with you. I feel like I have similar. I am. I'm torn between. I'm torn between cyberpunk, epic. Scarce. Well, I'll yeah, I, th- I think that kind of says it. Uh, <laughs> if you're even torn on on the epic stuff, then I think everyone else in the room seems to be pointing towards the digital scarcity stuff. All right. So is that basically the vote right there? Then, so digital scarcity number one, epic's sure. anti Apple messaging number two. There we go. Dumbest thing. Congratulations to a true champion. Next category, a fun one. Best podcast game leo do you want to define a good podcast game for folks um the audio can be good but it's not necessary and you don't have to think too much you can be thinking a little bit but yeah. you've got a podcast going in the background or even a tv show you don't care that much oh. about, and you're usually you know checking off boxes you're fulfilling your little checklisty objectives versus certainly going through a story yeah, you're specifically playing Immortals Phoenix Rising. Yes. <laughs> All right. Immortals Phoenix Rising. one with a bullet. <laughs> All right. A game, I think a game that is, I think is actively improved by using podcasts. And the classic I, uh, game we got to play here, uh, Colin Nolan or Double Trouble, whatever the hell that popular game is called. Does Immortals Phoenix Rising have a colon? I don't think it Immortals does. Immortals Phoenix Rising is the name of the game. No colon. No colon. Thank you so much. That's no real. Um, okay, excellent. Um, I will nominate uh, Minecraft Dungeons. Mm, podcast game. That came out. That was this year. That was this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That a, would have won the. That came out this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this maybe not for most people, but Hades kind of ended up being one for me. Like it, it's definitely a pause for the story kind of thing. But I, there's enough gaps between story that I feel it like seems sacrilegious because the music is so good and the story is so good. And it's like, you yes. can still hear the music and you still are pausing a lot, but there's still a lot of runs where you can, you know, listen to podcasts yeah, through 80% I, of that sucker. Like on one hand, I totally agree. On the other, it's just like when I try to actually do well, it, it became, I just ended up not listening to the podcast at all. So I mm, have sure. to rewind podcasts, which I think is a weird reason to ding it. But I definitely like once you get focused in that game, you end up forgetting what you're listening to. Yeah. So, I, so I think for those reasons, yeah, it's maybe fair. not like the perfect podcast game. But I totally like when I went into Hades, I was like, oh, this will be a great podcast. Mm. Yeah. 
For me, uh, it's absolutely Avengers for this category. Ooh. This was the first game I ever went in the settings and turned the voice volume to zero. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And just put on podcasts. Because I think the combat's great. Yeah. Um, All right. I, uh, I just don't want to engage with anything else. I like Undermine in this category. Roguelike. Sure. Very simple. Um, also, I'll put Littlewood in this category for a good podcast game. Uh, I have been doing a whole lot of other things while doing Animal Crossing. Great, great answer, great answer, great answer. Others to throw on this pile? Uh, I think Demon's Souls is up there for me as a Mm. game that I think... I think one of the reasons it helps is because that game can be pretty frustrating in that like you can play for a good while and not make any progress mm-hmm. and i think like well i listened to like two podcasts while trying to open this one door that acts as the shortcut i think gives you that sense of like okay well i actually quote unquote got something done and which yeah. I, helps with the frustration of like not making progress in that game it's also not not for me but for folks like you i presume surreal it is a game that they've played before you know what I mean? So it's more yeah. about experiencing it in a new with new visuals. So yeah. That was yeah. I was gonna suggest that yeah. one. And then Tony Hawk was another one. Because that's just like yep. you know, you can yeah. just keep doing two minute rounds and the music's great in Tony Hawk and it's very nostalgic, but it was also fun to listen to podcasts on that one. Mm-hmm. I would like All to right. honorably mention Round Guard for this category. The All right. roguelike. Oh, hey, sure. get it on that there. Being, that being on Apple Arcade, like having that on my phone to play while listening to podcasts on the go has been, yeah, one of my favorite podcast gaming experiences this year for sure. Yeah. I would also like to honorably mention uh, Destiny 2 Beyond Light. Uh, yeah. Yep. That, that game is definitely a game about grinding for stuff. And and a lot of the times just ha- being able to listen to something while you're doing that makes it feel less tedious. So it's definitely a game where it's like, okay, I'm putting aside podcasts specifically so I can do Destiny stuff during them. Uh, so that, that's probably the time I have spent mo- like the game I have spent the most time listening to podcasts during this year. Yeah. So right now we have Immortals: Phoenix Rising, Minecraft Dungeons, Hades, Avengers, Undermine, Littlewood, Animal Crossing: New Horizons, Demon Souls, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two, Round Guard, Destiny Two: Beyond Light. Strong best podcast game. Seems like Immortals: Phoenix Rising had some passion. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd plug in that one. Yeah. Especially because. I, you know, we talked about before, I like that they went for it, but some of the narration can be a bit much at yeah. times. So even if it does overlap the story, it, you're not hurting the best part of that game. Yeah, for sure. I think the, the actually listening to the narrative kind of makes it more grating than anything else, actually. Yeah. Now we're that measuring. surprisingly long in that game. Like, it's weird. Yeah, like it's for, for as involved it is, it is surprising how like yeah. uninteresting and forgettable that story is. Yeah. Um... Leo, I like your passion for Avengers. You know, we're we're pouring our passions into a beaker and seeing how high that liquid rises. And so, I mean, I certainly listen to podcasts while playing Avengers. You know, positive for the story beats. Is that slam dunky, or how's everybody else feeling? I like I like that in Animal Crossing. Yeah, I guess I, Animal Crossing is undeniable, would, isn't it? Yeah, Animal Crossing also like I could watch TV while playing that on my Switch too. Like that's, ambient TV, yeah. yeah. So that's what I've been doing. Like, because because there's no concentration necessary for it. Mm-hmm. Like all the mm-hmm. all these other games, you know, the combat occasionally you actually have to pay a lot of attention to. This is this is one where you can where ninety percent of your focus can be on the other thing, and the ten percent is on the game in front of you. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would <sighs> say on that note too, like 
a lot of the quality of life issues with the game are actually kind of taken care of if you're consuming other media uh, <laughs> while you're playing Animal Crossing. Like, it doesn't matter if it takes, you know, <laughs> right. you need to craft everything individually. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I kind of think those are our two. I feel like those are our two as well. Leo, you're not going to freaking flip out, are you, dude? I might have one of my famous meltdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Chad is I'm screaming Microsoft Flight Simulator, which is a good idea. But yeah, I don't think. I think that might qualify in the next. Hang on. Yeah, I just realized it absolutely qualifies <laughs> in the next category. Um, all right. Immortals, I, Animal Crossing number one. Immortals Phoenix Rising number two. Uh, Immortals uh, is number one for me, but I'm but I also didn't really play a lot of Animal Crossing. So I'm in the exact same boat. Oh. I liked Jeffum's pitch of like it is of ninety percent the other mm-hmm. thing, ten percent the game. I think that is a quintessential podcast game. Yeah, right there. I I, I agree. Are we locking it, Anna? Yeah, I I mean I'm vouching for Animal Crossing. There we go. Let's lock it in. Animal Crossing: New Horizons, the best podcast game of 2020. Immortals: Phoenix Rising. No slouch. Cool runner up. <laughs> no slouch. Um. Hey, Leo. Hey, man. I've been meaning to ask you, do you know how this whole thing operates? Dude, you ask that every episode. Why don't you just figure it out? Why do you always rely on us? I keep forgetting. It's the lovely support from our patrons. That's right. Patreon.com slash MinMax 2Ns. Thank you so much to everybody that supports us. Thanks to everybody who listens to us or watches us. We appreciate it. But we love those people that go an extra step beyond and say, I'm going to help fund uh the media i enjoy consuming so we appreciate you uh if you support us at any tier you get access to the wonderful discord which is the shangri-la on the internet i love seeing the discord in the holidays it's the ultimate living game you know it changes all the time there's new channels popping up for celebrating thanksgiving the holidays everything like that so check that out make some and friends you get a bunch of nice people greeting you and that'll feel nice it is an overwhelming <laughs> greet session whenever somebody joins but it's, it's always fun. seeing an outpouring of welcomes it's great um but hey uh kyle i've been to ask you do you like puzzle games love them big fan hey then you should check out oppo switch now available on the xbox oppo switch features over 90 handcrafted levels and a randomizer for never-ending puzzles inspired by classic games such as lights out and hexic it's a logic game that's fun for the whole family and get this Oppa Switch was developed by Rich McLaughlin, longtime supporter of MinMax. Drop in the Discord to ask Rich McLaughlin about Oppa Switch indie game development or just thank him for supporting the show. The best part, Oppa Switch and Xbox? Kyle, how much do you think that costs? $60, easy. You fool! It's $5 on Xbox for Oppa Switch. So he says, unwrap some fun this holiday season with... Everybody join me with uh, Oppa Switch. Switch. And, also, uh, we should probably spell it. I see people asking how to spell that game. Oh, right? like opposite. So it's O-P-P-O-S-W-I-T-C-H. Mm. And if you're in the backstage pass for the next two episodes of the MinMax Show recording, you might even win a free code. So stay tuned there. Uh, also thanks to Pretty Good Printing. PrettyGoodPrinting.com is an online print shop that offers flyers, invitations, stickers, banners, and more. I've spent years opening and managing print shops for others. Yada, yada, yada. I figured it was finally time to do it for myself. Soon the website will have customizable templates as well as themed sticker packs with custom designs. If there's something specific you need, feel free to reach out via the contact page and use the promo code MINMAX for 10% off of your order at PrettyGoodPrinting.com. Thank you to PrettyGoodPrinting.com. Wonderful. You need stickers, you need banners, check out PrettyGoodPrinting.com. Use that promo code. 
Also, uh, check out This Week in Video Games for your regular fix on the latest reviews, features, interviews from the world of gaming. Whether you're into next-gen platforms, indie gems, or interviews with industry experts, This Week in Video Games has you covered. This Week in Video Games also specializes in Destiny 2 content, Suriel Vasquez. covering everything from the latest goings-on in Beyond Light to useful guides for exotic weapons and also builds, too. If you want to level up your Guardian and get hold of all the best weapons, armor, and mods the game has to offer, then search This Week in Video Games on YouTube and subscribe for daily Destiny updates. If you want your gaming content with a British twist, search out This Week in Video Games on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much, This Week in Video Games, for your support. We love it. Also, thanks to iMadeBit for their continued support of MinMax here. They're the best. Uh, They want everybody to know that you can buy the physical edition of The Pathless from Annapurna for the PlayStation 5, and this limited edition version comes with a giant fold-up poster, reversible cover, sheet collectible art cards, exclusive artwork by Emmy winner Elaine Lee, uh, and also they have the soundtrack on iMadeBit's store. So check out that store. Find the awesome soundtrack, one of Kyle's favorites of the year, yes? Uh, yes, absolutely. One That's of my favorite awesome. games of the year, too. Ooh, there we go. The Pathless, everybody. Check it out on imatebit.com. Help support them because they support us. And as always, you can use the promo code MINMAXMUS. MINMAXMUS. M-A-S at the end there. I'm trying my best to pronounce it correct. Uh, for 10% off uh, everything below $100 at iMatebit store. So check that out, please. Now, normally we have community questions. And normally we choose our favorite community questions as people support on Patreon uh, and then give them a prize. Um, but we don't have community questions this episode, but we do have people watching us live at the $10 backstage past year. Yes, Serial. I have a question. Yes, please. What might one gain by participating in the backstage pass? Great question. We're going to play a little trivia and the winner will win one of the coolest things in the I am 8-bit store. The Mega Man X 30th Anniversary Classic Cartridge. This limited edition thing. Here's how we're going to play it. Everybody in the backstage pass watching us live. We're going to play a round of game case trivia. This is where I read the back of a game box, omitting keywords, and you buzz in by just typing in your guess. And the first (laughs) correct guess that I see in the chat will win the Mega Man X Super Nintendo cartridge, functioning cartridge from iMateBit. But even if you don't win, you can still go check it out in the store and get 10% off using the promo code MinMaximus. All right, y'all ready? Backstage passers, you ready? I was I say, you asking us? Like, I, we're, you I'm guys, good. how about uh, the cohorts? You guys can like raise your hands when you feel like you know it. I won't call on you, but just so oh. we ha- have some sort of feeling for it, you know? Okay. And will you, will you put us on the spot? Like, can I just raise my hand immediately to look smart? I guess yeah, you technically could. That's yeah, a good point. Can I just have one of the cartridges okay. anyway? Okay. I hadn't um, thought about that, but my, yeah. My hand is raised already. I already know what you're going to read. Anna, you are so smart. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Backstage Pass. Uh, Leo, are you watching Backstage Pass? Yes. Okay, great. I will be reading this. Rules are meant to be exploded. A contaminated energy drink has transformed most of blank into toxic mutants. Oh, we got a good guess. And I'm looking at it now. Uh, yes, the answer is Sunset Overdrive. And that is Joar. Hello, yes? Alex got a first on my screen. Oh, yes, you're right. You're right, Alex. Congratulations, Alex. In the backstage pass, you will win uh, this cartridge. Fantastic nice. from I am 8 bit. Thank you so much. 
and an exclusive backstage pass intermission while people were in the bathroom. Everybody was guessing what number I was thinking of. Alex won that as well. So great day for him. That's really (laughs) insane. Alex, you're very impressive. Uh, All right. You ready for one more? And this winner will win uh, some MinMax merch. So everybody in the backstage pass. Ready? Same deal. Mm. Uh, Leo, I guess this is tricky because you don't know the winner, but... Right, <laughs> you don't know what the actual thing is, but you know, just try and guess it. Just kind of like feel it out, and then we can go back and check. Uh, okay. Let's see, which game do you feel like is gonna be the best? All right, okay, okay. The winner will win MinMax merch that we'll be shipping out from our store at T Pub, T Public, whatever else. You can check that out at minmax.com/merch if you want to see our merch here. All right, here we go. Feline, domination, blank is blank, (laughs) stock from the shadows of the rooftops to command the cityscape below, combine fluid kicks and flips to unleash blank's explosive style, whip into action to conquer your enemies and dominate your surroundings. I see guesses of Sly Cooper. Incorrect. Bubsy 2. Incorrect. Blinks the Time Sweeper. Incorrect. Kyle thinks he knows. Shazira with Catwoman! Congratulations, Shazira. The answer is Catwoman, specifically on the GameCube. Of course. So blank is blank was woman is cat. Correctamundo, <laughs> Leo. Uh, Halle, is it Halle Berry is Catwoman? Halle is Berry is Catwoman. Congratulations, Shazira, <laughs> and thanks for being a great mod in the Discord as well. I promise we didn't cheat and line this up. Uh, yeah, it's about time you got rewarded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me write this down. It was... Alex and Alex in the chat, what is your last name? Just so we can uh, track it. Uh, who's actually winning these things? But congratulations and thanks to I'm 8 Bit for shipping stuff out. All right. Should we move on to the next category? Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next category is the game we all agree is probably good, but we didn't play. Now, this is a compliment. We. Acknowledge this game is good for people, but the six of us did not really sink our teeth into it. Yeah. So we need to give a tip of the cap here. This is us acknowledging that we cannot play every game, that we have a limited amount of time uh, on this earth. So Yeah, we are mortal. Mine uh, mine is Crusader Kings 3. (laughs) That's what I was going to say, too. That's a good one. But, I mean, mean, Anna and Leo, you played it, right? Is the extent? Do we have to have zero hours across all of them? Yeah, I think it just dings it a little bit the more hours collectively we have put into it. You know, yeah. but I think probably like eight hours in, which is nothing in the scheme of that game. But yeah. yeah, okay, it's it's on the list. Wounded, but on the list, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, the other one that I had on my list, I had that, and then the which I'm gonna I'll just say because I played it a little bit was uh, Valorant which was more of a game mm. I didn't play enough of mm. is kind of how I, but so I think yeah. I, I like, I submit that one with an asterisk, you know? Yeah. I, I would say that I've played enough hours to kind of not, to kind of counteract like the, 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 yeah. the category. Gotcha. Okay. I also agree. Cool. Okay. Um, I have one that's kind of left field that interested me. So, you know, I don't know. I'm interested to get everyone's feel on this. Uh, 
13 sentinels in yes. this room? Yes, it is uh, a perfect answer. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I pretty much watched my wife play that in its entirety. Uh, mm. Where does that put me? God, that's a tough one. And Surreal, where are you okay. at? So I, I, I was trying to get a copy of it, and I ended up getting a weird listing from Wario64, a friendly show, I imagine. Uh, <laughs> a list, Mortal Enemy. There's a listing, I think the listing for the PS4 version of Ages uh, of this game, I think now says uh, Persona 5 Strikers, uh, which is that that uh, Muso game that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, yeah. if you if you go to the link that that used to be 13, uh, 13 Sentinels, that's the game it links to now. And I bought that's... that because it was thirty dollars. <laughs> oh weird! So, Surreal, I'm so, sorry. I'm so you so will sorry. be playing it. <laughs> I, I will be playing something. Amazon's got to send me something. <laughs> or they can just cancel my order. But I've yeah, I've been looking for uh to play this game for a while. So yes. and I've heard nothing but yeah. good things about it, which I feel is definitely like the spirit of this category. And this for everybody, this is the vanilla where uh, mech game seems very story focused. It was up for narrative of the year, I believe, at the game awards. Uh seems cool. Yeah, I yeah. I can weirdly confirm that the narrative is very good without having played it for a second okay all right perfect like, I, I know the end i know the twists it's it's really it's really cool it's, yeah i think the most you didn't touch your controller i think that's i think that yeah that i happens. didn't that, that's it's up there uh leo i want to put gears tactics on this but you've played a lot of gears tactics yes so have I. I have okay okay um uh, well, my suggestion is the room vr a dark matter we're looking hmm. for something we all have zero hours in, but can probably say with confidence is good. Okay. Didn't they make that years ago? Like a room VR game? I checked when I put it on the list. I could have been, it might've just been one platform. Actually. Maybe it's all a blur, but, um, Surreal, you played Neo 2, right? Yeah, I played, okay. I played, I think 40 hours of Neo 2. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> I, I almost nominated for best podcast game. Cause that, that was the story of that game was daily updates from NPR. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, uh, just in the realm of VR, Paper Beast, the new game from Eric Chahi, uh, Another World, uh, VR exclusive, I believe. That's mm, is it not? It's on Epic Game Store. VR though, at least. It's, oh, they're bringing it to Flat Stuff. Oh, really? Okay, it's I checked on, yeah, it on. It's on Epic Game Store. Pancake mode is what I've, you know mm. what people kind of refer to it. Oh, I checked it on Steam this this morning, and it was still VR only. But okay, but I yeah, it's a game that I think looks really cool, just really surreal. Uh, wildlife, and I, I liked Eric Chahi. I played yeah, an I hour and got stuck on a puzzle, and I haven't played it since. Oh, but it was really good when I played. Okay, things it, a little bit. It though. is. It's a good one here because I have it downloaded. It's one of those ones I won't delete when I'm right. trying to make room right. on my PC. Yeah, uh, I think we should mention Microsoft Flight Simulator. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I <laughs> have none of us really played that. I've played the tutorial. And I think Leo streamed it then one hour of goatee hunt, half an hour besides that. But there's no doubt it's very good. We're we're all on the same page, right? (laughs) It seems too good. I was like, I don't deserve this. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Here's a weird one. Two Point Hospital came out this year. That theme hospital spiritual successor from some Uh, of the creators. Didn't that that came out a long time ago? Nope. That was just a console port this year. Is that right? Yeah, I think yeah, I remember. I remember it was reviewed ago. at Game Informer when I was still there. Really? Yeah. I stand yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course, you fools. Come on, you guys. Uh, Room, yeah. Room VR, uh, Dark Matter was this year, though, but the original Room VR was a while ago. Oh, so this is a sequel to it. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. 
Uh, this is maybe just only worth mentioning, but I don't know that it, it technically qualifies, but Persona 5 Royal. Yeah. Anna. Thank you, Serial. Well, I've played, though, I mean, I've played a lot. I've played okay. that game a lot. So. Okay, so it's it's on this, but it's very wounded. Is that is that? You know, the... I I put in seventy hours, but I'm about halfway through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's still a lot of time spent on. That's more time than I think thirteen sentinels. Is, All right, so, so not yeah. qualifying for this I, list. I don't know if we want to make this a new category, you guys, but it's another one that I watched my wife play in full. All like a hundred thousand hours. We can also throw Sakuna of Rice and Ruin mm, on that best, in that category as well. We just want to make a new watch. category game uh, games. Uh, Kyle watched games play presented Kyle watched his by wife play that she really loved. Yeah, yeah. That, that should be a new category. <laughs> presented by <laughs> Kyle's wife. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got a ringer, I think. Wasteland 3. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, mm-hmm. Metacritics puts it at 85. And it's one of those games like, yeah, I bet that's very good. I'm glad Microsoft was funding it and released it. Um, I hope it found its audience. Yeah, I put like five, six hours. Ooh, in. okay. Just for the just for the computation you're going to run at the end of this. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Okay, okay. It's the only one where we run a formula and then it tells us the way. That's right. Any other entries here? Um, I have a here. Oh yeah. Well, oh, real quick, oh. I don't know. I just to throw it out there. Sir, well, three of us have played it in full, but like Half Life, Alex is kind of like. Probably no. Games industry. That's a good nomination. Yeah, you know? I, but I feel like we're like surprisingly high in terms of <laughs> yeah ratio yeah. of people who have played yes. Half Life Alex. That is true. <laughs> Worth at least mentioning, but not not qualified. I don't think. And I our, think that's the best game case. you didn't play, audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I played two hours of it, and I thought it was cool. Uh, went 1.0 this year. Deep Rock Galactic. Oh, that's a great contender. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good one. Okay, that is the co-op mining, bug shooting, uh, looty game. Overwhelmingly positive on Steam. That's yeah. true. So you know it's got to be good. Anything else, or is this our list? Ninjala. I think it's good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I played a little Ninjala. Crusader yeah. Kings Three, Thirteen Sentinels, Aegis Rim, Aegis Aegis. How do you? Ages. 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 <laughs> Ages room. <laughs> the Room VR, The Dark Matter, Paper Beast, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Wasteland 3, and Deep Rock Galactic. I love 13 Sentinels as a lock. I do too. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Sure. I, yeah. yeah. Hmm. It looks well, like it's, 13 it's, Sentinels and Deep Rock Galactic for me. I, I feel like hmm. my three would be Crusader Kings, 13 Sentinels, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah, I think two me, I, people having played Crusader Kings three is pretty good. I don't think I think that's hurting its chances in this category. Because I, I, I think one of the purposes of this category is to like highlight games that we will not dis- we will definitely not discuss in our favorite yes, games of the year. Correct. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. Where I don't know how you guys feel about you know Crusader Kings, but you've played enough to at least generate an opinion. Maybe it'll yeah. come up. You know. Yeah. For me, um. 13 Sentinels and also Flight Simulator is really high up there. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think those, I like those, those, those Flight Sim's really good for this. I yeah, like I like, I like Wasteland too. Three on there, but I guess if yeah, you've played five hours. I think one of the one of the things I like about Flight Simulator, which again I don't know if I'm speaking for you guys, but it's one that I downloaded 
I mm-hmm. took the like six hours mm-hmm. to download an update, but never launched it. I'm in the you exact know what same I mean? camp. So it's yeah. like there's some intent there that I just never fully delivered on. Which I think is and, in the spirit of the category of like, no, we're mm-hmm. dumb for not playing these. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because we all know how good that game is. We all have so much respect for that game. Right. I haven't played it. Right. Yeah. I, the, the one thing I will say that might ding 13 Sentinels a little bit is that in the spirit of the category name is that I don't I, I, I we have heard nothing but good things about it. But I feel I don't know that this table would maybe love it as much if we actually mm. did play it. Mm. It is it is. I, I would be curious to see what we end up thinking of it if we did play it. I mean, that's so hypothetical. You could never know. Sure. Yeah. I, that's why I think like. That's uh, I think it sticks, but I think that to mm-hmm. me is maybe why it doesn't win. Mm. But it is the game that none of us have touched yet out of the two. Well, it's, I'm just waiting yeah. for my copy, you know? Yeah. I which have we touched not. the which have we touched the least and which do we think is the best? <laughs> so I like the idea that you might get an early copy of Persona Scramble. <laughs> 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 I can't imagine it ends up being what happens, but I like the idea of me getting it for $30 on launch. Oh, yeah, I think that'd be yeah. cool. Um, to make the case for 13 Sentinels, yes. I feel like it's not just, we're not the only group who hasn't played it and is also like, oh, that's probably a good game. Like, mm-hmm. I just haven't seen many games journalists, you know, like write about it and talk about it. Yeah. Um, And so I don't know if that, helps you know the larger yeah. discourse helps. I, I also think that like the the degree of hype of like hyperbole that i've heard about microsoft flight simulator like multiple people gave it a 10 i believe mm-hmm. that's like, true this yeah is that's one true. Of, this that's is one true. of the greatest games bar none like, i think ign gave it a 10 yeah i think uh, i think all we can gauge in this category is our internal longing of i know i should mm. play that like that feeling I, you know yeah which for uh, flight sim is way higher for me for sure. I, I think, know that like if I committed, I could get a lot out of that for sure. I see a lot of mm-hmm. nodding. Or is Microsoft Flight Simulator the winner here? I like those yeah. two. Yeah. There it is, Microsoft Flight Simulator, number one game for we all agree is probably good, but we didn't play. And Thirteen Sentinels, Aegis Rim is the old runner-up. Congratulations. Yeah. Maybe by this time next year, I'll have actually played and beaten it. I guarantee I we'll all play all strikers. Just like how last year we immediately all got on Life is Strange 2. And it's good. I, I actually did end up beating that game. And I really what? Are you serious? That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. it's on you, kid. You can't uh, do that. Yeah. What the hell, man? We're going to go back and correct that. <laughs> I'd like to disqualify it from last year's awards. <laughs> the category is we won't play, not did. <laughs> yeah, we were for boycotting. <laughs> best game we've decided to arbitrarily boycott. <laughs> uh, best game that you had an opinion uh, strong opinion of before you played it. <laughs> okay, next character, next uh, category. I'm scared of. Uh, next category is best character. Again, we will we have timestamps for spoilers. Yeah. Um, Kyle, give us one good one just to put on the list. We're not going to start arguing for him yet. Russell from Half Life Alex. Love yeah. it. Love it. He funny. Oh. He funny throughout. Hey, hold that argument. <laughs> okay, Leo. Uh, Modok from Avengers. I just want to oh. say that because I was streaming the Avengers reveal of who the villain was going to be at yeah. Game Informer, and I called it was going to be Modok as a joke at the start, and then it actually was. <laughs> so that was fun. My real submission is Bagley. Similar funny British voice in your ear. 
but yeah. I like Bagley a lot. And this is Watch Dogs Legion? Yeah. Oh, hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, Anna? Um, I have Zagreus um, okay. from Hades. There it is. Agnes. Interesting. I was also going to say someone from Hades. <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah, the I entire have a cast. Hades characters. Yeah, I have, I have multiple Hades characters on here. Do you want to throw another one up now, Serial, or are you going to, who are you going to add? Uh, I, it, it's so hard. I think, like, the, the first of the characters, I think, would probably be Nyx, who's your mm. kind of okay. your mom in that game. Kind of your mom, he says. Uh, Jeff Marquefava. I'm going Put the big guns in the form of lady arms and go Abby from The Last of Us. Abby from The Last of Us. Part two. Yeah, she's on my list for sure. Really like that. We just call them arms around here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Uh, Joke entry is Drunk Dealer from Final 7 Remake, but we won't put that on there. Um, Real. What do you want? Real contestant here is Ichiban from Mm, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Mm -hmm, Mm hmm. Kyle, let's let's keep going. Um, I really love Dina from Last of Us as well. Mm. Abby and Dina, I think both are on there for sure. Solid, solid. Leo, I'm looking at you with a fierce eye. Uh, fresh one. Don't expect it to win. Uh, Jackie Wells from Cyberpunk. I think, I think Jackie deserves a spot. I. Now, I- it, it's he's like your friend at the beginning, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, just double checking. Yeah. About names. Honor. Like honorable mention, I, um, I really liked a character, uh, Junebug from Kentucky Route Zero. Hmm. She's the singer. Oh, okay. Did not recall her. Um, surreal. I was going to say uh, Shannon from Kentucky Route Zero. He's kind of like the secondary main character in that game. All right. Solid. <laughs> it feels so formal. They're stepping up. They're each stepping up to the podium. Uh, Jeffem. <laughs> A light applause. Uh, I, I, would, I would like to nominate uh, Barrett from Final Fantasy. Boo! Are yeah. you serious? Yeah. Good time. Wow. All right. He's a goofy guy. Okay. But he's full of spirit. And also his hand is a literal gun. So. <laughs> Get this internet. This character has a gun for a hand. Uh, that's great. Um, b- 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 let's see. Oh. Um, I will uh, just to shake it up a little bit. Uh, Retta from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Who is that little Egyptian boy in your camp that everybody is like, he come came with like the little buddy who's like worshiping him and he's giving out contracts and stuff. He's just like this weird outlier child who's very in the know. Isn't he like, he lets you play paid DLC or something? Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, no, he, uh, he has contracts and stuff. Okay. I would like to submit Alice from Spiritfarer. Mm. Mm. The little old lady. Mm. Truly, um, truly the, some, one of the, <laughs> probably the most I've felt for a character this year. And help me out. Is she the snake? She's the hedgehog. Hedgehog. With the little hat. Gotcha. Who, who loses her memory as an old lady. 
other burning desires to go on this list? Uh, yeah, this will be my final na- nomination, Hanson. Yes. Uh, I'd like to nominate uh, Roche, 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 please. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, and the chat Roche, goes Roche. wild. Okay. <laughs> so the first and third one will be Max and Min, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that's it for me. <laughs> yeah, um, joke characters as uh, Steve from Minecraft, Steve from Minecraft mm. in Smash Bros. Okay, joke acknowledged. Oh, pre patch, <laughs> pre patch or post patch? I mean, come on. Oh, I post patch is the only Steve that I know. <laughs> oh, okay. Pre-patch okay. Okay. I didn't know what kind of guy he was back then. But. Right, right. I don't think. I think oh, I think we all know what kind of guy he was. I really like <laughs> Vex from. Sackboy's Big Adventure, just the villains, like a jester character voiced by Richard Grant, just the most over-the-top, absurd, uh, Joker-esque villain. Just honorable mention to Vex. Sackboy's Big Adventure. I haven't finished Yakuza. Um, I want to put all these characters on. Uh, Specifically, I don't know how this character's story ends, but uh, the head of the Arakawa family, Masumi, uh, the father, I loved out of the gate. And Cyril, I don't know if, without spoiling anything, you think he deserves a spot on this list as well, or if there's another character from Yakuza you'd put before him. I would say that Ichiban would be the one that I would go yeah. strongest for. Yeah. Um, but I think he's really good too. Like I, I think if the other if the other list. Uh, if the list weren't so crowded, I think I would make a stronger case for him, but I think yeah. I, have, like, I can maybe only fight for one Yakuza character. So. Also, honorable mention, but it feels too close to putting Mr. X on the list, which we did last year, but I think uh, a certain Rat King from Last of Us Part 2 is certainly a memorable character. What a character, that guy. <laughs> He's a real rapscallion. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. It's a boss fight. A rat King? Yeah. I don't think oh, it's named okay. in the game, but... Um, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, is, this, is this our list? Yeah, I have a I have a couple that I will, yeah. I, I at least want to mention. Uh, Cassio from Eve, if found, mm. uh, she's my character. Uh, I think she has a she in a game that I that is all about its writing. I think it that she is uh, a really well written character with a with a really like down to earth and and powerful uh, story to her. So yeah, in the in Ireland in the nineties. Yeah, very specific time and place. Other nominations. I- I would like to nominate our Crusader Kings character, Jafinio, who died at age zero <laughs> of the many diseases. Oh, yeah. we uh, ben, I'd, I'd like to nominate Solid Snack, who died in a river. <laughs> From the Oregon Trail? Now we're talking. Now this is a good list, damn it. From our Oregon Trail stream. No, no, no. It, no, there was, it was no. just, it was no typo. We had to squeeze it in oh, so there's no C in Snack. He was cool. He was really a champion. <laughs> he, he sounds cool. He went down fighting. Um, is this a list? Russell? Uh, oh. My last quick one, which is more of an honorable mention than anything, is uh, Bobby from uh, Paper Mario and the Origami King. He's one of your earlier companions. Origami King. Bobby. Bobby. What type of companion? Uh, he's a Baba. Mmm, Baba, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Makes sense. The list is Russell from Half-Life Alex, Bagley from Watch Dogs Legion, Zagreus from Hades, Nyx from Hades, Abby from Last of Us Part 2, Ichiban from Yakuza Like a Dragon, Dina from Last of Us Part 2, Jackie Wells from Cyberpunk 2077, Junebug from Kentucky Road Zero, Shannon from Kentucky Road Zero, Barrett from Final Fantasy VII Remake, 
Rita, Retta, look, I'll just, I'll delete this one. Look, I just think it's a weird character. Alice from Spirit Fair, Roche from Final Fantasy VII Remake, Steve from Smash, Vex from Sackboy's Big Adventure, Cassio from If Found, Jafinia from Crusader Kings 3, Solid Snack, we stand a legend with the Oregon Trail, uh, and Bobby from Paper Mario, the Origami King. <sighs> Slam Dunks. Russell, I think. It's hard. I, no, I, I love yeah, Russell. I'm not yeah. with all these characters, but Russell's very hard to top for me for sure. Okay. I mean, my my other lock is like Abby. Like okay, hey, let, let's let's yeah, give Russell incredible. let's give Russell his due right now. Uh, what is it about Russell? Okay. Uh, he's uh, your classic earpiece character, right? Your your Atlas or whatnot. But it's so helpful in that game, uh, which is going through so many scary sequences to have somebody lightening the mood in a not annoying way, like in a way where the writing is actually really clever and really funny. And the moments in the game where the signal cuts out and you can't talk to Russell anymore, like really achieve a terrifying tone and you really can't wait to get him back on your ear. Certainly out of this list, it's like the character I want to see more from the most. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think it, they do. Go ahead. Oh, you go ahead, Cyril. Uh, I think they do a really good job of implementing that character. I know it's like an archetype that we see like all the time, but I think Valve does a really good job of making sure that he never becomes annoying, that you always miss him, and that like for a game that people really wanted and wanted to learn more about the world of Half-Life, he does all of the things that you want him to do, which is to say like he informs you about the state of that world beyond what is going on in Alex, which is like a really good use of the character who's always in your ear. He can just allude to things that are happening in the world without it being a whole sequence. And yeah, he does bring moments of levity and like he does do the function of helping you through the game. So he kind of had yeah. like, he's like, he does everything that that character should do. One of my favorite things in that game is him explaining the process of making a club sandwich to mm -hmm. Alex. Oh, right, right. And just like how it's just so, per it's such good writing. It's genuinely funny. And it's also like, it's so perfectly ex it's explained. Like he explains that the world to you, how it was versus how it's now. Like, the idea to Alex that you could get meat from multiple different animals to create a single sandwich and it was like something you could just walk across the street to get is just like impossible to her. Like she just doesn't even understand how someone could pull that off. And like Russell has all kinds of bits of dialogue like that that just are hilarious, just hilarious throughout. And yeah, he's great. Um, Slam Dunk for me is Ichiban from Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, yes, I second that. Yeah, it's it's hard, so hard because I see a lot of this list, and I think like there are quite a few of them that I think. Are I know it's going to be a slam dunky list, but Ichiban just to have a character whose defining characteristics are, you know, honor, tradition, legacy, kind of conformity, but the fact that he's also so fun combined with that is like this impossible balance of just having this character that is so outlandish and fun and silly, but also just all about loyalty and honor he should be such a straight laced character based on his code of ethics but he's not and i love how throughout the entire game he's just also cracking down on anybody that punches down in that world he just will not tolerate yeah. it he just shuts their shit down yeah it, i think it's it is very easy for them to have done basically to make another cure you yeah who is this like very powerful like solemn figure that is like always right about everything you know morally but like it's kind of just very straight laced and every and the game is about what happens around him whereas here i think like ichiban is like the centerpiece of the yakuza story in a lot of ways and i like just to say what to speak to what hansen was saying is that he has like this really kind of like go with it empathy of like i will take you at your word that 
you are like when when confronted with like okay the world is actually this way uh early on he's like okay i'll take your word for it like you like i'm going to trust that you have this lived experience that i don't have and i'm going to like positively build on it and help you with this problem that you're having without feeling like no like the way that I like they don't ever linger on the like well back in my day we used to do it like this and I don't see why that like it, it is very easy for them to highlight that contrast but instead he he's so good about rolling with those punches and saying like yeah this is the way the world is and it kind of sucks and I think we should fix it and that is like the thrust of his character throughout that entire game yeah I mean I was just tying into the fact that he's a huge Dragon Quest fan and he sees everything through this RPG lens which is just a huge fun part yeah. of the game in general but um, kind of lends to that optimistic attitude where he b- basically is singing the creed of our show Better Quest throughout the entire game of, oh, life's like an RPG and we can all level up if we just take care of each other. Yeah. And they do that while not, not making him feel like he, he isn't like all powerful. He is, but they still make him heroic and like, okay, this is a guy that I want to be even as he's like struggling to figure things out. And I think yeah. the fact that he isn't like super powerful and always can do whatever I think is a really good like lesson that that game imparts of like, even if you're struggling, you can still do good. Anna, do you see any slam dunks on here? Um, I mean, mine is Ichiban to be honest. Ooh, all right. Um, Double slam yeah. dunk. Alley-oop. Yeah. <laughs> Other basketball terms. <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, plenty of uh, ball happening in the court. No, but just, you know, <laughs> obviously I like, I agree with like everything that you're saying and just that, like, you know, I was reading about sort of, you know, like Ichiban had big shoes to fill, but like really like Ichiban, I like Ichiban as a character. Cause it's not just about like, you know, I, I, I like him as a character, but it seems like he also successfully like carried this entire series in a new direction, like a series that has like a lot of historical weight, a lot of fans, like really long running series. You know, uh, he didn't he didn't uh, let, you know, Yakuza fans down, so to speak. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And and he did it without being like, oh, well, we just made another Kiryu. Right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, mm-hmm. I think the fact that they said, OK, we're going to go this very different direction. He is not he's very admittedly not the character that you've been playing as before. He's very different. And I think the the fact that fans didn't react by like saying, oh, this isn't the Yakuza that I like, that people seem to have embraced him. I think mm-hmm. it's a really hard thing to do in gaming. Yeah. Anybody else want to volley out a slam dunk they feel passionate about here? I'm with I Kyle mean, and Abby. Yeah. Yeah, Abby. Let's, uh, big way. Yeah. how carefully can we tread? I think we can tread pretty carefully and just talk about her as a character, yeah? I think, I mean, yeah, just to talk in vague terms, I mean, I just think she's fully realized and I fully grasp her perspective and I don't know that I have been moved by a character as much as I have in like watching her in the game you know like I cried multiple times over the course of that game like seeing what Abby was dealing with and going through yeah 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 it's it's that it's defying expectations it's her growing as a character throughout it and actually succeeding in changing my opinion of that character throughout as i'm going on that journey with her and yeah it's interesting to have somebody so physically dominant but emotionally subtle i feel like she's the most subtle character in that game where it really took a long time of thinking about just what is going on here what is going on in that inner world of hers and i love that a new character can be introduced in such a subtle way and that night dog has enough faith in the players to really well hopefully embrace a new character yeah and an amazing performance too yeah like, yeah no doubt no doubt i think that's good jeffem you want to talk about that crazy rascal barrett <laughs> no that's fine. no <laughs> <laughs> he's got a gun for an arm I like you going to bat Wedge is up there but you know um, it's a tough category tough category 
Um, is it these three? I'm feeling like it's these three. This will be a yeah. tough one to call. I know. It is Russell from Half-Life Alex, Abby from The Last of Us Part 2, Ichiban from Yakuza Like a Dragon. If I may. You may? Call it and move on to the next category. Um, no. You know, we're we're filling we're filling the communal pot. And only three of us played Half-Life Alex. Whereas five of us played Last of Us Part Two? Well, <laughs> to be fair, I don't know that I would have played The Last of Us if it wasn't for the deepest dive. Really? But and I didn't especially really? like Abby. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't. All right. Sorrel's point doesn't count. Leo's is a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before we get to these three, should we give Zagreus and Nyx their due? It seems like a shame not to, not to honor yeah. them. I, I, I think, like, I'll preface this by saying that I think it's it was so hard to pick any one character uh, from mm-hmm. Hades because, mm-hmm. one, they're all, really, like, really, like, there is no, like, below average character in that game. Uh, and I think uh, the reason it is so hard is because it's the relationships and how they kind of talk to each other that I think makes that game what it is. So, but even under that, um, with that preface, I think, like, Nyx is an especially good character because she has, like... She's one of the most knowing characters in that in that franchise, so it, it's hard not to like see her as like very powerful because she she is like the she is she predates the gods in in a sense, um, and she so she has all this knowledge and she's like a really good lore character, but all like they do a really good job of giving her like this very strong like uh, personality and kind of making her you know like a north star for Zagreus throughout that that entire game and like her 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 she has like a sub quest that you can complete that I think does a lot to make her her own character and not just like, um, you know, like, uh, she's your mother. And so like, yeah. that's her role. They do like, she's like one of the better mothers in video games in a lot of ways. Yeah. So yeah like, it's, okay. it's hard. Cause Serial, I agree with you. Like Hades definitely almost deserves like a best cast, <laughs> um, award, yeah. um, yeah. because that's definitely how it shines. And it's just like larger sort of world building that happens between, you know, the characters. Um, so I don't know. I, yeah, it's it's tough. It's probably the strongest cast of the year. Although I like Yakuza Like a Dragon, but um, but just maybe one doesn't rise to the level of these others. Yeah, because there's a lot of yeah. characters that I could pick yeah. and choose, and, and you know, yeah. right, uh, right. And, and do that with. But like, and I, I like Zagreus a lot as well because he has this really strong arc of, and I almost I like almost also nominated in Hades because he also mm. has these really strong mm-hmm. arcs. But it's it's how these characters bounce off of each other that I think. Mm-hmm. Um, make it hard to pick any one character is like this is the character that everyone likes because that's the strength of that cast is that that character doesn't exist there's no character that is everybody's favorite mm-hmm. 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 Um, before we get into the debate of the threes anybody else have a character they want to unpack Leo do you want to unpack Bagley a little bit oh yeah there's not much to unpack there really oh. it's just a, a, a game that goes for a funny narrator is always playing with fire but I you know never got sick of him yeah and was uh, and continuously surprised by him. Yeah, and Jackie Wells, we talked a lot in the deepest dive for Cyberpunk 2077, which if you want to hear us talk a lot about the first act of the game, you can check that out. But I think we're all kind of bracing for the worst with Jackie Wells. And it's like, oh, I think his, his sweetness really shone through in a way I wasn't expecting in that game. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like Jackie, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm still like kind of trying to figure out where he sits with me. I think yeah. like I mentioned in that deepest dive is that I'm kind of conflicted on some aspects of his character for sure. But I was also surprised by, like, I expected going into that game, considering what I'd seen of the marketing, to totally hate him. And the fact that I don't I mm-hmm. think is, is, you know, like one of, the, one of, like, the bigger surprises in a positive sense, you know? Yeah. yeah. Dude loves chili. All right, that list one more time. 
Russell from Half-Life Alex, Bagley, Watchdogs Legion, Zagreus, Hades, Nyx Hades, Abby from Last of Us Part 2, Ichiban from Yakuza, Dina from Last of Us Part 2, Jackie Wells, June, uh, Jackie Wells from Cyberpunk, Junebug from Kentucky Red Zero, Shannon from Kentucky Red Zero, Barrett, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Alice, Spirit Fair, Roche, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Roche, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Roche, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Steve from Smash, <laughs> Vex, Sex Boys, like Sex Boys, Big Adventure, <laughs> Cassio, I found, <laughs> Jeffini, Crusader King, Sonya Salt's Neck, Bobby from Paper Mario Origami Gang. Um... Boy. We gotta fill this pot. Only two making the cut. Um, it feels like it is down to those three. I uh, mm-hmm. just to throw it out there. I can sleep at night if it's Ichiban number one, Russell number two. I can sleep at night. I will also sleep at night. Oh, well, <laughs> I oh. like I like Abby more than Russell. I think Russell is hilarious. Ooh, hey. I, think he's got good writing. I think Abby feels more like a real person than most media period mm-hmm. you know not even just mm-hmm. video games yeah. you're, you're great kyle i love you have, have i can we nominate kyle for this list right now <laughs> i mean we're all we're often on the same page you and i jeff i'm so if this, you want to swap kyle with abby that's fine i'll vote for that <laughs> um how does everybody else feel that, about that? I like that that's his origin is Kyle's house. Like he was born in the house that he bought. <laughs> We're all technically born in a building. I hope. Yeah. Except for you, sir. You're born I, in a yeah, freaking barn. I, but I do trust you guys on Ichiban. I, I haven't played uh, like a dragon, but like I, I I know how much you guys love him. Like It I just feels, you. yeah. I trust you. It also He's feels like star. of all the categories, yeah, this is the category to honor Yakuza like a dragon. I think the writing yeah, is I, yeah. so good. Yeah. H- Hanson, have you finished Yakuza? No, I haven't. You should definitely finish. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cause I think that'll affirm your opinion of Ooh. how good he is. Okay. Yeah. That um, just pushes me even more towards Ichiban PBH. Mm-hmm. So it's between Abby and Ichiban. So I'm, I'm, I agree. Next category. Leo, do you have a? <laughs> That's where I'm at. Do you have a point about Abby? <laughs> eh, you know, she's certainly a more ambitious character than Russell. Like the the Ooh. arc they wanted her to go through and everything. Like. Pretty unprecedented, certainly, but it's just a matter of I don't uh, think about her. I don't (laughs) I don't miss her versus Half-Life Alex. Like the main reason I would play through that game again is to interact with Russell again. Yeah, that's really all it is for me. And obviously, you know, these aren't real metrics we can measure. So I'm really not going to. It's like it's like fun. Stand up for it. It's like a a because like it's fun versus like just. A, a person who has pathos <laughs> in like a weird way yeah <laughs> cartoon versus fun Which is like what is that even what scales or, heavier yeah. i don't i have no clue i will i know. will say that for a lot of it abby does a does i think what that game needs to do which is to be a character you actually are rooting for which by the end of that game it didn't feel like i had anyone to root for uh and i think abby was that like that that is that game's really strong kind of thing where it's like it it gets you to root for the characters you don't expect to. And I think like the fact that you're kind of along with Abby uh, for a lot of that game, I think speaks to how, how much th- that game needed her yeah. uh, to work. Serial, are you leaning Abby over Russell? Uh, well, I'm, I'm mostly justifying the inclusion uh, or like I'm coming to terms with it, but I, I think I like <laughs> Russell more than Abby, but I, I can see why you guys are, are, lobbying for lobbying for abby is this list ichiban number one abby number two dude i, I that like sounds it. like a good list oh there are my. three of us who played half-life alex and two of us prefer russell over abby 
Hey, Leo, no clenched teeth mm -hmm. here. This is an open platform. You're welcome. But You're welcome. I'm crunching the numbers here. Oh. It brings me no joy to report this, but I'm I'm punching this in. That's what I'm getting. I'm... What Anna? How do you feel about Abby? Did you play much last month? I didn't. Month, I I actually didn't. I feel like I okay. could have something to offer here. Um, She's really but... cool. You'd love her. I mean, Hanson. I know you. Do you not? You don't feel strongly about Abby? I take it. I I like Abby. Yeah, I, I was going to nominate Abby if nobody else did. Um, I'm not. Okay. I don't have a burning passion for Abby as a character, but I think she's really strong achievement throughout the year. <laughs> to be frank, <laughs> I, uh, I would put Abby on this list to stick it to all the shit that she and Naughty Dog got <laughs> this year. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't the stick it list. I mean, that pushes me over, honestly. Is a champion cracking? Yeah. All right. Serial, I'm looking at your face. Yeah. And I'm liking I, what I'm seeing. I'm I'm okay with it. Hey, I that's, love that's a it. win. That's a win, baby. <laughs> Best Abby's win. right Leo. bicep specifically. Okay, there it is. <laughs> Abby, who could kick my ass? I think. It would. <laughs> yeah. Best character. I think, I, could, oh. I think we could kick Russell's ass, but I don't think I, I don't think we could mm. take Abby. That's true. Best character: Ichiban, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Abby. Last of Part Two. A runner-up. Congratulations to all of our wonderful characters uh, in the list. It's a good year for characters. It really is. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of strong writing this year. Uh, two categories left. Next one, best moment. Also, for everybody watching and listening, just a heads up, uh, we are pausing this recording. And so we will make a magic transition and we'll be uh, on the flip side of the day. Um, I think we all have to clap to make that happen, to make the sun change. All right. Ready? Ah. Good morning, everybody. We've oh, done good it. Morning. Now we're smart in this new era of recording the MinMax Awards. We're going to nail it. Um, what did you all dream about? Game. Best video now. game moments in 2020. I did have a moment as I was drifting uh, to sleep last night. Home? I had a real like home alone moment. Yeah, I had the best moment I've ever had in my life last night where I sat up like a combination of don't wake daddy and... Uh, Kevin's mom from Home Alone, and I said, "Oh crap, Miles Morales for best character." But honorary mention of Miles Morales in that list, but I don't think he's winning anyway. But just you know, it's technically shouted out. God. Yeah, <sighs> that one's tough because like, it's not fair. He certainly deserves to be mentioned, but it's like one that didn't come to the forefront of my mind because he's like, well, he was in Spider Man. Yeah, I mean? like, yeah. We met him then, and it and and character doesn't have to be a new character, but it kind of feels like it should be it's so uh, it's it's silly yeah i agree uh best moment here we go folks and i realize we should um we should talk about these as we throw them up and again uh we'll have time codes for any spoilery uh potentially spoilery content here but uh let's talk about it as as we throw it up here um does anybody have one to mm -hmm. throw up there out of the gate let me keep saying throw up uh, the recent one that stuck out for me was uh, in Pistol Whip 2089, that like 30, 40 minute campaign they added to Pistol Whip. That's a moment? There's a best moment at the end. Okay, 2089? It's, it's really yeah. It's really good throughout at like mixing up Pistol Whip gameplay in a really fun way. But in the end, they add a boss battle, which works surprisingly well. And the specific moment I'm talking about is 
You've been dodging the boss's turrets the entire level, which I'll do it for our video viewers. You kind of move your body in a circle because it follows you with this like full auto spray of bullets. So you've got to keep moving to dodge all of them. And you end up doing this a lot. And then <laughs> there's a part later in the battle where you have to duck under a barrier as you sometimes do in pistol whips. So you're like crouched on the floor. And then suddenly the specific moment that made me just like burst out laughing was the turret just slides in in front of you while you're crouched low on the ground. <laughs> and you have to do that on the ground. And you're basically just like rolling on the floor. Uh, it's such a stupid so movement cool. to trick you into doing. But it was it really made me laugh in a way that like stuck out as a very clever moment. Oh, nice. Um, dumb question. Yeah, uh, is this a sequel to Pistol Whip, the VR game? Or what is Pistol Whip? It's a free add-on to Pistol Whip. 2089. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. that adds a story. I, I haven't played it much. I played the first level, and then I really hurt my hand while playing the second level to the <laughs> point where like I've been scared to go back into VR. Don't want to be uh, hurt but again. But friend of the show, Jacob, yeah. also called out the end of that mm. as being like one of his favorite things of the year. Interesting. Um, wow. Yeah. Didn't expect it. Okay. Um, and uh, hey, sticking to the VR train, yeah. um, the end of Half-Life Alex is yeah. stunning. Like You're right both in terms of what happens within the VR space and how like reality sort of gets flipped on its side. And it also has a little bit of that Half-Life 2 ending energy where you become very overpowered for the finale. And also just the way it brings the Half-Life story forward about an inch. Uh-huh. But it's an <laughs> inch that we've been waiting for for years Right. And uh, in terms of just being like fully engaged and just like, what is going to happen? What is going to happen? I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Like, I was just like on the on my toes and the edge of my seat for like, I don't know, the last hour or so of that game in just like a really exciting way. And if yeah. we're talking about the very ending, like, it would not have hit nearly as hard, not in VR for me. It effectively like nailed that mood so much more and made me so unnerved in a way that a uh, game on my screen literally like couldn't and never has. Yeah. I literally found myself uh, for the for the watchers going kind of like this. For the audio <laughs> listeners, uh, it, as, it, it's as Kermit would have wanted. Yeah, um, yeah. I I I like moments to be more specific, but we're just going with the final hour, or is it just? you know what it means it's, for the half-life universe or is it the ending is there a better way to phrase this because i i definitely would go more specific but it yeah. would be a spoiler yeah. right so i don't know how to navigate that okay yeah the ending revelations is that a sure yeah great sure. great 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 jeffem what do you got sir uh well it's probably going to be more of an honorable mention <laughs> um it. but i Unlocking the final shortcut in Spelunky 2 is is one of those moments. It's very similar to kind of the feeling in the original Spelunky, but basically in order to unlock each shortcut, which lets you go straight into one of the, you know, later worlds, which is very satisfying in itself, like the you you have to meet this character by getting to her at the end of at the end of a run, basically, or mid-run as you're going mm -hmm. through it. And she always has some requirement of, like, I need five shovels in order to complete this. And they keep getting harder and harder to the point where, like, the last one just 
you you have to get a key that's in like the first the first stage of the first world and you have to carry it through the entire you know five worlds or whatever so it's like 20 stages or something like that and get it to her and give it to her at the very end and it's one of those challenges where it's like it feels like an insult when you first hear it it's like there's no fucking way i'm ever going to be able to do this Mm -hmm. but then as you you like you keep doing it and it it and you you keep doing runs and that and at some point it feels like okay maybe i can do this and by the by the time that you actually pull it off it's like you are shake your hands are shaking because you're so nervous you've gone so far and it's it's it, it's kind of the story of spelunky where it's like it it challenges you in a way that feels impossible but as you slowly learn all of the enemies and all of the systems at play you overcome it and then in that that's still one of the most satisfying feelings uh, in any games that yeah. I played. And you see that uh, Splunky 1 and 2 are both coming to Switch? Perfect. It really oh, is great. perfect. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah. Splunky 1 wasn't on Switch yet? That just feels like such a Switch game. That's wild. Um, okay. Uh, Anna, do you want to throw in here? Yeah. You know, now that I think about it, I have some that were might have been interchangeable for best thing. Ooh. Um, but I thought something that was fun was, uh, as far as best moments go, is seeing Travis Scott in the Fortnite concert. Um, that was this year. It's <laughs> a good one. Yeah, um, it is interesting. Yeah, kind of like out of left field. Um, definitely, like I'm not like a. I'm not. Sorry, everyone. I'm not, actually not a Travis Scott fan. Uh, but you know. <laughs> Um, Anna, been, I'll one up you. I had never heard of Travis Scott until the no. Point. You could have told me that he was an original. Yeah, I thought he was an original yeah. Fortnite character. Um, <laughs> Travis Scott isn't a Fortnite OC. Um, and just that that was something that was like very uh, new at the time. Yeah, and interesting and fun and just like weird maybe like that's the thing it could be <laughs> i i like this event because it could almost be best thing uh dumbest thing yeah or best moment <laughs> right um, or greatest work of art in 2020 yeah uh, mm-hmm. that, that's a good one that's a good addition i completely forgot that that was this year but of course yeah yeah um uh i will submit to the panel for their approval um, this one feels specific, but staying cryptic, uh, in a museum sequence in Final Fantasy VII Remake, there is a flashback, uh, that is something that I never thought I'd see in the Final Fantasy VII universe, and it made me so excited. That was probably peak excitement in that game, is seeing this vision of the past in a museum in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Okay, it took me a little while to to realize what you were talking about, but that is not knowing that that had never been revealed in that game before. I think that makes that moment pretty. Cool. It's never shown, yeah, that important part of the Final Fantasy VII story in that way, um, and it was just like, oh, this is more to call even fan service. I think is discrediting it. It's like it's such a cool thing to see that I never thought I'd see in the remake of Seven. Hopefully, that was cryptic enough where I don't have to timestamp it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Great <laughs> enough. I have no idea. <laughs> there's kind of like a vr (laughs) simulation ar simulation i guess if you remember where you see this vision everyone's seeing stuff and it's like what is this and it gets trippy and weird right okay okay uh i 
I'm going to submit the first time you beat Hades in Hades. Yeah. Uh, so, because I think that's the turning point for a lot of people of what that game is. Um, without, you know, spoiling anything. It yeah. Definitely, I think it kind of turns the genre on its head in a weird way because I think, like, most roguelikes are about just, okay, let's get to the end. And then I'm like, you know, trying over and over to get to the end and then I'm and then I can put it away. And I think this game really kind of pushes you further and says, like, like, no, like make the repetition, you know, part of like the, the whole ordeal. It's not to get to the end. It's about the repetition itself and the, the way it kind of gets you to do that and, and kind of fall in line with what it's trying to get you to do. I think is is like a really good moment of what that game is yeah but also a satisfying moment on its own i was waiting for a huge cliffhanger but it's like okay finish it it's like that's satisfying and now i can keep going if i want to yeah and there's also like narrative threads that kind of start unfurling there that are you know some of the some of the the best uh Mm. in that game that that come from having you know once you start beating and seeing what that means to to beat hades once yeah uh, i think is is really cool right on I will submit uh, Crash Bandicoot 4. This is uh, just the final level, the final inch of the final level. Uh, More gameplay focus, but just for being a complete SOB, like the hardest platforming I've done in years. Uh, Just for a good memorable moment was, I guess, finishing off that final inch of that final level. Yeah, it's a beast. It's, it's a beast. It's, Have you gotten there yet, Serial? Yeah. No, I don't. I, I've been kind of taking it slow on that one, but I'm like, I want to say I'm at the part where you're fighting uh, like green energy monster. Let's say. The green energy monster. Oh. Like the lion, the lions and stuff, and you get the the dark matter. Oh, thing. okay. Okay, sure. Towards the end of that world. I don't know how far that is. Okay. Yeah, you still got a ways to go. Okay. Yeah. And it really is interesting because it's like the last level is tough, but there really is when you ultimately beat it, it only amounts to, I don't know, Hanson, what, 45 seconds worth of gameplay? Maybe. (laughs) But it's just like this little stretch that's like, oh. Yeah, I guess it's, I mean, gameplay spoilers for Crash Bandicoot 4, everybody. Um, But the idea is, you know, you get these different masks, ones that can (laughs) uh, slow down time, give you an extra spin, uh, invert gravity, all these different types of masks throughout the game. And then in this final level, and specifically in this final sequence, it's like, okay, now we're going to throw all these masks at you, and you're going to be shifting from one mask to the other as you're trying to get through this nightmare sequence it's like okay you have to get this mask invert gravity three times and then switch to uh the antimatter spin mask use that to spin just the right amount then switch to this other mask it's just like combining all these ingredients just in this brutal precision way which yeah. is cool and, uh, and up to that point you've mostly just been using one mask at a time yes you know yeah. like it's like it's very clear when you're switching anyway yeah it's cool yeah sure. oh and the of course the sweet mask that's titanfall 2 mask i guess uh, where you can switch between planes of existence. So that combined with everything is just insane. Uh, other entries thrown there? Um, this is a weird one. I don't know, Serial, if maybe you'd back me up on this because like, ultimately it didn't amount to what I wanted it to, but the initial moment of it was very exciting. Uh, the Blood Moon Rising in Age of Calamity <laughs> was, was yeah. like almost... Almost an amazing moment and ended up just kind of being like, oh, that, that was cool. And also, like, I don't know, it was just exciting. Basically, again, like, 
uh, let's let's call it out here some spoilers for Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity but it integrates the blood moon from Breath of the Wild like into the sort of narrative of a specific level in a in an exciting way that it doesn't ultimately um deliver on in the way that I think Suriel and I thought it might but yeah. uh that initial moment that cutscene where it rises and Zelda's like oh crap it's the blood moon like I definitely felt nervous and scared about what was happening yeah it was it was this weird like reckoning that ends up happening of like okay they're gonna like they haven't been doing this for the for the game and that's a little disappointing but are they actually gonna turn the game on its head and uh actually kind of reckon with the whole premise of the game um i don't know how much we want to talk about here but there's a max spoilers if you really want to hear us dive into it i'm curious that is an interesting idea though is this like best moment how much can it be undercut by moments after it like if you're feeling the heights of the height but then immediately it's like ah crap but i guess that didn't really matter then i I will say that in that moment i was i was pretty into it like i was kind of blown away by by them doing that at that specific moment yeah Um, and i do still remember kind of feeling that way even even if it is later like pretty severely undercut right right (laughs) Uh, no spoilers. <laughs> yes, Leo. Uh, my Half Life Alex moment that uh, is above the ending for me. It, it, I will call Jeff in the fridge. Mm. Oh, it, oh, the spooky yes. sequence. And yeah. well, it is a very specific moment in the spooky sequence that I could break down if you want to just say like skip thirty seconds. Uh, yeah, well, time codes below. Go into it. Okay, so Jeff is this character who can only hear. It's this horrible head crab monster and you're physically throwing bottles around to lure at different places and you finally lock it in this industrial fridge so you don't have to worry about them anymore and then a little bit later as you're solving this puzzle where you look through walls and connect these cables you know as you're doing throughout that game you follow the path and you eventually find out it goes into the fridge and you just have this horrible moment of like oh no i have to let him out of the fridge <laughs> that's and awesome back in. <laughs> And that specific it, seeing that trail go in there was the that's a good see Leo that's a moment baby that's zooming in I love it well it's funny Leo I actually thought you were going a different direction with uh, Jeff because mine Jeff related moment was like very much a moment that I was like this could only be done in VR which is where you have to push Jeff into an elevator and hide about three feet from him and get and and reach your hand out without alerting him to push an elevator button and then like quietly pull your hand back and be in the elevator with him. Like that (laughs) moment with that character was like, was more impactful for me and was also like, like again, I, this, this, this wouldn't be, this wouldn't work or be as, uh, scary outside of VR because like I'm, I'm physically next to this creature that is horrifying, but I have to press that button without getting too close to him. So maybe we just, maybe the best moment is just, meeting and interacting with Jeff in Half-Life Alex. You're taking Leo's beautiful microscopic <laughs> moment and ballooning it up again. Okay, so just no, Jeff's I think sequence. It is, it is almost, it is about as long, I think, in, in terms of like how how you have to lure him in there and then realize like, okay, you have to do this. And like specifically sure. in VR, what I like about it is that if this were, if it were like a like a flat screen game, basically, it would feel like a cutscene. Because doing something like slowly putting your hand on the button and then pulling it back in, yeah. I think, is not something that you can really do in a regular game. But, like, the agency that being in VR gives you makes that moment way more, like, intense 
than it would be otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And also, this isn't worth anything, but like after I reviewed it, you know, so my friends knew I had played it. As they played through it, every one of them messaged me about Jeff. Oh, good. When they got there, that's what they wanted to talk about. That's awesome. Um, There is a mission in Assassin's Creed Valhalla where you're working with a lady named Soma and she has three people working for her. Let me know if anybody else got to this point. And she suspects that one of them has betrayed her. And the mission is to figure out who has betrayed her. Uh, and so you go on these missions, you do research, try and piece stuff together. Uh, and then it's like, all right, call it. Who was it? And I'm not the most thorough Assassin's Creed player and having that moment of like, uh, boy, <laughs> I guess I like that person in the middle the least. And she's like, all right, no problem. Goes up, just slits his throat in front of you. And this, she's been working with these people like, you know, for years. These are her best buzz. And she's like, all right, I trust you. Here we go. Uh, and then I found out later that apparently I was quite wrong. Uh, and she just <laughs> murdered her friend for no reason. Uh, you know, partly tied to how I was playing that game, but in terms of just like feeling terrible about it, that was up there. But it's one of those things also where I, I felt it so much more than the game was really presenting it. It's not like there was really a moment of her being like, my God, what have I done or anything? It was just so superficial, but you know, also a nice thing that it was on the player, I guess. Yeah, I, I I played that mission, Hanson, and like I, I I liked it a lot, and and also it was like one of those things where normally, especially in Assassin's Creed, I would be like, all right, let me just finish this mission. Uh, yeah, uh, that guy. But like for me, I was like, well, I, I it sort of stopped me in my tracks, and I was like, well, I have to go do more research, like mm. not not just to get you know all the all the points or get the cool upgrade. I was like, I need to figure out who the right person is here, and I spent like way more time on that mission than I needed to as a result of that because I just needed to figure out what was happening. And you got yeah. the right person? I don't know yet. I oh, somebody, interesting. I haven't, I haven't continued to play to the point. Like, I thought maybe you never find out, which I thought oh. would have been cool. But, oh, you'll find out. Uh, I, it'd be awesome okay. if it was always somebody else than you thought. Like, the game was just programmed <laughs> to make you feel terrible about <laughs> what you've done. Uh, I'll also... Oh, Serial, do you have one? Yeah, I... I'm, this maybe feels indulgent, but I also want to uh, maybe as an honorable mention volunteer the the how do I want to put this? Let let's say the tenth time you beat Hades. Hades. The tenth time. Uh, it'd be funny to have Max and Min be different times you beat Hades. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The the best times you beat Hades. Uh, I mean, is it kind of the true? It's like the true ending, right? Yeah, and I think they do a thing like right before the game ends let's say uh that i think is a really good encapsulation of how that game fuses gameplay and story okay uh that i that that really does help you like understand both the both both of the characters you're uh that are in that scene and it feels like it makes you feel like the character you're playing like as zagreus in a way that is like really powerful and really speaks to how that game is able to you know, take take its characters and make you feel like them through gameplay. Yeah, I love it. I just love it. Um, I will nominate, whether they want to be nominated or not, a little game called The Last of Us Part Two. And for me, um, my favorite moment is light spoilers, everybody. Light, light, light spoilers. Um, there is a boss fight towards the end not the final fight uh but the boss fight where everything kind of comes together if you know what i mean (laughs) 
Yep. Gets in the theater. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, I uh, I think it was the most, maybe outside of the Final Fantasy VII remake, but I think it was the most like emotional reaction I had to a scene throughout the year. Like I I am a, a I'm quite dead inside. Uh, but this moment is like mouth literally open, going oh my god. Just like how it kept ratcheting up, especially during like cutscenes right after that, where it's like, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. Uh, that was that was the peak of that game for me. Yeah, I, yeah. I always I always mm-hmm. like when uh, you know, like TV shows as well and video games when they're when they're throwing such major things at you faster than you can process. It. Yes, it's like, exactly. Oh, whoa, whoa, no, no, no. Like I need to pause this just to think about it for a second before you continue on with what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I was I was gonna say just to keep it vague, the middle of The Last of Us Part Two, <laughs> like because there's, I mean, to say like honestly, to say sure. anything more specific is a major spoiler. Yeah, best but, like, fifteen I, hours of the year. No, just yeah, I think I think I hear you, Kyle. But but I I, I actually like between those two, I think the boss fight you're referencing, I think, is a more impactful, and also like takes the thing that happened in the middle and like right. really fully executes on it you know yeah it's like if the blood moon really worked <laughs> and there's also god this is so frustrating to keep it cryptic but hopefully folks appreciate it. no no big spoilers here but also like with that boss fight there at the end uh just like hearing the sound design from the character you're fighting do you know what i mean it's just like oh my god i can't believe that they're going into this level of detail for fighting this character god it sucks to be Avoid spoilers, but you. I think. I mean, are, are we, do we plan on spoiling it? Because I, I, it feels weird to like. I know, I know, but it. hopefully, folks know, and hopefully, yeah, we don't need to fully dive into it here. Um, yeah, so much of that game was spoiled. If we cannot spoil something, yeah, yeah, okay. I agree. <laughs> Other thoughts? Uh, Boneworks is probably not going to come up in the two tens, really. So I wanted to shout it out here, specifically learning to grapple. And what that is, is a, Boneworks? It's a VR game that is whole pitch was like next level physical interaction. Yeah. So being able to grab enemies, bonk them, toss them around, you know, shoot them in the leg or whatever. But it, it feels great to play. It's just the game itself didn't really grab me that much, but there was a moment where I was watching my friend play it in discord. Uh, and he was fighting this boss enemy and really struggling with it Had a ton of health, just a human sized enemy. And then he eventually realized that he could grab him by, the nape of his neck and his back and lift him off the ground (laughs) and he would just grab him and spin around 720 degrees and throw him into the wall (laughs) the fact that you could do that on a boss we were dying that's cool and that and i think that moment sums up that game's like success with the physical interactions yeah um i have one more yeah um so there the ending of Kentucky Road Zero. Mm. Um, there is, um, yeah, without going into too much detail, I guess, um, there is a ceremony where you do something that um, it's just the game is really comprised of like very poignant images. And so I thought that this was, you know, another strong example of that. And also like one of those moments where um, I was very moved and it's, given the context of the situation, what's happening, it is surprising to me that 
that moment was so moving. Um, yeah, and so it's also just very bizarre and striking. And so ceremony is how you'd put it. Well, I, I guess like it's it's so, it's a funeral. Um, okay, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and I I don't even think it's like that much of a spoiler. Is it? Yeah. We, okay. We it's not like a because spoiler, it, it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like. Oh, like I, I guess someone like dies or whatever, but it, it's like it's not necessarily about who the funeral is for in, in a, a sense. It's like what the funeral signifies. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, I, like I think I my maybe late night moment of like, okay, what am I getting, like of panic is like which moment from Kentucky Red Zero am I going to get? Yeah. Uh, and I think yeah. for me, I think the that ending, I think, is maybe like the in terms of it is like the euphoric moment of like, OK, everything's going to be OK now. Uh, and I to me, the alternate version of that is like the Echo River Central Central Exchange in Act Four, which mm-hmm. to me feels like the, the kind of low point, you know, mm-hmm. emotionally of like not, you know, without mm-hmm. getting into spoilers. It's when yeah. you realize that, you know, the thing that has been creeping up on you the entire game uh, comes to bear and you realize okay this this is just going to happen now i can't i can't escape it and like one of my favorite things they do with that is they the moment happens and it never really goes commented upon it's kind of, it, yeah. the game is very like uses a lot of really powerful imagery but just kind of mm-hmm. leaves it up for you to interpret so this thing happens and you kind of come to terms with what's happened uh that is like really um like like i said it, it is this thing that has been creeping up on you happening and then the game just kind of continues for a little bit. And then you go into another scene in a diner in like a kind of like a, a riverbed diner. Cause the whole act four is like, you're kind of going along this river and there are like different like islands or whatever that you kind of come across and everyone has their own little story. So th- so this happens on one Island, you go down the, the river further into another Island and this other scene that kind of doesn't seem to have a, a lot to do, but that scene happens. But as you're kind of like, okay, let's get back on the ship. Um, this song uh, comes up that is a cover of uh, This World Is Not My Home. And you realize that that, or at least the way that I interpret it, because it is kind of vague about what it means explicitly, is that this is the character, like the character you're playing as coming to terms with what's happened. And it's kind of like, oh, uh, this thing happened to me, but it's just now hitting me the impact of of what's happened later on in the episode. And it's, Mm. I think I was able to pretty easily make that connection um as that character and i think it is it is a really good kind of um encapsulation of what like those heavy moments of of not like sort of grief feel like of like oh uh, like i i hadn't processed this but yeah like i it's hitting me now in this like really in this huge wave of emotion yeah um uh on a completely different note uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, the Sujimon sequence. I feel like it's such a old hat at this point to be like, guys, there's yeah. a really wacky sequence in Yakuza. You wouldn't believe. <laughs> but that's the one that said it to me, I guess, for like the first time in that game where I was like, okay, this is what the game is going for. Uh, Sir, I don't know if yeah. you think of another the, one. There is, but it's incredibly spoilery. Okay. It, it is. It, it is one of the last boss fights. Ooh, okay. Uh, but, like, I, I do want to put a pin in it and say, like, maybe come back and do spoilery stuff, but I also don't necessarily want to spoil it for you specifically. Yeah. It's it's tough. I feel like I think, this is already spoiling things. <laughs> yeah. I. Well, there's, there's, 
I think there's mul multiple moments that I could be referring to, but there's okay. a specific one. Um, but would I mean, are you feeling strong enough that you think we should get this right? Man, I feel like it could be in the two, but uh, I'm kind of. Yeah, I think if we could spoil it, I would, but I, I don't know. <laughs> so what do you want to do? Like, I don't know. I'd be very I, curious for people's feedback if it. it's more frustrating, us avoiding spoiling. Yeah. Yeah. The whole time. If people just, because I, I think this is the. I would prefer would that the, you not spoil it for me. Well, I don't know that we could just have you leave the room or something, because then at some point. We'll right. Be right. Too, but, but I mean, yeah, I is it, is it worth. Either. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, this, can we just put final fight or just. It's not the, it's not the last okay, one. Okay. Uh, boss fight that towards boss ending. Final. Yeah. And then if we really need to go to bat for it. There we go. Uh, I got another gameplay, mostly just an honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, but uh, in Empire of Sin, which I've been playing more since our Goaty Hunt with oh, Leo interesting. and I, uh, taking down a a rival boss is is actually super satisfying. They they have you do it in the tutorial, so I, but at that point it doesn't really mean anything. But basically when you're playing a full campaign – you know, there are these other bosses that are kind of like other countries in a civilization game where they're they're doing everything that you're doing, making these rackets and all these different types of businesses. And then you're kind of butting heads with them the other, you know, all the time. But at some point you can just decide, OK, I'm going to go to war with this guy in very mafia the way that the mafia does. Uh, and then you just show up with a bunch of your guys at their height, you know, like at their safe house and you enter their safe house. And then it becomes basically like an XCOM map with with whatever guards they have there. And then the actual boss is just another character there. And then you have a skirmish. But at that point, like if you've been playing a couple hours, it's way harder and they have a ton of security guys in there. And it's it's kind of this long dragged out fight but if you actually beat them and you kill them and you 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 have an execution move where you just go up and shoot them in the face then you get all their entire operation just gets absorbed into yours Ooh, and that's it's good. like this this big massive boost and it it kind of fill you know fits in with the mafia storytelling kind of it's like okay you just totally leveled up in a huge way by taking out this rival character that you have been butting heads with for a long time that's good in person there we go getting on the list uh one that might be a little more universal uh for the folks that played it uh is a little game called Final Seven. um but uh the hell house boss fight <laughs> seemed like it had an impact on yeah, you folks yeah. it's also just you know i think it also exemplifies just this is how serious this remake is taking. Well, by serious, I right. mean just like how much of a love letter it is to the how original game. Yes, and well, actually, it's specifically, actually not really at all. So maybe that's not accurate. But I, but I do like the Hell House. Fight. But it's I think weird, just yes, having the most fun possible with what people loved and remembered from the original, blowing it up, and also showing that like this game still has a great sense of humor uh, compared to all other expansions of the Final Fantasy VII universe. Yeah. Uh, uh, I had two two quick ones. Um, winning in Fall Guys. Mm, I assume. Okay. I all right. All right. <laughs> oh, in, I, I like the idea of I assume being in the in the entry. <laughs> and, I, um, oh, please that, go ahead. 
Oh no, just that um I watched someone win in Fall Guys and can confirm that it's an incredible <laughs> I did win. Uh, uh and it's oh. if if you know there there are like the two different kinds that like two different final stages. The, there's the hex one, which I imagine just isn't as good. But the the other one is like it's just a straight up race, but there's a crown, the like the gl- mm. glowing crown at the end, and it kind of moves up and down. And so as you're doing that final run up, and there's like other people on the other ramp, you just see this crown ascending that you have to jump and then actually do the grab mechanic to grab onto it as like other people are jumping and failing to get up there. So <laughs> it is very satisfying if Fantastic. you actually do it. Uh, and the other quick one uh, was um, the final boss of Astro's Playroom is like a fun yeah. sort of throwback kind of. It's not a specific PlayStation reference, but it feels like a nice like. Uh, I think like, uh, I think you're mistaken, Kyle. PlayStation reference. It is a What's specific. That? It is a specific PlayStation reference. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Yeah, I don't even know. Learn your history. What is it? Spyro. <laughs> yeah, Kyle. That oh, was Spyro the, the Dragon. Dragon was? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. It's it's it's. Like, even without the context, which I apparently didn't have, I, yeah. I thought it was really cool. Just the way it looks is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to the um, Atrax 1 fight in the Destiny 2 raid, the Beyond Light uh, fight, um, because it, it is it is a moment that through just in the encounter, it's always kind of like this weird hectic thing. I, I I know, like, Leo has some idea of what this means of, like, okay, everyone's kind of, like, fulfilling their roles and it's just like, okay, we're trying to figure out what this what this is. And everyone's just kind of scrambling. And in the midst of that, as you realize, okay, there are, like, not without spoiling too much, there are these elevators in this fight. What it, what are those? And it is a really cool moment of, like, oh, you thought this rate was this was about this part of the game? It's actually about this. Uh, mm. And it, it is this weird, like, subversion that they don't really linger on. It's not like a, oh, by the way, this, like, this is the raid now. But it's like through the mechanics of the encounter itself, you realize, oh, this is a very different thing than what I thought it was and how that leads into the ending of the raid and how that affects the entire world after that, I think, is, is a really cool moment that really uh, flips that entire raid on its head, which is really cool. Track A1, is that what you said? A tracks one. Of course. I'll, I'll write it out here. A tracks one, please. Uh, is that our list, everybody? Uh, one more, yeah. I guess, like mm. honorable mention. Um, this is more like something I watched in the stream um, very briefly, but I feel like it should it should be on this list. Is taking off for the first time in Microsoft Flight Simulator? Oh, interesting. Because um, I just saw a lot of people who that I guess impacted a lot who really are a fan of that game. Yeah, um, yeah. Taken off. Go with the I assume. <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> we didn't play enough to really understand how to yeah. do that. Put that right under the game we all agree is probably good, but didn't play. <laughs> Best moment we all agree is probably good, but didn't experience. <laughs> oh, but it's nigh impossible. Uh, all right. Is this the list, everybody? We have Pistol Whip 2089, the ending boss battle, Half-Life Alex, the ending revelation, <laughs> Spelunky 2, unlocking Final Shortcut, Fortnite, Travis Scott concert, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Museum Flashback, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hell House Reveal, Hades, The First Escape, Crash Bandicoot 4, The Final Stretch of the Final Level, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, Blood Moon Rising, Half-Life Alex, Jeff Sequence, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Choosing the Betrayer, Hades, the 10th time you beat Hades, The Last of Us Part 2, Theater Boss Fight, Last of Us Part 2, The Middle, Boneworks, Learning to Grapple, Kentucky Route Zero, Funeral at the Ending, Kentucky Route Zero, Act 4, Comeuppance, 
Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Sujimon introduction, Yakuza Like a Dragon, boss fight towards ending. Uh, we should just, yeah, the ending should just be the best moment of the year for every game. Uh, Empire of Sin taking down a rival boss, Fall Guys, hypothetical winning, Astro's Playroom, final boss, Destiny 2, Beyond Light, Atrax 1, Microsoft Flight Simulator taking off, I assume. Also, just in the world, in the world of, uh, complimenting endings, I think the final boss fight in Spider-Man Miles Morales is really cool. I think it looks yeah, great and plays great. Yeah, I know. It's always Miles, always sneaking up at the very end, but I'll, <laughs> I'll at least write it down just to get it in writing that that boss fight is cool. Ending. Um, slam dunks, what jumps out for folks? I like the theater fight in Last of Us 2. God bless you, Kyle. Every also, one of you. I, I actually... One of the Half-Life ones, I don't know if us three want to agree on one. I think mm. the Jeff stuff is more unique and kind of fun to call out. And like, it is, Leo's yeah. right. It is that thing in the game. If someone else is playing, like your first question is like, oh, have you met Jeff yet? You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it is, I think, a story versus gameplay thing. Of, right. Uh, yeah. So I think I might actually go, I might actually lean Jeff just because it is kind of, it is the the best case that game makes for why you should make the, VR specific games. And if we want to be a specific moment, the elevator probably is a better representation of why that whole sequence is great versus the fridge thing just being a like a specific clever piece of design. Yeah. Okay. Jeff in the elevator. Like the, the ending is like awesome for Half-Life fans. Meeting Jeff, Jeff in the elevator is like anyone who has a passing interest in video games like that that is a genuine potentially future of video games kind of moment, you know. Mhm. So those are my two. I love it. I love it. I think. Um, All right. Looks like we nailed first, it. The oh, first sorry. escape. First escape uh, in Hades. Yeah. I yeah. I haven't gotten to the uh, other escape, so I can't speak. To I it. haven't either um, yet. I think. Well, it, I think if people want to hear more about it, they can check out the Max Spoilers we did on it. Yeah. I very specifically, call out that moment in that uh, thing. But I would say probably the first escape is when when that game comes together in a way that. I think it's, it's really uh, cool. So I think that would be the one that I would choose. Are we missing anything for slam dunks? This seems pretty good here. I I mean, I'm, I'm I want to... borderline on that boss. I What's that? I'm borderline on that boss. The Yakuza like a dragon? Yeah. Or... Let's bold it. <laughs> okay. It'd be hard to win with Honestly, you being the only one who knows what it is. Surreal. Yeah, yeah. Maybe someone spoiled it for me because I heard something. And I was, don't, 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 I'm don't, 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 say, don't. No, I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ref. I'm not gonna talk about it at all. Um, but someone brought it up with me because they're like, "Oh yeah, it's just like this Earthbound boss." Like, and so and and they're like, <laughs> huh. so, and they asked maybe accidentally spoiled it for me because they were like this boss fight is bonkers. Mm, uh, but yeah. maybe it's not. Maybe there's something... It, it is a combination of, like, really, like, good... It, it is, like, one of the best design fights and also just speaks to that game's themes really, really well. Okay. Like, it, yeah. I love it. But... but yeah, two, it two. is hard because... Uh, I, without spoil... Or like, if I can't spoil it. it. Yeah. Right. You're not... Yeah. It's tough for one person to fill that tank. As high as there, the water level needs to go, I think. Well, it, it works if they can explain it and make a pitch for it. There's like, I, I think there's like a, a higher than fifty percent chance, Hanson, that when you get to it, if you yeah, do, 
will yeah. come back and be like, I wish you'd fought for it harder. That that is sort of where I'm at. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know who else is planning to play that game. Yeah, but I think maybe I just put a pin in it and say I was right. Dang it, that would this would have been my two. Uh, hey, you order. know we yeah. we could always just posthumously change our award. Jeff, um, I'm just you no, no. do not understand how this do is it. working. Locking that sucker we, in is important. We're the kings now. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to print it this time. <laughs> Leo, but I think those are maybe the four, unless Leo has one. I was going to say, Leo, um, you seem the most passionate about this. Should we timestamp it, and I can take off the headphones? And sir, I can mean, explain if, this boss fight. If other people don't want to hear it either, Anna, then and I don't. I don't want to know it either. It's a, this is obviously a different case. I just always think back to that Game Informer when we didn't talk about Telltale Batman season two because people were like, "I'm going to play. Th- I'm totally going to play that." And then knowing <laughs> that, of course, not a single person played that afterwards. <laughs> yeah, but in this case, we're also spoiling it. You know, for people that maybe were on the fence about playing and listening or watching, and they're also going to dive into it at some point. So they're also maybe. We'll play we did, it at some point. We did also specifically say that we were going to mark out spoilers. Yep, that's for, true. For them. That's true. But it's yeah, it is kind of like a, a personal thing as well with with the number of people who don't want to be spoiled. But right, yeah. At at, at this point, you and uh, Leo could just go off the air, and you could tell him. <laughs> yeah, infect Leo. The with rest your of us don't want to hear it. Polluted knowledge. DM him on Discord. Right. Uh, it, it's going to be a little bit of a wind-up, though. Like, All I, right. it's, there are reasons for why I think it, it, it is not just like a good fight, you know? Yeah. Well, how about you fight for it as hard as you want to fight for it here, Surreal? You let us know if we're doing it an injustice. We'll just put a lot of faith in your gut for these here. Okay. Wait, what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I'm saying... You know, don't spoil it, but make sure that in your from your vantage point, it lands in the right spot. Make your argument with grunts. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I guess we can see how we feel about the rest of these. Okay. Like, all right. All right. Do, do people have other ones they'd like to bold, or is this kind of our list of four that I'm looking at? I can live with these four for. I like these four slam dunks. Yeah. I would. Um, Jump out this window if theater boss fight is not somewhere in this list. Yeah, Hanson, I'm with the, it, man. I thank think you. That's the, the max one. Oh, interesting. But I do like as and as a capitulation to the last time we screwed over half like Half Life, Alex. I like Jeff in the elevator for the minimum one. It reminds me of my great times with you in the elevator game. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Every moment with Jeff in an elevator is a great moment yeah i would like throw bottles around and get his attention and stuff that's cool Mm -hmm. you reach out to touch the button in front of me (laughs) i mean it's one of those things like i don't know if we can even like say it enough but it's like no you cannot emulate that outside of vr i've never Mm -hmm. experienced anything like that in vr it's like in a genuinely terrifying way like it's it's really unique and will always stick with me for sure and the theater boss fight just like just slays me it just was like i can't believe this is happening i i i'm kind of conflicted on the theater boss fight yeah because i don't think that fight as a fight is very good because i was gonna say i i like parts of it i think specifically it's the part that jeff i'm talking about after that fight 
I think when things just ratchet yeah. up and up and up and up in the in the cutscene. I also think just having even if the boss fights like sub, which is like a kind of a long term argument for the Last of Us Part Two, where it's like yeah, gameplay is pretty good, mm-hmm. but it's just like just having the agency to be in control of what is happening in that mm-hmm. moment and forcing the player to do that, whether you want to or not, is like incredible. I would describe that sequence specifically as not having the agency to do anything in that moment. You very much are moving from things you have to do to things you have to do. And if you try to do things like even get close to the boss you're fighting, you instantly lose. Like it was cool in the moment. And then the first time I died, I was like, oh, weird. And, and that's, that's why it's more about the cutscene sequence after, I think, than the this specific is, mechanics yeah, of is, the boss well, fight. Yeah. This is making me want to bring up the Yakuza thing because I think the, the Yakuza thing is in a similar place where I think it I is. Can't, does, well, here, let me ask you this Does the Yakuza thing, like, rely on the legacy of the series that came before it. Nah, don't answer like, that. I don't want to... Because, like, like yeah, that's, that's everything. Of, like, Last of Us 1, I mean, not not specific events, but, like, the character, the sort of relationships you develop over the course of Last of Us 1 and Last of Us 2 all build up to that fight to me. So... It is, it, it is not necessarily that it's, like, like, about necessarily... I think it... Uh, I think it is in a similar place where it is like a buildup of like what what's been going on both in that game, like throughout throughout that entire game of what that game is about of just like here's here's Ichiban who has become like this very like different kind of hero and kind of this game the way this game kind of doubles down on that aspect of it. Okay. Okay. Uh, but it, it to me like it is a thing because I think that I I I would argue for the Yakuza one as being is doing what the theater fight does. Uh, but in, in a way that I think to me felt like a stronger uh, version of that to me. And also the boss fight is pretty good. But if I may. I find that hard to believe. But if I may, <laughs> if all we're judging here is the collective passion of the group for these moments. Yeah, I, this is where I feel most hindered by being the only person who's played that. Right, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Leo, even if he explained it, I don't think everyone would be like, "All right, there we go, lock." I think something you guys play. Possibility as opposed to right now. I I think there is a possibility, but yeah, I I think that I don't. I I think that the 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 love for that theater boss fight I think is maybe a little too strong, or for me for me to be able to make a convincing argument. Yeah. That's it, it. I think I think we could. I think I'm okay with the two. I would maybe bump Half Life. Alex a little bit because I think uh, we have been looking for that moment of like okay well what argument can VR games make for why we should put on a headset yeah I think to me like Jeff and Eva elevator is by far the strongest one that I've like in VR that I've encountered yeah Kyle what do you think as another person who's played both uh uh personally last of us above it I think it's like uh it, it it's a culmination of like a, an interaction with one of the best, most realized video game characters ever. Period. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's why. That's why I sort of uh, maybe rudely to Serial said like I find it hard to believe because it's like this is like one of uh, I, most, I think ultimately most fully realized characters in video games. Period. It's something like like the to, to, the 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 way you interact with that character is like. I I don't I don't know I don't know how you I, I think you, that is if anything happens within a singular game c- compared to like what's happened over the course of two games 
I don't know. Well, okay. My hand is tied behind my back because yes, of spoilers. No, it's, it's tough. But I, I, yeah. I would disagree with you. I think like like the way that they do it in Yakuza is is to me like not necessarily about like oh this character is very realistic because like that's not what Yakuza is ever going for. Is like oh this is a, such a like a, a like a realistic character because that game is all about how it mixes bombast with like really touching moments. And I think this 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 game does like that fight does what that game has been trying to do like super well it is not like it is not like a totally solemn you know kind of moment but i think it it is like a really really powerful reinforcement of that game's themes kyle why did you have to bring up yakuza we we moved beyond it but that that said nothing else you are really making me bump up that game in my queue of like backlog stuff yeah like, it's okay, tough okay, I need, because I it need is to play this it know? is the thing that is on the other side of like like the biggest grind that game gives you which which sucks but uh the boss fight i feel like is almost worth it i think it would might be even worth it like to just maybe look it up on youtube at some point if you if you end up realizing that i don't want to do this grind or whatever mm-hmm. sure um i'm uh, feeling yeah, i'm at last of us and then half-life personally yeah i'm feeling you know did not playing half-life alex obviously i'm an interest theater combination but I think the fact that the argument for theater culmination is a little bit the gameplay, but mostly that cutscene, whereas Half-Life Alex is focusing on gameplay. And, well, and how it creates a, a good, story moment. It's a moment. good thing that we're talking about best moment in game and not best gameplay moment. Yeah, there we go, Jeff. I'm teeing you up, <laughs> knocking them out. No, the category is best moment, though. It can be gameplay or story. Yes, I, it can be, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't ding something. This is always yeah. kind of like a story. And this is the story moment category. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the ones I suggested were gameplay as well, because I do like when when those ones work out. But I, w- I wouldn't necessarily ding this one specifically because it's mostly focused on the story stuff. I, th- I think to me, it, it is less about thinking The Last of Us and more like the way Half-Life Alex kind of create. It, it feels like it creates a new sensation through vr right it feel it, it makes you feel something you haven't and it becomes like a story and a gameplay moment in one thing where like you you don't know what the parameters of like okay how far do i need to extend my hand will he actually do anything if i if i do that like the fact mm-hmm. that the, 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 in vr you have that ambiguity about that moment i think is like again the, a really strong case for why vr matters the actual shortness of breath it gave me yeah. Having that hulking figure feeling like he was right there. But truly, I think about at night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be uh, Mr. Robot, but call me. Who plays Mr. Robot in that show? Is there a robot on that show? Rami Malik. But call me I, Rami I, I, Malik, I everybody. It looks like, uh, what, three of us love both of these sequences Kyle is a juicy overlap in that middle, and he leans Last of Us. Well, I've 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 also played both, and I'm yeah? I'm I'm kind of the op- I'm kind of like the 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 opposite Kyle, you know, like yeah, I'm yeah. kind of where I've played both, and I lean Alex. And I guess Je- Leo's in that same camp for sure. And no one's poo pooing the Half Life Alex sequence. Whereas we got at the end of the at the end of the day, though, it, it if pushing an elevator button is beats <laughs> out like. One of the craziest this major story yeah. culmination of these characters that we spent dozens and dozens of hours with. Like, I think as a runner up for the, for that kind of like, Hey, a VR experience that you can't, that you haven't had somewhere else. I think that feels like we're not, you know, 
crapping on that? Yes. It, and I think, you know, not to say, oh, this means more, but I think the most interesting things about Last of Us Part Two are weaved into this culmination in the theater. You know, the things that we love about how that game is structured, I think, is all intertwined here. That's, yeah, that's tough for me. I felt a lot for one of these and nothing for the other. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't feel nothing, but it, it was to me undercut by like, not that it, not that it kind of disqualifies it, but I think that, that the, it's like a really cool narrative moment, but I think you do have to play through the game. And so like that boss fight not being super interesting to me, definitely kind of like undercut it a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of its impact. Um, but I, I, yeah, it, it's tough because like, yeah, the, the, the Jeff in the elevator moment is not like this huge revelation but half-life alex also has that later but yep, it's like yep. i think that moment is such a good encapsulation of what makes that game great you know it, it is that game's most powerful moment in a way yeah it is very gameplay moment versus story moment and it's hard to mm-hmm. rank those um unless we look to the savior <laughs> who i like to call silent Anna. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I haven't played either one. I know, of these but games, how do you so feel? I don't have any teeth in this fight. I will say, like coming from the outside, like what sounds more interesting to me is the Jeff in the elevator. Damn it! That sounds really <laughs> intriguing to me. That sounds like you know, but that's just my own personal preferences. Like I, yeah, um, you know, and so, like, I also will say, like, what is there any weight in the fact that like this moment in the last of us part two also seems contingent on playing the first game as well? Not just, I last mean, of us part two. by playing the first game, but it's not contingent on playing the first. And game. to be honest, I, it's much more about love for the structure of the last of us part two than it is about me loving that first game, because I know it's sacrilegious, but I like that first game, but I did not love it. Uh, whereas I, I just think, yeah, the, the, Interesting the, part the sort of, about this the moment. Of the first game of it all is that like it, you just know those characters better, right? So it just right. it, it it's a little heavier. But if you just played The Last of Us Part Two, I I think you would still have a, a visceral reaction to that that sequence. Well, it and I I know it kind of it dilutes it into like not a specific sharp point of a moment, but there's also like four other characters in that balance that right. that are like thrown into this terrible mix of things that are going on that kind of is part of the reason it's so impactful. Like you you have met and learned about all of these characters. You've mm-hmm. come to like most of them and then a ton of shit goes down in this very short amount of time. Um, that's one of those things that yeah, like, and I think there are there are several moments within that sequence that have you know like had my stomach twisting. Yeah, think about all the characters we nominated for best character, and this is the most pivotal moment with them. I wish we had an odd number of cohorts. You're right. <laughs> you know, we're in a dead lock right now. Yeah. Hang on. I'm going to call up Antonin Scalia. I think he's going to help us out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Voicemail again. <laughs> I don't know why I think this is Antonin's number anyway. I keep calling him for saying he doesn't never reply. It's, it's very. Yeah. I think it, it, it ultimately comes down to story versus gameplay. And uh, <clears throat> Jeff was cool. You know, Jeff is really cool. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And Last of Us Part Two, I was like, that was one of the moments in the game where I was shedding a tear. Yeah. You know, 
And let it let the record show it was not the first moment Leo nominated. Or Kyle nominated, I mean. Never mind, I guess that point yeah. doesn't really stand. But, but it, it, I guess that shows that I'm more of a story guy when it comes to moments than a gameplay guy. Yeah. Because it was like the story elements of Half-Life Alex were more impactful for me. So, I mean, my favorite thing about Half-Life Alex is the writing. Like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a weird thing to say. Like, I, but that's a whole other conversation about the struggles of tech. I'm moving to highlight Last of Us Part 2 theater culmination as the best moment of 2020. Why? <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like the room's yeah, leaning that way. Were we just naming it? We were at yeah. a stalemate. Right? And then yeah. finally you're like, oh, yeah. I'm no, feeling the wind change. At some point, but the problem is the room is not leaning one way. I'm feeling yeah. it, you guys. <laughs> you can make the call, Hanson, as the king of Ah, that sucks. I don't want to do that. You just did it. Yeah. I didn't highlight it. I was I was moving that direction. Subscribe to the ten dollar tier. You can now vote. Yeah, backstage pass. Let us know. Um, What's backstage pass say? They say coffee, coffee. um, Good morning. (laughs) Um, Let's. Hey, let's let's do. Well, no, that's dumb. I was going to say, let's numerically break this down, scale, like scale everything one to ten, see what adds up more. Like, did, basically, does three of us having not played that moment of Half-Life Alex mean more than two people naysaying the moment from Last of Us? No. Hmm. I, having an educated evaluation versus a not educated one i think it's 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 a weird thing like it is such a weird thing to to scale things based on that because yeah yeah for all we know like if you guys ever get around to playing it that you you guys might love it as well like Mm -hmm. versus us we know that we're not as hot on it as you guys are yeah but i yeah tell you what here's the hey I was going to say, Kyle, just fight Serial and Leo, because that seems like the core of the best overlap here. Maybe I feel like we've already, Kyle already yeah, done I mean, did that. Man, because Leo, you're an outspoken, like, you know, you, I, I actually, this, God, we're just getting, we're just wading into it. But like, I'm also a, a proponent of like, I don't like choice in video games. I get so much more out of well-directed stories like the last of us and god of war do so much more for me emotionally than any game where i have to make a choice or get to make a choice or random things happen to create a story and leo is the polar opposite Mm -hmm. you know yeah and like that's and it's like one's not better than the other it's just like personal preference you know like it's just what i get more i get more out of that kind of experience leo gets more out of the alternate kind of experience serial i think you're probably somewhere in the middle i think you appreciate both depending on the situation yeah i don't know if okay, lay of the lay of the land, as far as I can tell, Kyle, you could live with either one winning. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah I clear, could sure. technically live with either one winning. Seems like Jeffum cannot live with Half Life Alex I'm winning. Just... Yep. <laughs> and it seems like Serial and Leo cannot live with The Last of Us Part Two winning. And Anna is actually sipping a strawberry daiquiri right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> fleeing the capital to not I'm, have to vote I'm on this specific issue. <laughs> so go back to her home state to be with her. I mean, for this one, Leo and Serial, you really can't live with The Last of Us winning. 
Is that is that what we're saying? I would like to not live with that. Oh, yeah, oh. I would like to not have to. Oh. <laughs> That's not the passion I was expecting. Well, we're an hour into it now. Well, I, I also don't want to just like, you know, belabor the point of like, no, Jeff, um, I, I would rather die than like, I, I don't want to make the, 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 the argument in that passion every time. You guys like, are making you know, a suicide pact if Last of Us Part 2 wins? That's right. Uh, patrons at the $20 tier can get in on this suicide pact. <laughs> oh, no. Yikes. Yikes. Okay, what, what if we throw both of them away and we say Yakuza's? The soul. I, I'll, I'll go for that. Oh, see, so he doesn't really care about ah, Half-Life. You took that the bait. <laughs> took the bait. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, is that like with that aside, I still think the Jeff. Like my two would be the Yakuza. That doesn't matter at all. We it, said soul it, it winner does, cereal, and you threw Jeff under the bus. That is an interesting point. Interesting but, point. But if you're like, if you're giving me that, like, I don't know, like that feels like a weird reason to to disqualify one of the things. It is. Here's my thing again. Being from this from the outside is that. I think that the Yakuza like a dragon boss fight, even though we agree that it's not going to be on there, I feel that it matters. Because what I'm hearing from Surreal is that the Last of Us Part 2 moment can't be picked because there is a game that does that better. Um, And so, like, even though, like, we haven't played that it does Mm -hmm. make me hesitant in giving it like that best moment but i don't want to i I I don't want to win the ire of jeff (laughs) well i i really just can't believe that and and i i I feel like we've kind of hansen has hamstrung us a little here by Mm. by saying that it's the boss fight because the boss fight is not you're right that's why i changed it to theater culmination i changed the wording okay yes it's it, like we like we've said, it is the story versus gameplay moment that is the. But I, I think to me, like, battle of time. I, guess. I, I don't think, our co-hosts. I don't think there's nothing to the story in that Jeff in the elevator mode because it, it is part of like what VR does is is to create that tension, and I think that that's not that's not part of the story, but it's part of the narrative in that it like again it got you to feel something that you hadn't felt that you can't feel from a from a flat screen game and it is such a it's, like it, it is it is not necessarily story but it's also not purely gameplay i i do also feel like i've been hearing that about vr like isn't that isn't that the whole thing about vr is is they've it just keeps up on like giving you these moments of like i you could never do this with a tv and it made me feel something different but also yeah, like, cool. is, is this moment that much more impactful than those moments that you've had with VR in the past where you've said, oh, my God, I couldn't do this in, you know, I've never experienced this with video games before. I thought so. I think the thing that really is, comes to the heart of it for me is like, I think that does push games forward. It's presence in the rich campaign that it is versus, yeah. you know, the, the Last of Us great moment but it's part two of the last of us i also think that it is be like beyond it being like a good moment in in vr i think that the they do a really good job of setting jeff up as a character and like and as not necessarily like oh he's really has a really deep backstory but like 
you start learning like, okay, he does this when I do this. He does this when I do that. But like mm-hmm. the, they prepare you by saying like, I don't know what he's going to do here. And so it, it is not just like, a, oh, we managed to implement this kind of like interesting bit of machinery like or intricacy with the button. But it's more about like the past, like the entire Jeff segment builds you up to not knowing whether or not pushing the button will get you killed. And I think that it, that it, it and that it, to me feels like the, that there is a narrative component to why you're afraid of pushing that button. But it's not, it, it's obviously not as like elaborate or it's like, you know, emotionally weightful. Versus, yeah. Still a gameplay versus story argument. But I, I like. yeah, but I, I think I feel that, like you could pluck that, that was more about game and the story would be exactly the same. Sure. You know, like. But I think it, it is to me about like that. That was more for the argument of like it's not just another VR moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If I may, is this just a classic case of three versus two, as I like to put it? <laughs> well, it it feels like yeah. I don't I don't know because it, it, then it feels like it, it, you're just kind of awarding the the one to the more popular game because more people will like. Uh, Kyle played know. both. Kyle played both. Well, he could have tipped this the saying, other direction. Is, a, is that like? Right, like all three of us have played both, but it's like you two have played the game, so it's like you're, I don't know, in in a weird way, like you're just rewarding the game that has more like the larger marketing and has is more accessible to people. I, like, but man, is, like they took a huge risk and they even they suffered for it, and like I think it was like bold and I think it was so impactful, and I think it like it because of that like. People hate that game as a result. If you want to talk about popularity, like there's a lot of people who don't like The Last of Us Part Two because of like who? <laughs> Name one. Uh, the the internet. Oh yeah, them. <laughs> Mister Internet. <laughs> so um, I, don't, I don't like. I, all I'm trying to say is like I don't know if it's a popularity contest really because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who I think are on the well, defense it, it, who would point the, to that moment as yeah. being like f that game. I don't like that. That's what it decided to do. You know. Well, in this room, we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anna, you're you're gonna break this? Well, I don't know if this is like too controversial of a question, but like is the writing in The Last of Us Part Two like that good <laughs> that you're willing to like lay down your life for it? Yeah, <laughs> like, I think, is I it think really it's good. That I think good? it's some yeah. of the best writing in media, period. I think it's like wow. better yeah. than I wouldn't go that far, but absolutely amazing television and, shows. And you also, know? you know, like acting and fidelity of being able to translate, you know, actor, you know, like make these characters feel like real people. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is also what that, you know, that sequence is all about. The yeah. story part of it. Yeah. Well, time to flip a coin. <laughs> the best argument I can, I have right now is the numbers game of looking at these wonderful panels. Three of us played both and two of us prefer Alex though. If you want to play numbers, you little stinker. Why are you playing numbers? <laughs> it's not breaking down by numbers. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but three of us also love the Last of Us moment. For sure. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying only three of us are, can evaluate both these moments. But, it, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's what the group... I mean, yes, it sucks that we didn't play this VR game, but as a group, that the majority liked the one that we played yeah we're measuring that passion that passion meters higher for this group for this scene collectively which is all we're doing here yes 
again, it's like a, a weird mix because it's like you, you guys have like three passion, but then you also kind of have like our not a strong passion kind of diluting it a bit. Is yeah, no doubt. You took a straw and you suck some of that passion out of the tank, but <laughs> but how much are you sucking out of that tank is the question. <laughs> how much can your stomach really hold? Is this analogy working? <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to start let's spinning let's up? Let's keep exploring it. Yeah, let's get more visceral as we go. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, the only I, reason I would concede is to move on, not because I yeah. believe in it at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that. Lord knows. Uh, well, we, we can't, we, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but... we can't force him to agree with us, Hanson. I know. I I keep coming back to, if I'm highlighting Half-Life Alex as the best moment of the year, I think Jeffem is the most passionate against that. Whereas every time I've tried to do that for theater culmination, Leo and Serial have lost their freaking minds and become raving lunatics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't like that either because that <clears throat> I don't, I don't think that Leo or Serial care any less passionately about it. But if you, if you have, if you highlight Half-Life Alex, three of us hate that decision. Mm-hmm. Versus two of us hate the decision of The Last of Us. And we're just measuring the room. Which is why I'm highlighting The Last of Us Part 2 theater culmination for best moment of 2020. Yeah, I guess if you just want to move on at this point. Like, no, I, no, I, no, I, no. Well, because I feel like at this no point, solution, we're kind of. No yeah, there, there's, there's no. no People are going to be unhappy. In circles, and so, yeah. like. Yeah. Here, the good news. You know, unlike private discussions about Game of the Year stuff, the arguments have been heard. You know, that's what I kept coming back to last night. I was like, why does this feel so much better? And it's like, oh, it's just that idea that it's not being buried and all the effort and argument was for nothing. It is, we gave yes. Half-Life Alex its due. Uh, yeah, hopefully for people who who believe in that moment, we fought for it adequately yeah. enough. And also, and even too much. <laughs> you, if you are thinking about uh, finishing Like a Dragon, you absolutely should. Yes. I'm looking forward to doing that. Again. I'm excited for us all to um, mention this your words podcast, like a month, two months from now and be like, yeah, the Yakuza boss fight. Yeah, it's clearly the example. That's, that's honestly for me, that's the ideal scenario. Right. Yeah. And, and on, honestly, like the three of us who haven't played that Half-Life moment, I, we all think it sounds really cool because of mm-hmm. the argument that we just had. And I, I would like to experience that, yeah. you know. And shout out to Boneworks. Learning to grapple is pretty cool. <laughs> I do want to oh, toss that, that guy the... across the room, though. I, that, that, I think he's making me want to play that game. I want to toss also, there was the a moment in Boneworks in the second chapter. That was the best moment of the year, and you've got to take Wait, a word for it. Are oh. we hearing a groundswell for Boneworks? Boneworks. Hold Bone... on. Backstage oh, Pass is lighting works. up for Boneworks. That Boneworks. Boneworks. Whoa. <laughs> okay this is easy this is a dessert this is wonderful this is the greatest work of art in 2020 piece of cake category yeah i think this is we don't have a bunch more places to nominate things from this is from everything on planet earth in 2020 what is the greatest work of art in 2020 a good one to follow up that this is good to follow up our previous discussion yeah and i admit some bias here oh boy but there's a little YouTube video that I have watched multiple times this year yeah. called When You Slip on a Banana Peel. 
I feel like there's a conflict of interest. That I would present yes. as uh, my favorite art of the year. I've even, Leo, for your sake, Googled around to see if there are Minnesota short film uh, contests that maybe we could submit it to. <laughs> so hang uh, on. Maybe I could do it for your sake, but I absolutely adore that video. And I, it's amazing. Full context, this <laughs> is a Leo, uh, a video that Leo posted on his YouTube channel, uh, which is youtube.com slash Leo Vader. Yes, Leo Vader? That's right. Um, that is um, an introspective look back on his own life. Uh, so also in parody. Spoof? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Incredible. Uh, let the record show. I also had written down Leo's banana video. <laughs> <laughs> Sincerely. Um, I, I have also. It's amazing. I watched it several times. I showed it uh, to my girlfriend. Um, she said, I don't care for that man. If I may, if I may critique, having watched it a couple times, uh, why does the music cut out like three fourths of the way through? You couldn't find a way to loop that song. What's going on there? The tone changes. Oh, so it relies on feeling. Okay, oh, tone changes. Right. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. I like that you assume that it was a tech hurdle. <laughs> I just, I, I was confused. Export area. Yeah, yeah Leo, I think my huge problem with it is the color gradation. I think it's just erratic <laughs> and everywhere. It's such, it's so inconsistent. I really took me out of what it. What a soulless <laughs> robot critiquing <laughs> art. I didn't feel immersed enough. Um, uh, thank you very much for bringing that up. That's very sweet. Yeah. That means a lot. It's, which very, of, it's incredible. Leo. Which it's of your amazing. videos do you want to nominate, Leo? You enough. Thank you. Hmm? I said, which of your videos do you want to nominate? <laughs> I mean, that's obviously the one where it's like, if the world ends tomorrow, I'll be glad I made that one. You know? Wow. Um, here's a weird one. If you guys want to get weird. Uh, the... Spoiler mode, easy allies episode about Final Fantasy VII remake with special guest Maximilian. One of my favorite podcasts this year, just for somebody going on and unpacking the ending to the Final Fantasy VII remake in a way that was so beautiful, but not just exhaustive nerd rambling. It was very well laid out and had a good sense of humor. We're like, I know this is crazy, but stick with me. Here's where it goes further. Here's where it goes further. Here's where it goes further. Uh, it was incredible. I, I, I will put it down on the list. I'm sorry. I've got Congratulations, I mean, to Rapid fire? I've got kind of like a list that. I just uh, yeah. Well, it's list, nice but... to go one at a time. If anybody else has one that they want to throw in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is like it feels like not hyper specific the way a lot of these have been, but uh, My Hero Academia season four, I think, is love it. One of my favorite things that I've yeah. uh, partaken in this year. Ooh. Uh, uh, just, yeah, like, I mean, it, I, I think, you know, Kyle and, and maybe Anna, I don't know if you've watched. Yeah, yeah, I've watched well, it. Yeah. I think that that season specifically feels like such a really, uh, like a strong uh, rendition of what that, that show is all about in terms of like the struggle of, you know, getting good at something and, uh, you know, not necessarily even being a hero or anything, but just like. Yeah, like there will be major setbacks to you, and but you have you can't like let them get you down. It is such a weird thing to, to talk about with like a, a shonen anime, but it is like the way they kind of, you know, uh, like needle like the idea of everything has a drawback. Everything is kind of mm -hmm. like 
Mm-hmm. Not it's not going to be super easy to to like they it's like a, a show worth without that montage of like oh yeah suddenly like the, the hero has like okay now I'm gonna now I need to buff up to beat this guy like that never really happens because they linger on every difficult step of the way there mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. in a really cool way well yeah. in that spirit I I this is my time I would like <laughs> to submit the uh, volleyball anime haikyuu um I would actually push for this pretty hard for many reasons. One, um, I think uh, the most recent season, like, isn't the best season of it, but it does rally towards the end. And what I will say is that, um, for one, there's sort of two real elements that really sell this show for me. The first is um, sort of like the emotional depth and complexity and sort of um, nuanced depictions of masculinity in the show really stood out to me as like doing something different in the space this year. Um, but then second, um, the sort of depiction, like the way bodies are animated and the way that it's kind of unique in the fact that, um, you know, like a lot of action anime are sort of based on having like the greatest superpowers in the world, like My Hero Academia, right? But what makes this show different is that you feel kind of like tired with the bodies. Like there's like you sort of feel the limitations of their muscles and sort of like this whole idea of like, okay, we're um, going along this journey and they're just like kids and they're figuring things out. Like, I think it's extremely well done. Um, It's a really good show. Uh, In that vein, while we're talking about sports, uh, can I just nominate Michael Jordan? Uh, I was going to do the last dance. Last dance? I I also had the last dance on here. Ooh! Yeah. yeah. Right. Is it is it worth putting last dance, or is it more specifically just looking at the work of art of I Michael Jordan as a concept? Dance. I think the last dance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Did not release this year. What are you talking about? He's a real guy. <laughs> I want to give it to ESPN. <laughs> uh, but yeah, last dance, the documentary on uh, Michael Jordan Netflix. and the Chicago Bulls. I mean, made me nostalgic for something that I didn't think I was that nostalgic about. Also, just in terms of thought-provoking content that I absorbed this year, it's damn near the top of the list just for thinking about the concept of winning, motivation, you know, guilt, just everything tied together. And it's just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it completely, it was unexpected. Yeah. And shedding, you know, like still revealing a lot of new information about a person and, you know, a team that people thought they knew so well. There's, There's still like just a treasure trove of details. And making sports interesting like even if you don't care about sports at all Mm -hmm. yeah you know like basketball it's it's still like you know 10 hours or whatever of just really interesting cultural kind of phenomena and and just appreciating by the end like he is a freaking maniac like you learn what it takes to be at that level like you're just not a human being it's not glowing you know it's it's not like this glowing oh this guy's the greatest I mean, maybe greatest athlete, but not greatest human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it, it is kind of this weird, like, uh, kind of low key argument for like to to be as good as you are at that level, you kind of have to be an a hole. Like, yeah, uh, and just like the way that yeah, the Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan be- because he was pushing his teammates so hard to the point where they kind of hated him, mm-hmm. but like in the back of their heads, they were like, yeah, but we're winning, like. And so, yeah, and the way he basically turns this, like, these, like, one-hand moments of, like, oh, this guy didn't, like, shake my hand. Oh, cool, I'm going to destroy you now. And, like, the way his pettiness 
about like specific things made him one of the best players of all time. And just like, it is this weird, very weird thing of like, yeah, when you're on this level, maybe, but otherwise you don't deserve, like you don't qualify to be this much of a jerk to everybody around you. Mm -hmm. I would like to nominate the episode of Joe Para talks with you. Joe Para takes you to the grocery store. Para? Para. P-E-R-A. And this episode aired right at the start of the year. Joe Para takes you to the grocery store. Grocery store has always been, you know, a chore for me. I eventually went Instacart when I had the money for it to just deliver groceries all the time. Mm -hmm. But that episode really gave me an odd appreciation for it. If you're not familiar with that show, it's like really quaint, calming comedy, I guess is the way to put it. It's like the, the, it's like the most wholesome comedy uh, that you're probably likely to find in a long time. Right. And coming out of that episode. Well, I, the I, Apple TV Plus original? I missed that one. <laughs> very good, very old. Um, but yeah, it's it's I like I came away with it with a new appreciation for the grocery store. And for those three months I could, like walk, going to the grocery store myself, no headphones, taking in the atmosphere, it like felt life changing. It made going to the grocery store like a meditative, wonderful experience, and now I miss it in the way I didn't. And watching that episode now, it's like this is the one guy who appreciated pre COVID life enough. You know, yeah, huh? No, yeah, I'll, I'll back you up on that. I think that that is such, that is such a tender, like, I mean, that whole show is really about that tone. But I think the grocery yeah. store one is definitely about like um, being in the moment. I, I think it's just like a large theme of that show. And I think the the grocery store one is like, oh, you you consider it like a chore, basically, like you said. Um, but like, there are things to kind of appreciate, and it is also jokey because he like encounters some people that that are kind of recurring characters. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really strong look at like how, like you said, uh, we don't appreciate like the moments around us enough. Yeah. And where would you watch this? Adult Swim, mm. and it's now on Hulu and HBO Max. Oh, or cool. Maybe just HBO Max. There we go. This feels like cheating. I'm I'm not going to put it on the list because we'd feel obligated to put it at number one, and I don't think it's worth it for just throwing it out there. But honorable mention. To Kai Markia Fava, greatest work of art in 2020. No. Oh. <laughs> well sweet. done. Does not qualify. <laughs> Is not anime. Uh, <laughs> I can I can hear him crying right now in the other room. So <laughs> didn't win the 1996 <laughs> NBA championship. <laughs> yeah, that's that true. He's got to train more. Are these our nominees? Children, we have to attend to. Uh, I'm going I'm just gonna do some some drive by, I guess. Yeah. Uh, nominations, but uh, fetch the bolt cutters, uh, which is an album by Fiona Apple. Yeah. Bolt cutters. Fetch the bolt cutters. Interesting. Uh, Vegetable cutters. Really, that's a that's a good yeah. nomination, Serial. Uh, yeah, it is. It is such a really. It, it, it's. I wouldn't necessarily describe it as folksy, but it's kind of in that very like stripped down kind of like uh, we're only gonna use analog instruments um, album. But yeah, like Frionette, like the way she kind of uses her voice as an instrument, which is mm. a common thing people say about really good singers. But like the way she weaves that stuff and like she uses some really strong percussion that isn't always like the kind of stuff that you expect to like sound nice in a weird way. Like she'll use like these clashing at sounds and a lot of like kind of what it, like you can almost call it fully work um in her albums and it always it, it like the songs always end up being like amazing but it's like she's using a lot of instrumentation that you wouldn't think to use mm-hmm. in, in, in kind of albums but it like 
for as much as I'm talking about like these weird aha moments, it is like a surprisingly listenable album. Uh, <laughs> but it, 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 yeah, it is just an outstanding album just from front to back. Right on. Is this uh, a list? I, oh, oh, and then my last one is Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which technically released yeah. wide in February. Okay, okay, I was gonna say because I looked that up. That was actually the first thing I thought of when I was thinking of like big scheme of things was that movie and i looked it up and it said 2019 and i was like shoot but if yeah. we can count it because uh, it, it, it was like a cans kind of festival thing it premiered technically uh, there in like late 2019 okay. what is this movie it, it is it is a french it's film so good it's incredible yeah yeah Sorry. on if you want to talk about it since i talked about vegetable cutters I, I feel like you should you should hey could i trust you guys to make the most the best decision because i i have to get my kid ready for school i'm sorry the <laughs> uh yeah can you do me a favor though and and just yeah. turn your camera off yeah but well, don't, disconnect uh, or just oh just turn it off yeah Ooh. oh well, turn it just, off but don't leave the just, call is that what yeah that saying? works that works that's great all right okay. bye kyle well, you, guys are gonna, you guys are gonna do great i have all faith <laughs> in you uh shout out to wolf walkers the best animated film of 2020 okay bye there it is and that's why the greatest work of art too. is kyle's dumb hair I believe. Okay, sorry, Anna. uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, um, well, just that. um, Okay, this movie is really like I, I, I could talk about it for a long period of time. So, what I will say is that, like, for one, like, it was really important to me personally because it's like really uh, interrogating sort of like the female gaze in an intentional way. That's like something that is not common in movies because, you know, like movies are so sort of like created in a system of, you know, um, patriarchy where often like the male gaze is prioritized over the female gaze. And so that this is sort of looking at that and commenting it in a sort of like intentional way and something I haven't seen before. So as far as, you know, case for like most important piece of art, I think that it's really important, but it's also just like a moving story. Like I cried like a, baby watching this movie like i and it's it's the kind of movie that like it was playing and my partner was like there like working on uh work next to me and like wasn't really watching the beginning and just like pulled him in and we were both like sobbing by the end like it is like a genuine like movie that i will hold with me for the rest of my life jesus Um, it it is yeah i think that i've kind of become one of those people who just looks at their phone the entire time while they're watching movies which isn't a good thing but like (laughs) Uh, this movie was one of those things where, like, almost immediately that that film communicates that you have to watch it. Like, you just have to be staring at it constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's so powerful, like, the way that, like, what other movies would use as establishing shots is just a lot of that movie. of just, like, you're watching, like, here's just a shot of a kitchen that is very sparse. But, like, the way they film it and, like, you know, wh- whatever, you know, kind of tricks of cinema they use, it's just, like, you're paying rapt attention to these, like, to this empty house, basically, constantly. As these people are just kind of walking to and from, uh, like, dif- different parts of the house and just having these, like, very short conversations. It is very much like an art film. Yeah. But it's, like, it, I, I was surprised by how riveted I was by considering how quiet that movie is it's not like a thing where it's like there's no like set pieces of like okay mm-hmm. we need to have you running across this thing and it's like there's not a ton of action there but like every conversation you you are just glued into it constantly and like the the things it talks about like Anna said about like relationships and the the female gaze and stuff like that all that stuff is just so intertwined into, into this thing that is like mm-hmm. it is so good about communicating things through its visuals and just like mm-hmm. saying like the way this is shot communicate says so much about yes 
like the themes that it is trying to say and exactly, it's something yeah. new and interesting yeah where could we watch this film I think it's still on Hulu. Hulu. Okay. That's where I watched it was Hulu. Interesting. Yeah, it, might not, it might have expired because I watched it at the beginning of the year, but I'm pretty but, sure you can watch it on Hulu. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My girlfriend just watched it. Oh, nice. Okay. And Leo said, no, thanks. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have two quick nominations. Yeah. Devs, the FX miniseries. Interesting. Interesting. I watched the first episode. Yes. It had not gotten interesting yet. <laughs> <laughs> By that I meant not interesting, not interesting. Yeah, it's like it's an eight episode miniseries closed story about a really interesting sci fi concept that you don't really understand until like the third or fourth episode. Mm. And by the end of it, it was like, okay, they needed eight episodes to tell that story, and I feel like they've told it in a complete way. And now I'm sitting and thinking about the implications of that concept, and it's yeah, great. This is from the creator of uh, uh, Ex Machina, and of course uh, the writer of Enslaved. Uh, Odyssey to the West. Please don't forget Alex Garland. Mm, I had forgotten. (laughs) And then a bike talk show, only talk show on a bike, a YouTube video by Connor O'Malley. Just one video? Yes. It is the culmination of like the entire quarantine of live streaming him on a bike doing Jay Leno style monologues that just, it's obviously goes completely off the rails, but in a world where YouTube videos, we know nobody makes it to the end, you know? Mm -hmm. That saves so much unbelievably good stuff for the end that I have a ton of respect for it. Oh, that's fantastic. Bike talk show. Only talk show on a bike. Perfect. My my last quick nominee would be uh, The Queen's Gambit, which is a a short series. Also, I think it's like seven episodes on Netflix. That is just a really, really good... uh, Sort of sports drama. I mean, like, whatever. Yeah, you can call it that. Yeah, it's where, yeah, it's this kind of young prodigy coming up in chess and uh, kind of like the way she's dealing with, with, like, the pressures of being a prodigy and also kind of like this um, addiction kind of thing. And and basically, like, the way way her personal life affects her ability to play chess or not, you know, is kind of like the, the thrust of that show, but it does it really, really well. Yeah. Um, is the list Leo Vader's when you slip on a banana peel easy ally spoiler mode for Final Fantasy 7 remake my hero academia season 4 the volleyball anime Haikyuu is that man pronouncing that right uh, last dance Joe Para takes you to the grocery store Fiona apples fetch the bolt cutters portrait of a lady on fire devs bike talk show only talk show on a bike and Queen's Gambit the, the colon the Goku of chess, which you wrote on here, yes, yeah. yeah. Didn't you think about Goku during that? I was thinking it was 100% about 100 the way she's just like, oh, yeah. this guy, like he's unstoppable, and you're like, I'm gonna beat you. Also, you're like, for the rest of the show, we're just gonna like dunk on you of how bad you are on chess, but also you're on my team now. Yes, exactly. It is. I, I mean, 100%. I want to make like an FMV to Queen's Gambit and just take like Lincoln Park <laughs> in the end, just like go full Dragon Ball Z on that show. Well- Someone already like mocked up like a a manga cover for the show. It's oh really? really? Cool. Oh yeah. man, it I totally really can great. see I'll that. It looks really great. Um, I'm going off of discussions and passion. I think Leo Vader's going to slip on a banana peel. A bold in honor of Kyle not being here. A bold last dance, and a bold portrait of a lady on fire. Last yeah. Dance and Portrait of a Lady on Fire sounded like the two biggest for sure. Yeah, Max and Min, respectively. I would be, I would be totally down for that. Yeah, that works. Wow, 
All right, let's slide those suckers up. The, uh, no, that is no offense to Leo Vader's when you slip on a banana peel. I think it is, <laughs> it is, it is a must watch. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. No, I would definitely feel weird having that win. Why'd you send me that message then saying, make sure to put it on the list? Freaking weird. Come on, dude. <laughs> banana peel or I walk is, I think, his message. <laughs> Onto a banana peel. Um, uh, Surreal, do you have thoughts on these two since you overlap it here? It's so, it, yeah, it's, it, they're so completely different in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, man, I think... It's gameplay versus story. Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you going to bash Michael Jordan's gameplay, bro? I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, an to an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I might, I might just end up giving the nod to The Last Dance because it, it does feel like documentary filmmaking always gets short shrift in terms of awards like they always have a documentary category and they mm-hmm. get into like okay this is your little documentary subcategory you can have it but we're talking about real films but like yeah the last dance just feels like it is such a strong case for like yeah you can turn like the the filmmaking is the story here of just mm-hmm. like because it's not just like okay michael jordan was a kid and then he grew up and then he got really good at basketball right uh, it, they're, they're, they're like flashing forward to like okay here, here's the last dance the last time we're all going to be hit here together and like then they flash back to the history of like this is why that last season was so important because yeah. there were all these arbitrary limitations on why they couldn't play after that and it's like oh this is the the logic behind why they couldn't do it and it's just insane that they filmed all this amazing behind-the-scenes footage and then sat on it because Michael Jordan had to give his permission for it to be released and sat on it for, I can't do math. What is that, over 20 years? It's just mind-boggling yeah. that there's just this raw, honest look at one of the greatest athletes of all time that has not seen the light of day until 2020. And, and I, I do think they do a good job of highlighting all the other character or all the other players on that team. Right. They go into Rodman and Pippen and all those yeah. guys and like, and, and tell you a lot more about their lives than you ever got to. I think the Rodman stuff was, was super interesting because as a kid growing up, like I only knew what, what the media told us about who Dennis Rodman was. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was like, he was the bad guy and he, and he was like the crazy one. And like the, the, the story and his teammates, humanize him in such a way that you see how like what a raw deal he got by the media Mm -hmm. yeah Um, like the the way that like the the it kind of paints him as being like yeah he was like surprisingly transgressive for his time of just mm -hmm. like i'm gonna wear whatever i want it's like at the time you were like oh dennis rodman but it's like now it just feels like oh he was he was like ahead of the game in that sense of just like being really provocative in this in this weird way just to get people's attention but he was like using that as a way to say like like to kind of almost shield himself from criticism of like, you don't even understand me. So like, you don't get to talk. Uh, but like Scotty Pippen was also like one of those characters that like, he ended up being like my like best character, I think would go to Scotty. Pippen. <laughs> yeah. Oh crap. Can we go this... back and Adam? Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> like he, because it feels like, Oh yeah. Jordan had to, had to leave the, the team. And it's like, well, Scotty Pippen just steps up and becomes the captain of that team. And, and like the team almost realizes, man, was he like the rock that was holding this team together this entire mm-hmm. time? And it's, he's just like, yeah, I guess it was, uh, I guess, you know, you know, he left and I had to do it. It's like how humble he is about his role. Yeah. And, in- and like, and I did it in a way of just like, yeah, I went up and when, when one of my teammates missed a shot, I was like, it's okay. You'll do better on the next yeah, one. Yeah. Which and is the opposite like, of Jordan, who was like, yeah. I can't believe you missed that shot. Trying to light I'm not, them I'm on not fire. Destroy yeah. you in, tr- in, 
in hopes of making you better, I'm I'm going to be a good teammate. Yeah, and the, and also the just the raw deal that he got from from the contract that he signed and right, stuff, and right. going into you know his entire family and stuff. Like That's yeah. It's it's not just the the Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah, right. I think, but it, but like it helps that Michael Jordan's story is so so like riveting on mm-hmm. its own of like yeah, I'm going to retire from. Uh, basketball and become a baseball player because you know my, my dad recently died and he wanted me to become a baseball player so yeah. i'm just going to be in minor leagues and like the the again it questions the narrative of like uh everyone just kind of thought that sucked like that that michael jordan went to play baseball uh but like the the way this kid says like yeah you know like he toned he like had to basically reform his entire body to play baseball and the fact that like people were saying you know people who knew were like you know he wasn't like the greatest baseball player of all time but he could have done pretty well. Like he was doing yeah. really well for a minor league player, and he mm-hmm. could have gotten to the major leagues if he had kept that. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, really, really good way of 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 like how a documentary can kind of change the way you think about things you thought you knew. Yeah, I'm highlighting the Last Dance as the greatest yeah. work of art in 2020. <sighs> I'm gonna go watch it now. Oh, sure, yeah. please do. Yeah, you, should all, you should yeah. also watch Portrait of Lady on Fire. I'm yes, not like a very combative person. Sure. So. <laughs> I know. I, 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 was, I was almost arguing with myself of like, how much should I argue for uh, Portrait of Lady on Fire? But because I really, I think it's really close. I will, me, I will watch it for sure. Yeah. Um, hey, everybody. Let's sit hey. back and bask in what we've done, what we've created here. The biggest news of 2020. COVID cancels E3 slash everything. Runner-up, Microsoft buys Bethesda. The best thing, 2020, the accessibility push with The Last of Us Part Two, Immortals, Phoenix Rising, and more. Runner-up, Guiding Wind and Ghost of Tsushima. That really got Good wind. Dumbest mm-hmm. thing, digital scarcity, like in Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Uh, runner-up, Epic's anti-Apple messaging. Best podcast game, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Runner-up, Immortals Phoenix Rising. The game we all agree is probably good, but we did not play. Microsoft Flight Simulator. Runner-up, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. Aegis Rim. What is that word? Aegis? Aegis. Aegis. Aegis, right. (laughs) Best character, Ichiban from Yakuza Like a Dragon. Runner-up, Abby from The Last of Us Part Two. Best moment. It's not important. Let's keep moving. Best moment. <laughs> the Last of Us Part Two theater culmination. Runner up. Half Life Alex. Jeff in the elevator. Greatest work of art in 2020. The Last Dance. Runner up. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. That is a good look at 2020, everybody. Whew. Leo so Nana, how are you feeling? First time through it. How do you feel? I feel satisfied. I, I agree that it's like the debates that <laughs> didn't end up in what I wanted to happen happening still like had value. Yeah, exactly. Your voice was heard technically. Right. <laughs> Anna, how do you feel? <laughs> Did we lose all on branding by, by calling them runner ups and not max and min winners? Yeah. I mean, they are. Yeah, I, I thought said, that that's what they were called. That, you're right. I thought that that's the maximum is COVID cancels, he tested everything. Okay. Minimum. Again, <laughs> you, you get the idea. Yeah, the maximum minimum. No doubt about it. Anna, final thoughts? Yeah, it's wild that this all happened inside. <laughs> like, we were <laughs> basically inside and this all happened. Yeah. Um, 
but it's nice to look back at like it also sort of makes you realize that how you know stuff sort of does go on and it's been like a good year like in some sense like it has been a good year (laughs) and this shows that like this is a testament to that (laughs) yeah that's beautifully said this has been a nice deliberation yeah thank you so much everybody for watching or listening to the min max awards we still have more debating and list making to make uh it's going to be coming up here or throughout the next couple weeks we have the two tens to create the best games of 2020 because god as we're making this list i was thinking like there's so many games we haven't even touched on yet that we still have to really unpack for those lists so those are going to be airing uh the following two thursdays throughout december uh if you support us at the ten dollar tier the backstage pass tier you can watch us record those debates live if you'd like that's going to be on friday at 3 p.m central and then on monday the 21st at 3 p.m central and there will be uh, prizes based on trivia again so uh, if you've enjoyed our content this year we'd always appreciate if you jumped up to that backstage past tier or supported us at any tier and contributed to the show we appreciate it um plugs real quick is coming up on monday we have something that i think is fun uh if you're an industry nerd you'll like it as well uh, uh we have a game developer roundtable the developer roundtable for 2020 so we have the creative directors for hades spirit fair if feel the pathless Brenda Romero from Empire of Sin as well, um, all talking about just what 2020 was like from the game developer's perspective, you know, lessons they've learned, things they share amongst the team, stuff like that. It's a fun conversation between those developers, so please check that out. Also check out The Deepest Dive on Cyberpunk 2077, uh, covering all of Act 1 in a very thorough, interesting way. Um, And then we have the second part of that going up uh, technically going up on december 30th but we're going to be recording it on december 28th and that's covering all of the side quests in act two so if you support us at any on patreon you can submit a comment for us to read about cyberpunk 2077 we'd love to hear your feedback uh, also we have the minmax holiday special going live uh next week so if you're looking to get in the christmas spirit holiday spirit check out that special i promise there'll be some surprises and it's uh dare i say heartwarming so we hope you all enjoy that uh any other plugs from everybody else here Spend time with your family unless you really shouldn't. Great. This time of year. Yeah. Beautifully said, Leo. Jump on a video call. We did this over video call and we felt each other's presence. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much to everybody at the $50 tier for supporting us. And we give them a plug and it goes a little bit something like this. PrettyGoodPrinting.com, Rich McLaughlin's Oppa Switch, Beaten Down Brian, I Am 8-Bit, This Week in Video Games, Jawar Hello, Mirko Rico Torreno, Chris Logan, Zachary Pliggy, Rebecca Lang, Mark Seliga, Starkiller, Ludwig Roque, Andrew Valla, Jesse Vitelli, Super Serious Sam, Thomas Hoster, Yaro, Spiral in Your Eyes, Richard Smuts, Clint Farley, Pretham Yarlagata, Clayton Myers, Spider Dan, Zach Eink, Steve Bamdad, Slick Nick. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll be back next week. Be good. Have fun. Let's go. Let's go.